Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Friday Live. Friday. What's up, guys? I already see a few of you in the chat room there. What is going on? Welcome to this special Friday edition of Talk Brunch. If you didn't catch it the first time, episode 563. Rick Darry here being joined by Anthony Askew. Hey, everybody. Destin will be joining us later. He's still in the minefields. Uh, kind of my fault I couldn't get on here yesterday. I had a bunch of stuff going on, you know, where, when, when it was possible to do it, but that's okay. We're going to just get through the show, cover the week of wrestling, because tonight we're going to be talking, and this story, you ever have a, a, a joke you think of or something randomly throughout the day? You might be working or doing something, and it just makes you crack up whenever you think about it just because of the, the humor behind it. 100% all the time. Don't ask me why, but Tony Khan Ario Helwani, whenever I thought about the tweet in my head, <laughs> I just started cracking up. Like I, I could be working, I could be washing my hands or something. I just, it's just one of those things that is so funny. I mean, we're going to get into why later on with that. We're going to talk about certain titles that, that William Shatner is in possession of, um, as well as a bunch of other unprovoked attacks and things that have happened in the world of wrestling. Uh, Sami Zayn discusses the origin of his halluva kick. Details on AEW launch forever <laughs> because that game never seems like it's coming out. The Hall of Fame class, as well as going over what happened on Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, NXT, Elimination Chamber. I really should start writing an opening program again to this part because I'm literally just off the top of my head trying to remember everything that we have going on here. But thank you and shout out to those of you that are in the chat room. I see EB Gamer in there, Six Slayer. As well, I know other people will pour. No one knows that we're doing this. It's unannounced. But those of you also listening across all popular podcast platforms, we're back to being a podcast again in 2023. So that's Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Player FM. Welcome back to thousands of you. No offense to the hundreds of you. But streaming uh, is kind of hard. Snowman, right, Evie? Oh, man. I really wanted to just talk about that like... All, all week when I was putting the program together, I was more excited to talk about the Ariel thing than than anything. But I know I don't think I should open with that. I should, I should give Destin a chance to see if there's a possibility he can make it in today. You know, because I know he would want to talk about that. I want I want to hear his input because we haven't we haven't spoken at all about the stuff that's happened there. It's absolutely nuts. <laughs> yeah, I should save it right because I mean, oh my god, so that we're all here because that I I laugh for so many reasons. I have like. Ariel's response and everything. We'll talk about it later on. We'll talk later on about it. Um, you know, since we got a lot of weeklies to carve off, normally I like to start with a story, but I'm going to carve a weekly right off the damn board so that we can just already uh, not have to worry about that because there's obviously Elimination Chamber after that. But let's talk a little bit about SmackDown episode 1225 that uh, came to us. Where the hell did it come to us from? It came to us from uh, somewhere in Texas. I believe. Was it Texas? Montreal, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> That's way, right. too, way different. Such a right, polar right, opposite. Right, 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 right. Why did I think Texas? That's right. We had EB there. He was at he was in the Montreal. <laughs> Why like, did I think wild. Texas? Even though I knew EB was there. Anyway, came to us from Montreal. We opened up with a tag team match, Natalia and Shotzi against Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. 
And uh, yeah, overall, this was pretty solid. You know, I'm liking them pushing Ronda and Shayna as a team here. Um, it's something that we've wanted for like a really long time. It's weird how Shotzi has kind of fallen into the younger role that Natalia is just a person who you copy and paste wherever you need a person. So they put the two CNP people together. Just the two people who whenever you need to like put a person on the other side, there they are. And now they're sort of mounted out here. Um, as far as the, this match goes, like I said, overall, no complaints here. Really like uh, the suplexes and everything else going on. Very solid. That I'm not liking. Lately, these Tope Suicidas have been getting worse and worse and worse and worse. You're going to see progressively throughout the night while we talk about this. Um, like certain things have just not been working out. And I don't know why people have, have are allergic to learning those properly. Shotzi's always been known to throw herself around. But across the board, everybody's fucking up their Topes. Shayna's solid forearms and stuff. Aren't you tired of Topes at this point, though? Like Everyone does it. I think the problem with me with Topes is that the risk isn't worth the reward. Even when someone connects it properly, that's not like the most impactful move. Like, let's say you hit somebody in the ring with just a, your average leg drop while they're, while they're on the ground. That actually has more impact than, the, than what looks like the impact of a Tope hitting somebody. You know what I mean? So it's like you're putting this extra risk on your body for something that really doesn't have a good sound to it, a good bump to it, good anything. There's the discus clothesline by Natalia, shades of her father, and I don't recall. Can somebody please clarify with me? I'm, am I Mandela effect? Because for years I've been talking about this. Michael Cole always says shades of her father, but I don't recall her father doing that. Am I so losing my mind? In in that move, the the, 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 the discus clothesline where she does a spin and she does... like. I don't recall Jim Neidhart uh, using that in WWE. Apparently, because I've talked to some people about this, uh, he he did that move in, in um, Stampede Wrestling in Calgary, which maybe maybe right. I could uh, because like, like Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect, did, did a lot of moves in the AWA when he was just Kurt Hennig that he did not do in WWE. He actually dumbed down his move set significantly when he went from the AWA to WWF at the time. Uh, so it's possible, but you know, Jim Neidhart, you know, he, he didn't really have, as far as my memory is concerned, and I've watched, I'm a 1980s wrestling guy, I don't recall him doing that move. He yeah. might have, but it's not something he'd be known for. And I couldn't see him twirling like that either. You know, Jim Neidhart? You know, it's just such a strange. I remember the first time he said that, I was like, wait, huh? I couldn't. I mean, Neidhart's a, he's, he's an agile big guy. I, I don't think Neidhart gets the, the credit that he deserves in terms of being really good in the role that he that he was given, not even just for you know the Hart Foundation in in terms of helping Brett and helping the 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 tag team, but just in terms of like being that big tough guy, the big burly you know 1980s tough guy, he was very very good at it. He was very underrated for for actually what he did do. So here we got Hair Raw, who I don't know what happened. It's apparently, their job is now. They haven't looked good since they came back. Like they 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 they've they have not gotten the best uh, jump start, you know, after getting released. They fed them to Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy. Who Uncle Howdy? We don't even know who that is, and 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 like he's more over than uh than Hero at this point. I heard, I keep hearing Eric Young, which is weird. I don't think that's Eric Young. That'd be a really odd choice. Bobby Lashley. Oh, I, I mean, I also heard Cameron, Cameron Grimes. How, how tall is Eric Young? Because Uncle Howdy looks like he's taller than Bray. And I don't think Eric Young is that tall of a dude. Yeah, me neither. And I, I saw her Cameron Grimes, which I don't think is it. Wait, let's hear that promo there, whatever the hell he said. I don't know if it's relevant. Bobby Lashley, Brock, Lesnar. Whichever one of you is the winner, no, you should run. 
Right, right. So I remember that now. You know what's dumb about that? Like the whole thing. Why did they do that? We, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley have the match coming up at Elimination Chamber. Why have him do the promo, the whoever's a winner thing? And what the hell are we going to get out of a Bray Wyatt versus Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar match? Who would want that? That's just such a weird direction to go for both Bray Wyatt and insert either guy. And also, it was just like straight out of nowhere as well. Like, I, there should be some pen to paper here as far as the writing goes. Bray Wyatt literally came out, beat up Hit Row. And then called out Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar for no reason. They've had zero interactions. I think they've... I'm not going to say the word given up, but, but I think they're starting to get very lazy with Bray Wyatt. I think they're not really taking into consideration his character, and they're just looking at his name value. Dude, and they're I'm, just pairing that up with whoever they can pair it up with, and they're not actually trying to find a fit for his character or his even his real motivations based on his character. It's simply just, we have a big name... Who else is available? This guy. Perfect. We'll just match him up. Which Dude, is I've been Bray's over issue him for last so time. Long. Been over him for so, so long. I try I I tried to tell a lot of our fans. I tried to tell a lot of people. Like I thought it was bullshit when he came back this last time. I give up. I'm so done with the Bray Wyatt stuff. It's never been good. Everyone's always liked the idea of it. But it's never really? actually never been, been good. good. I don't think it's ever Jesus, really been good. It's always, it's always been. It's always had the potential to be good. It's always been at the gateway of goodness. But it's but never it's, been good. I don't feel like it's ever really been good. No. I mean, I guess to be fair, I don't want to be that extreme. The the original Wyatts when they used to come out and they had their whole shtick that was fine. But it, at the time, it was to be fair, it was a mid card act. You know, and it was still something that we were learning about. And they changed it before it ever really got to pick up steam. We had Randy Orton in the wires. We had Brian Danielson in the wires. Like, they were always doing something weird with it. Then for a while, they were the they, they were without him. And then they were the Bludgeon Brothers. And they were with him. And they brought in Braun Strowman. It's like they never let it be, uh, like, in, in a static form. You know what I mean? There was always a static form of NWO, The Shield, The Generation X, The Heart Foundation. But it feels to me like the Wyatt family was always in this weird flux of trying to do things. So it never really settled on being one version to the point where if you brought up the Wyatt family, people would have to ask you what version because there's been so many. And then going into Bray, the Uncle Howdy thing for a while didn't catch on. And then eventually it did get over. I give him credit for that. But then the demon thing that they did didn't work. The Alexa stuff half worked, didn't work, did work got rid of her you know what i mean got rid of him i just kind of say like that it's, it's, it's not a it's it's a fair criticism how you know they're not really static they're just trying to throw a lot of the, stuff in there and the red matches NWO. you know what i mean like think about it. people will comp- complain about it, the matches it. they were like the red matches his performances were usually underwhelming uh his title would, run you, didn't but, really well, would you say they did that because it, like, like the nwo to be fair the nwo had kevin nash scott hall and hogan before everybody else, they, they had three talking heads that could lead a promo, that could you know, lead a group. Either three of those guys. Hall to a lesser extent, but definitely Nash, definitely Hogan. And then even later on, when you had Scott Steiner and to, to a lesser extent Buff Bagwell, you, know, you had other guys that could talk you know, and, and lead a presence. They couldn't really do that with, uh, you know, with Harper. I think they tried with Harper. But I don't think it got the results that they were looking for, and he was expendable. Rowan was dead on water without everybody else. He was just dead on arrival. Uh, and that, that was really it. I don't think Brian was meant to be long-term. Alexa Bliss was like the, 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 the other thing that they had for a period of time there that I think worked. 
you know, especially in terms of like merchandise sales. So it's like they they didn't have the weapons that the NWO had in terms of like a figurehead that could actually be the face of the 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 brand that could carry it beyond Bray Wyatt. Yeah, but the thing is, what whether it worked or not, they never let anything stick. It always was like a month at most before they added or took sure, someone but away. You, or you can't win that on Bray though. That that was probably Vince, and that's probably one of Bray's biggest, uh, you know, grievances but, with with Vince was like inconsistency with booking inconsistency with his character not having creative plans that make any logical sense having him lose to people that he doesn't need to lose to or at least have him lose in a way where he stays strong but instead it's a clean loss right like there's a lot of things that didn't make sense for his character that could have gotten the same result if they they just were smarter with it like if you needed to have john cena go over bray Wyatt at wrestlemania fair I get it. Send the kids home happy. I totally understand this logic, but there is a way to do it where he, he's not just another one, two, three, you know, dun, 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 and, yeah. and, and then everyone cheers. There's ways to do it where, where he can also look strong and yeah, they just yeah. refuse to do anything about it. And the matches are all bad. That red stuff that they always did, people never liked the red, and for some reason they committed to it. Now he comes back, and the first match he's in, he glows in the dark, or everything but him glows in the dark because his pain didn't work. Like, it's just too gimmicky. I don't like the Uncle Howdy thing. The name and everything else is stupid. It's almost like they're trying to be ironically creepy, like Five Nights at Freddy's, where it's like cute, adorable things are creepy, but it's just, it's being overdone now. Like, just wrestle already. Like, good lord. This is nothing... It's weird how they have to make the comparison of how he's not the Undertaker. Just to clarify, he's not the Undertaker. No shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really need that clarification. It's obvious that this isn't the Undertaker. None of these versions have worked. All of the Undertaker versions have lasted a long time, worked, and gotten him a main event spot. And they've all become iconic. Uh, I wouldn't say all the versions. Remember Fat Taker? Before he had the, uh, the biker thing down, he was just wearing the baggy biker attire when he was out of shape. Him up. That there was, was at least a five-month period where the Undertaker looked horrible. You talking about the sweat? Horrible. Talking about the sweatpants? I, I think I think he had sweatpants. He also had the the, the really baggy uh, biker attire that, that he he didn't tuck in. He just let that it loose. Was, that and was he just uh, looked terrible. That was post Ministry of Darkness Undertaker. A lot of people he got, don't know he got about hurt that. or something, right? He was coming off an injury. I think it was just at him. He was actually having a creative fallout, if I recall. With that, don't quote me, but. If you, a lot of people don't remember this because their first memory of the Undertaker coming out at the Biker uh, was at that. Uh, what was it? It was, I forget the pay per view, but he came out with the Kid Rock thing and he was in the motorcycle. But he had sort yeah. of left. What you're talking about is he sort of left, kind of looking like that before he officially came out that way. Like uh, he had by the time he had the Kid Rock thing, he had the short hair. Yeah, yeah, like right? post- he, had the, he, had the, he had the bandana and the short hair. No, the no, but where he the was kid, the, kid the original rock, he version of the, the long the hair. Bike, he was he was out of shape. He had long hair still. Yeah, no, he still he still had the long hair when he came back with the Kid Rock thing. He had it long and blonde now, I believe, or he changed the color. He did something to it. But uh, but I digress. The the point being that uh, the Ministry of Darkness when he before he left to go on a hiatus, he started coming out sort of like a biker ish taker. He had the bandana, was talking normal, but he was wearing like sweatpants. Then he disappeared for a while. You could go find it on Peacock. Go go check the cock and you'll see it. But uh, yeah, he was a little bit. Uh, that wasn't really a gimmick. He was leaving. You know, I think that was that was part creative frustrations. He talked about it in a documentary or something. But Bray to me is always that sweatpants Undertaker. You know what I mean? Like Bray, <laughs> like Bray to me is always at that. <laughs> That's a terrible quote. Bray is always the sweatpants Undertaker. <laughs> because he's always in some sort of a creative crossroads. 
he's always having some sort of a creative issue and dealing with some sort of a situation, which is all the things okay. that sweat, Sweatpants Undertaker had going for him. And yeah, some of the stuff is cool. I'm not going to act like some of it isn't, but they always fall. It always falls flat. It's like watching a good movie that has a shitty ending. Every Bray Wyatt gimmick has ended like shit. Every single one of them. What what did they do one time to him? They set him on fire. And then that was how his storyline yeah, like ended. Orton thing, right? Orton murders him, basically. And th- that whole shit where things were falling on Orton's head and everything. And even ultimately, some, then, the, then the demon one. How did he, he get killed off? The Alexa bleeds some shit off of her forehead and then he goes into shock. Or I don't know, man. It's really bad. If we were to go through and just compile a video package of his story... It would just be no, really, be really bad. It, it, like, it, it would be bad. It would be bad. It, yeah. it always it, starts it, it, cool. It would be he, he always, very bad. He always comes out with a grand entrance, and it always seems cool. But then he loses most of his matches, and the way they finalize the story always just makes you go, huh? Like, oh, he got set on fire. Oh, he's a demon. Some green shit came out of her. Like, I don't know. And now the Uncle Howdy thing is just another thing. They always have to add something to Bray Wyatt that doesn't need to be there, where it's Brian Danielson, Randy Orton, Uncle fucking Howdy, Alexa Bliss. Braun Strowman there's always something there and it's always handled in a different way from the way it would normally be handled Randy Orton wasn't regular Randy Orton when we were dealing with it Brian Danielson wasn't regular Brian Danielson Alexa Bliss wasn't regular Alexa Bliss like it's always some sort of a creepy weird twist that just doesn't fucking work like I'm just over it man everybody popped when he came back with the Uncle Howdy shit and I warned you guys I warned you I said this is gonna be another flop and here we are now he's fighting fucking Brock Lesnar. He's not going to be Brock Lesnar or, or Bobby Lashley. You think creative is just held hostage to the weight of fan expectation for a guy like Bray Wyatt? Yeah. Like they, they, they just assume that fans expect so much more in terms of creativity and, and character work that they, they refuse to just give him quote-unquote normal. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think, and you're right. I'm not even blaming him. It is partially creative. They overdo it. And he's overproduced. He's overwritten. They don't even know how to write, and they're overwriting him. Didn't they have? Um, I think they killed it off a little bit, but 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 the the, the angle where Bray was kind of like refusing to be like like the fiend, and he was he was just going to be like that Mister Rogers Bray for a period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah they should have yeah. kept that going, and and then every once in a while Bray would just kind of snap, and you know maybe he would do something uh, fiendish, so to speak. But I was actually really happy with the. Uh, fun time, whatever, Mr. Rogers, Bray Wyatt. I actually like that rendition of Bray the most out of all of his renditions. Right? Because like the Fiend is cool looking, but okay, too but- much Fiend is like too much dessert. I don't like it after a period of time. But it's why, nice to have it why, once in a while, right? But why was that there? You know what I mean? That's my problem. Why was that there? Why was there a Fiend? What was that Mr. Rogers thing? WWE's biggest trick that they use for all of their storylines is not explaining anything. You know, without they don't know how to explain anything. What's up, Joker? I don't know what what L O U means, but what's up? Uh, you know, like they don't explain any plots at all of anything that's going on, and that's one of the issues with Bray. He's written very elaborately. Why did anything happen? All we have to do is ask why anything happened, and we ruin any Bray storyline. Why did uh, why did he come back as the Fiend after he was set on fire? Why did Alexa Bliss bleed green shit and that ultimately made him lose his power? You know what I mean? Like, why Why anything? Why anything with him? I mean, they, they could have just pulled a Papa Shango, 
right? Remember, remember when Papa Shango cursed the warrior and the, and the warrior's forehead started bleeding mid-interview? And he's like, no he, started, no, he started throwing up. He started throwing up that green shit. But the yeah, fact he started that we have to, puking and but, stuff. But, but the fact yeah, that we have to they, reference they, they, they that. a lot of weird, goofy stuff. You know, the fact that he started throwing up that shit from the boys, you know, the fact that we have to reference that just indicates how bad it was. You know? I'm sorry, but I'm over it, man. Anyway, let's get through the SmackDown. You were wrong last week. Bad Cat Moss is a superstar. Is a superstar. Superstar. Anyway, let's jump ahead a little bit here. Next up, they had a tag team match. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus against the Viking Raiders. Eric and Ivar being accompanied by Valhalla. This is another team that unfortunately floundered. As good as they are, they were great in New Japan. They were fantastic in Ring of Honor. Here they're getting their ass kicked about by, I guess, what would be considered um, two former main eventers, two former world champions. I mean, to be fair, they're, they're, they're trying to give them something. Like At one point in time, they were the, the punch ba- punching bag of uh, the New Day. Where they would just beat them in record time, and they were a non-factor in most matches. You know, At least now they have like a cool quasi-manager that looks cool, and, and they have longer matches now where they're actually imposing a little bit. Like, yeah. there is some effort being put into these guys. Yeah, they are trying to build them up at least, you know. But unfortunately, we have an unnecessary alliance here. Once again, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, and they let the... the that group that, that uh, Sheamus had with Butch and, uh, and and the other dude, that was all right, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, they didn't let that stick around. Like, it became these guys again. Very physical, though. Definitely like that about it. Yeah, the Indies were better when they were War Machine, right, Joker? They were really good, man. And it's not like we could even say, like, in the beginning, we were like, well, they're paying their dues. Now it's like it's been years. It's been, like, literally years. How many dues can they pay? And and I don't really care for Sheamus and uh, Drew as a... a tag team with that banger shit. The crowd seems to get be like get be be behind it, you know. I guess that's why they they kept them together. I mean, it's hard not to root for the Bang Bros. <laughs> They're world famous, right? A lot of mileage in that team. A special moment with Santos Escobar. And hoping that this. Will let you create your own legacy. Kayla, I know that meant a lot to Santos. Competition is always welcome here. Respect. 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 Once upon a time, I wanted to be a father. But then, after I saw the lack of respect in your son's eyes that he had for you, maybe that's not for me. You can walk around this place. You probably don't want to screw up your wife's figure. Excuse for a father. That's just Scarlet's opinion. <laughs> Oscar versus Crazy Liv. I like how now Corey and Carmella just acknowledge each other. Like now it's allowed since they have a reality show and their podcast and everything. And because Triple H is in charge too. If this Vince, he would have fired them. I feel like sometimes they just troll Michael Cole with, with some of the things that they do over a commentary. The way they send people out. 
Nice rising knee by Liv. Liv's really become good, man. I can't believe it, right? I remember when Liv was just this body to flail the through the air. You know? No, she, you she's, know? she's putting the ball. Well, she's actually doing offense now. Yeah, her match before, all she did was just take take the moves. <laughs> you know shit. what I mean? Throw the occasional kick and shit. I hate to say it, but she's becoming like a better Alexa Bliss. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I go that far. But, but mean, she definitely hasn't been improving a lot. She's more physical than Bliss is now without getting injured. Without getting injured, yeah. But, but I think Bliss is refusing or hesitant to be as physical as she used to be because of the injuries that she's uh, that she's had, right? Which which I understand. I completely get it. So look, there's Ariel Hawani. I hate seeing that, just FYI. I hate seeing that. Which part? Just him in general. Like, you know what? I used to be a big fan of Ariel. Um, following mixed martial arts very early on, obviously him being from Canada and whatnot, he he was like when you, when you were following mixed martial arts in the mid to early two thousands, mm -hmm. which is when I caught on to it, all you really had was like SureDog.com and that guy. That was it. That that was your MMA news. There there wasn't major you know publications uh, giving you UFC updates on on freaking Dan Severin or Don Fry. You weren't getting nothing. Right, right. Uh, it, it was just like a handful of people. So I followed him for a long time, and I, 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 hearing his interviews lately, I just feel like he goes out of his way to kind of, you know, antagonize and and, and pick fights for for no reason. You know, he used to be very down the middle, uh, and then at some point in time, probably towards the later two thousands, he started kind of being a little biased, which is okay because even Joe Rogan, when he does commentary, his bias comes out every once in a while if it's a friend of his or a favorite fighter. But this guy's been like on a tear the last like five months. You know why? Just on a tear. You know why? Because he got he, he had to stand up for himself. Let's not forget years ago on this very show, we had to play a clip of him crying. Remember? And Stasis in the chat room talked about how angry she was at Dana White for making a grown man cry on his own podcast. Remember that episode? You know, he's taking a stand now. Oh, <laughs> he, man. He, he said, I remember that. <laughs> remember, he broke down on his own show because of Dana. Dana and him got into some intense shit and he got banned from the UFC events and stuff. And he cried. And then Stasis was upset. He said, look at that. He made a grown man cry on his own that was podcast. The, uh, that, that was the Brock Lesnar thing, right? When, when he leaked the news that Brock Lesnar was, uh, was coming back and, and Dana was pissed. Yeah, yeah, you remember, right? Yeah. And I remember, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. slowly from then on, Ariel's become more tough. You know, like, there's a good storyline. That's character development right there. You know, like, slowly but surely, like, he became tougher. Because I remember thinking, man, I felt really bad when that but happened. So, so, so he's like, what, what he, he's the, the Yellowstone Jimmy of, yeah. of the UFC, of the MMA world? He, he becomes Jimmy? <laughs> he's, that's what he is. He's literally Jimmy now. Go, Jimmy. <laughs> Yeah, good old Ariel. But yeah, I've noticed we're going to get into because I have some of his podcast here, too, because everyone who's involved in the situation has made me laugh with the way that they're, they're all coming off. So we're going to watch a little of his stuff because I can't believe in 2023 some of the things these guys are saying and doing to each other. It's wild. But this was the first Ariel sighting. This must be where the beginning of Tony Khan's blood started to boil, if I had to guess, because I saw that tweet. Oh, God. One impressive victory with some encouraging words. This girl doesn't change a thing. I am dominating. Who challenges me? He will fall. The ring general. To 
I mean, this is a good filler match before the pay-per-view. Everybody knows Madcap Moss isn't going to be Gunther for the IC title. You know, I kind of feel bad for, for Madcap because he's in an interesting position. He's uh, He looks great. He is favored by fans. But there's like nobody he could realistically beat in the current landscape. No matter how much is amateur he, does he on. need to beat them though? I, I I don't think he needs to beat anybody with, with the role that he has. I think he just needs to look that he's not out of place. Like, do you remember in the uh, mid two thousands when uh, Cody Rhodes had a very short lived feud with Randy Orton? And this is like babyface, you know, pre anything Cody Rhodes. I mean, he didn't even have like knee pads. He was just like, you know, uh, trunks, boots, and 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 that wrist tape, and that that's all he had. Mm -hmm. Right, Cody Rhodes never beat Orton. He never even looked like he was a threat to beat Orton. Uh, but they were testing to see if I feel that if he looked out of place against a guy like Orton, right? Would he look well, weird possible. there? But you know? you know what? Isn't it weird that that's his actual IRL and they have no chemistry together? Like how? Like yeah. she she brings nothing to this. Isn't it weird? Like out of all the managers and valets I've seen, that's his actual girl, and like there's zero chemistry here. Like, I agree. It, it's almost like she doesn't even need to be there. I don't know if it's her fault, but it's like their backstage stuff, everything that they do. It's like this this couple has like no chemistry on on screen. No, it, it's what thousands. You can't blame it on creative. Look at Miz and Maurice. They give Maurice nothing most of the times. Anytime she's in a match, but every time the Miz is affected, she's right there, and they clearly have chemistry, right? And that's with zero anything. You could see right? Maurice and Miz's chemistry down to their intro. And it's like 100%. these two just don't. I, I wouldn't even. I, I wouldn't even think this is real if it wasn't for the fact that they're, you know, they're actually banging. It's just strange. Yeah, this, this, this is what I'm saying. Like, like, like it, it, it is on her. She, she needs to find a way to, you know, outwardly communicate chemistry uh, with her with her partner, essentially. And she's not doing that. <laughs> you know what she I mean? Like, if you're the female valet, you have to find a way to do it. Maurice hate, did it. You know, you have to do it. it. Sensational Sherry did it for Macho Man Randy Savage. You know what I mean? They're not a real couple. You know what yeah. I mean? So, so you have to do it. Def and Trips did it. Everybody. I hate to say it, but like. Everyone did it. Out, out of all of Trips' kids, this is one of the ones that I could see why Vince cut, you know? Yeah. Dude, look, look at freaking um, uh, Goldust with, uh, with Terry Reynolds. You can't tell me that that wasn't chemistry. You know what I mean? Like. If, if you're the female valet, you have to find a way to connect. Even freaking Summer Rae had more chemistry with Fandango. You know, so I'm like, dude, you got to do something. Because this, this yeah. is just like, you're just wasting a spot right now in the roster, you know? Yeah, and, and she she's very awkward, too. I could see why they did the Emma thing in a weird way, because she's just a little bit... Uh... It's funny because she um, Stacey said she's not good at showing sexuality. But you know what? Um... Her Instagram begs to differ. We need Instagram to Neil Dashwood here, not WWE Emma, because she's completely sexualized in every other platform. If you've ever watched her, you wouldn't even think it's the same person. Yeah, but I don't know. If, I don't no, even dude, know if it's just Emma's that, never really had that. She's never really had that vibe. Even when she turned down Emmalina, I think is what they were going to call her. Uh, when she had her release from the company and she went to Ring of Honor, she just. I never bought into her. Like I, I, I always thought she was kind of overrated. So the last thing is Sami Zayn. I'm in such a crazy reality. I just want to stop and say that anybody who listened to the show in 2014, 2015, like my guys at the time were El Generico, Kevin Steen, Cody Rhodes, people who were not really aspiring 
to go to WrestleMania, to say the least. And now here we are, 2023, and what a world we're in, man. Fucking Sami Zayn, one of the fucking best wrestlers on the planet, is getting that acknowledgement that he always should have got. I normally don't stop for pops, but you really need to hear Canada, man. Like, holy shit. This time of year, everybody points to one thing. That is the most important show of the whole year. But for me, once in a lifetime. Roman Reigns, écoute moi bien. Demain soir, t'es chez moi, tabarnak. Roman, you are going down. Oral Sammy Zayn's biggest night of his life tomorrow night. Very cool. What a good what a good go home show to go into the elimination chamber. They did really excellent with that. No, it's very very well produced. They had the perfect guy for the role, which is basically their Daniel Bryan 2.0 so to speak and like like in terms of uh the up and comings of the guy. So yeah, like 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 he does a lot of good things for that company. Like a, a lot of things people don't realize. Uh he brings a lot of value to that uh, to that company, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excuse me, Metcalf. In your first Intercontinental Championship match, you put on a heck of a performance, but unfortunately, it didn't end the way you were hoping it would. How would you describe what what happened out there? That was tough. I mean, the bottom line is, I just didn't get it done. I mean, I. Well, I th- you would have. Had the crowd not have turned on you out there, had they not have been so loud or was distracting to you in the ring, you would have, you would have won. What? You no, I mean, I'm, I'm not one to make excuses, but that is true. That if they hadn't turned on me, I, I mean, I couldn't concentrate at all. I don't think the ref could either. That's why she was slow on some of those three counts. I mean, I'm not even sure I, I didn't win technically. She's way too subtle. Ah, uh, this is a heel turn. This is the heel turn. Yeah. In the past, onwards and upwards. You're too much of a superstar to worry about this. Okay. Thank you. She's way too subtle. Like, if you're trying to do the whole, don't take accountability, blame the crowd, be that you know that that negative voice in your ear. You have to play it up. You, you have to kind of exemplify that you're that character. You you know what I mean? Like you can't just like casually say it like you like a normal person uh, because it doesn't come across like it, it looks like it kind of just looks lazy. You know, she's way too subtle with that. Yeah, nah, I'm not liking it at all. So SmackDown did 2.250 million viewers, 0.50 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic, up another about 130,000 from the previous week, even though they had a 0.60 in the 18 to 49 demographic. That show is money. I don't know how we hear rumors that Fox is taking a loss on that, because if you're taking a loss on SmackDown, then you're taking a loss on wrestling. Like, that is the most successful weekly wrestling show, probably of all time. By far above Raw. Like, Raw's doing good now because we're in WrestleMania season, but Raw doesn't always do almost 2 million. 
Alright. So William Shatner apparently has uh, Snoop Dogg's golden WWE title. That's all I know. Let's see what. Golden title. Snoop Dogg told me about you. I wanted to communicate with you because, you know, Snoop Dogg, you, WWE, the universe, we're all connected. We're all made of the same stuff. And my book that I've just written boldly go is something about that. I dedicated it to my great grandson who is two years old. And I wanted to read to you the dedication because I think it's important. My family, which includes my daughters, my sons-in-law and grandchildren, has a new member. His name is Clive. Clive is a step into the future. Unbeknownst to him, the world is changing rapidly. The recipient of all these changes will be Clive. This book is dedicated to the Clives of the world who are being born into a maelstrom of activity. If we're diligent enough, given all the new wonderful things that are being invented, even as you read this book, the world as we know it may continue to exist. That will be up to Clive and company. I wish them well. I wish you well. I wish Snoop well and WWE. Bye-bye. Wow. I can't believe he... How old is William Shatner at this point? Like 95, 96? Uh, he's about one or two more years away from doing diabetes awareness commercials. That's how old he is. Like, holy... Remember that... Who's the guy with the mustache? Wilton Burl? Where you would just sit and you would talk about... Like, like he just like... It's crazy how old he is when, when you see him in, like, your pop culture movies and stuff or, like, uh, you know, movies back in the day. Like... I mentally don't think about how old he is before because I just assume that he's still within a relative age. But no, he's he's really getting up there in age. Like he's yeah. no longer that uh, that Shatner that I, that I remember. You know, e- even Vince McMahon. Every time I see him, it, just, it reminds me of how frail and old he's getting. Like older he's getting. Yeah, but William Shatner has like twenty years on Vince. Is it that much? No, it can't, it can't be. Isn't Vince in his seventies? Like Shatner? Yeah, yeah. Vince yeah. is early 70s, I think. How old is Shatner? Shat- they got to be all the same age. There's no Shatner's, way they're... Uh... Shatner's easily like 94 at minimum. Yeah, somebody look up I'm gonna Shatner. Google, I, I, I'm going to Google this here. Is Shatner that old? Like, am yeah, I like, man. what? William Shatner age. Holy crap. Wow. How old is he? Dude, the guy's 91 years old. Oh, he's 91. Oh, I was a little off. He's oh, 91 please. years old. I thought he was like mid to at, at most late 70s, like, like like 77 or something like that or 78. I think he was 91. Yeah. You know, he actually looks pretty good for 91. He does. I give him credit for courage, man, because I'm telling you, if I ever live to be 91, the last thing I'm going to do is write anything that has boldly go. As the fucking title. You know, like, I don't want to boldly go anywhere. I also want to know what this man's diet is. So that I can mimic it starting now. Like, what do you eat? What kind of lotions do you use? (laughs) Just pretty much everything. Give me the William Shatner semantics. Right? Wouldn't you want to know? He's 91. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Patrick Stewart looks worse than William Shatner, and he's the younger captain. 
Think about that. Doesn't Patrick Stewart look really old? He does. He actually he, does. Same with uh, Commander Riker. Riker's not looking uh, very spry these days. You know, Shatner actually, in comparison, man, I, what the hell's he doing? Yeah, that is pretty nuts. They don't make them like they used to. That's for damn sure. Well, not in this day and age. That's for sure, for sure. But that was the golden title that he received, Snoop Dogg received, uh, at the WrestleMania launch party at the SoFi Stadium, I guess for his Hall of Fame thing. Uh, Still interesting to see William Shatner. (laughs) All right. In other news... The Miz apparently made a halftime court shot during a celebrity basketball game. Wow. Wait a minute. What? Fat Joe's alive? That's even more shocking. Fat Joe. What the fuck they're doing with people from the 80s here? They waved it off, really? What, the ball didn't release by the buzzer? Oh, yeah, I see it. I see it. Wow. That's that's actually like the best possible storyline angle they could do. It just gives Miz more ammunition. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing solid booking over there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, their creative is great. I can't believe fucking Fat Joe's here though. Isn't that weird? Fat Joe. I haven't thought about him in decades. Did they count it? Do people even know who Fat Joe is nowadays? He released an album like uh, three years ago that's actually pretty solid. I think it was called Family Ties or something like that. Not bad. Yeah? Not bad. Wow. That's pretty insane. Yeah, dude, oh. well, you know what was insane? Having Carl Malone be one of the, uh, the all-star judges there for the slam dunk contest. That to me <laughs> is insane. The fact that the NBA even allows that guy to be associated with them after the things that he's done, which if you don't know, you should, you should Google it. It's pretty freaking deplorable. All I know uh, about Carl Malone is that he's... And not, it, just ignore it, you know what I mean? Crazy to me. Absolutely crazy to me. Yeah, the mailman, huh? He has, an, he has issues? You don't know? No. I don't know anything. Oh I know my Carl God. Malone, so, so but I, I don't know I didn't think was, so, so he, I was like a huge basketball guy as a kid. Mm. 95, 96, whatever. Uh, I was like, you know, 10 years old or whatever. I, I, I was, I was a basically a kid back then. Uh, but I found out well after he retired that, uh, before he went to the NBA at, I think 19 or something like that, yeah, he was 19 years old. He had sex with and knocked up a 13 year old, right? Has a legit son w- with this, uh, you know, with this girl who grew up and, and played in the NFL for, um, a, a little, a short period of time. They had a, p- a paternity test and everything legitimate. He was the father still disowned the kid. Met the kid in person and said, "Well, it's too late for me to be your father now. This is well past when he was, in, you know, you know, twenty or something like that." 
and everyone just like like it's it's like it's the best kept secret or the worst kept secret I should say in NBA because a lot more people are catching on to it and we're all just kind of like you know maying it because it happened so long ago but it's still it's still pretty disgusting. I'm gonna Absolutely say disgusting. I'm gonna say allegedly so that he doesn't sue us. But is there proof? Yeah, dude, he took a paternity test. It's a test of positive. If this, if this isn't, a, he even admitted it, right? Like, 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 dude, he he received backlash from this. What? And uh, because everyone was like, "Hey, man, like, like, you know, bringing it up in the past." It's, it's one of the things we tried to slip it under the rug. And then Carl Malone, his response to all the backlash he's getting from this was like, "Hey, man, I'm not gonna talk about my personal life. It's my business." Blah blah. blah. He basically just went out and admitted it. You know, on top of the fact that he did do a paternity test, he does have a son. You, you, you can go, this is very easy to find. This is not a conspiracy theory. This legitimately happened. Um, yeah, the, the whole thing was kind. Of, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the uh, the, the the girls because the, the, the girls' parents um, waited for Carl Malone to actually be entered into the NBA draft, but before they went forward with this allegation because they they, they wanted him to get in the NBA, make money, so when they sue, they get some of that money. So it's not like their intention was whatever. They were also looking at it as a paycheck. But the fact of the matter is, no matter, no matter what their intentions was, Carl Malone, at age 19, still had sex and impregnated a 13-year-old. Right? Yikes. There is... N- it's like, inexcusable. Inexcusable. That is... That sucks. There's no, they never meet your heroes. I never learn about them, apparently, no matter who the fuck they are. Well, the Miz is apparently better with basketball than he is with baseball because in this next clip you're going to see that it basically is three strikes and you're out with his wife. I thought that was hilarious. 15 years, damn. Good for him. Tapping out for 15 years. The Miz hit the jackpot. Two-time WWE champion. One-time Maurice husband. You know? Like, that is pretty wild. <laughs> one-time Maurice husband. Yeah, I forgot about that second world title run until uh, recently. I had the network on in the background. And it surprised me for the second time because I didn't remember that he came and he cashed in and won the fucking title like in the last couple of years again, so... Two-time WWE champion, two-time Money in the Bank cash in, as well. And don't forget, he he did have one of the significantly, significantly better IC runs over the last ten years. Like like his contribution to that title can't be understated. Like when you talk about really great IC champions, you, you have to harken back to like the eighties or the or like the the nineties and whatnot. But modern day, Miz should be up there. The work that he's done for that belt. Yeah, definitely. I told you, one of my favorites as far as that goes. Definitely, uh, if it wasn't for his inability to catch R-Truth that time, uh, I think he would have still been in business. They really didn't like that shit. You know, that's where his big push stopped. It happens right. to the best of them. Look, look at Kofi with, uh, with uh, Orton. Right? It, just, it happens. Yeah, well, he messed up the punt. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> All right. Well, I mentioned to you guys last week that we were going to start taking 90 minute breaks. I was going to try to do it every half an hour, not because I really want to take breaks, but because if I don't, they will impose them on the non subscribers, which I know is super inconvenient. And uh, 
it also some people get hit like new people who come and discover for the first time I, I wasn't aware of this but if they're not a subscriber they get hit with an ad walking through the door like before we they even see us so a lot of people what winds up happening is they'll just leave because they don't want to sit through ads so i figured we'll start taking some breaks every 30 minutes or so Just keep the music going. Why not? We usually do it during the second hour and all, but run it a little bit earlier today. Thank you for the follow, Joker. Welcome to Talk Brunch. All right, where's my remote? Because I probably gotta cover freaking Elimination Chamber next, right? Let's get that going. We did a watch along. Thank you to everybody who hung out for the watch along. This shouldn't take long. Just going to go over some results. But Elimination Chamber came to us from Montreal, Quebec, Canada from the Bell Center. First match was a WWE Raw Women's Title Number 1 Contendership Elimination Chamber match. Natalia, Asuka, Nikki Cross, Carmella, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez. And uh, yeah, I like this match. I heard, uh, you know, I heard this was received pretty well. You know, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm not thrilled about the fact that these matches are uh, not for the title, that it's for a number one contendership. But with the positioning of it on the card, that's probably the best that you can do. You know. I don't mind it for a uh, contendership match because it, it serves its purpose. It's a eliminator style match. You know what I mean? So of all the gimmick matches that they would have to do a non-title for, for a contendership, I think the Elimination Chamber is actually probably the perfect gimmick match for it. You know what it is? It's just the, the whole match is about really putting the chamber over the dangerous aspects of it putting your body on the line and all that and to me it's kind of yeah. weird to do that for a number one contendership uh shot or a u.s title uh or the u.s title really which is what they do with the guys because they don't want to put roman's title in here so they, they made they're trying to make the u.s title sort of feel like the way the world heavyweight title used to feel but to me it's still weird to see that being done in either case with the number one contendership here or with the, with the US title there it's like you would really I'd rather wait until the following week on Smackdown and just challenge the guy than to uh, go through this like in the in the kayfabe of the storyline who the hell would want to have to deal with that for just like something lower than the world title they'd have to do a better job of putting over uh, in the in the men's case the I mean, US the, title and in the women's case yeah, I, the, I, the, I don't know the what issue they would be do the title then. 
Yeah, yeah but, but but then the issue for that's going to be the weight or the, the the perceived weight and value of the title, yeah. more so than the actual concept of the uh, the, the style of match. Because I yeah. like the elimination style of this. Like it, it's cool, especially if you have like other contenders there. You you want to find out who's the, the the best one, the the one to actually you know get the shot right. You have to go through hell to take the shot right, um, and and this would be it. Yeah, well, from a booking you know? standpoint, it makes sense because we already know that Charlotte's title is going to be on the line with Rhea Ripley, and uh, they only that leaves uh, Bianca Belair, which I guess that gets settled here. So it doesn't really obstruct the road to WrestleMania the way these kind of things right. used to do. So in that sense, it's okay. And yeah, the girls did great here. <laughs> it was pretty obvious what was going to happen. Like we we knew Oscar had the highest chance of winning here out of everyone. She seems to be the one they're giving the push to. That was a crazy spot there. Let's get some audio for that. Sunset bomb. Good job. Lauren Anderson Silver and they saw Oscar. The shoulder tackles in trouble. Oscar the reverses Raquel into the turnbuckle. Kick to the back of the head. The code red and I love seeing that spot. The uh, the Bret Hart turnbuckle spot where you would come in and you let just let it hit you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you'd sell the, the impact of the buckle. See, they always have to get Liv out of here in some crazy way. She passes out in multiple holes. So she's like their mankind basically, I guess. That was the that's the vibe I get from her. Yeah, Raquel. Unfortunately, they could have trolled everybody and let it be Carmella. She makes a good world champion because she trolls people with it. Well, now we're gonna give it to Asuka against well, Bianca Belair. She's one of the better people on the mic. Next up, the singles match. Like you heard Cole say, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley. This was your typical WWE match done optimal. Five-star typical WWE match. Two big guys. A lot of suplexes. You know, uh, Bobby Lashley, like I said last week, it's amazing. This guy is a determined guy. He makes dreams come true. For the, since he was in the beatdown clan back in TNA, he's been wanting to fight Brock Lesnar. And he made it. Do you think this matchup lives up to the the hype that WWE uh, expected from it? Lesnar and Lashley? Uh, it certainly lives up to it for me because I didn't want this and I'm enjoying it. You know, I didn't want anything Bobby Lashley. It took this run for Bobby Lashley to really resonate with me because I've never really liked him. And this is because he's always looked bad in the ring and confused. This is the best Bobby Lashley we've ever seen. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm actually like this. They, I, they did a miracle here. They made Bobby Lashley get pushed up to the tier of a Brock Lesnar and it's convincing. See shit like this I mean, he's, he's 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 got the physical like like you can't say it's not convincing in terms of like his stature. He's a very intimidating big you know big dude. Yeah. But I, I just thought he he lacks charisma. He's not really good at promos. Like he, to this day, he's still not really good at promos. Uh, but his chemistry yeah, yeah, but... with Brock is legitimately really good. You know, I, I think for me, it lived to the hype. 
I hear a lot of people say that they expected more, but I don't know what more you could expect from these two guys based on the, the, the roles that they have, uh, the, 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 the wrestling styles. I think this was the optimal, the, the most optimal match and way that they could have a match together. It's kind of like when Legion of Doom and Demolition were, were finally you know, having matches against each other. There's a reason why it never went to pay-per-view. It just wasn't that good. Their yeah. styles wouldn't mesh well together. These two guys actually made it work. They you did. know? So, they like, really I, I think, yeah, overall for me, at least it, it lived up to my expectations. I love that this is the rubber band match, and this was really solid book. That that ending is a very smart way to make Bobby Lashley look strong because he has him in the hurt lock, and Lesnar gets desperate and has to low blow him and get disqualified. Yeah. So it's like he didn't really have to. No one had to go over anybody, but that makes uh, Lashley look like more more of a formidable threat. And then you get the Brock Lesnar tantrum afterward, where he spazzes out, and he gets his heat back. I mean, that's the thing too. Like Lesnar is such an established phenomenon based on his reputation, his size, his history. He doesn't need to win. There's several ways where he can not win and also at the same time not lose and put the other guy over and and be perfectly fine. Like he, he would his popularity, his his rep would never decrease. It would just stay exactly where it is, right? Yeah. And he's one of the few stars where you can book him that way very safely to get the other guy over, which is smart that they're doing it to Lashley because quite frankly, yeah, you're right. Like he, he desperately needed it. Yeah. Like and without the hurt locker, Lashley sucks. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, and it, and it worked. My my concern was that they were going to push it and it wasn't going to feel right. You know, it wasn't going to feel organic. It, I, I can actually believe Bobby Lashley as a formidable threat. And now they have a homegrown, in, ingrown one. Because even though Brock Lesnar is here, he's an expensive here. Bobby Lashley is on the roster every week. Now you have a big threat. He's, guy he's a more stable. Regularly. Yeah, and you could give him weekly. He, he's the weekly here. But no, yeah. but they're they're both mixed martial artists, like 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 legit MMA fighters, right? Bobby Lashley had a lot of success in Strike Force. Uh, you know, he, he's been a champion before in MMA, as has you know Brock Lesnar. So, so so there is a lot of similarities there in terms of like legitimacy and, and and making it real. It was just a matter of can that translate to Bobby Lashley cutting a promo and getting the fans to care about it? That was the big thing. Like the reason. Kane Velasquez and Brock Lesnar never worked in, in, in WWE is because no one cared because Kane just wasn't skilled enough at that point in his career now because he's basically a rookie in wrestling uh, to, to, to cut a promo. Like, he's just not there yet, right? And physically, it's different. Like, his, his look doesn't translate as well as Bobby Lashley's look in the world of pro wrestling. It didn't really at all. It, it really didn't. Where Bobby Lashley's definitely did. George St. Pierre with Ariel Helwani. Here we go. Ariel Helwani part two. The sequel. Don't worry. That Ariel Helwani news is coming. <laughs> is it just me yeah. or does Jesse look younger now? He does. Retirement like, does well for man, him. Man, Jesus. So we get a mixed tag team match. Beth Phoenix and Edge up against the Judgment Day's Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley being accompanied by Dominic Mysterio. So a lot of people looked at Beth Phoenix and they immediately made a connection with it being Luna Vachon. But according to uh, Beth, she was paying homage to Bo Nanako. Well, she needs to uh, spike up her hair a little bit if she wanted to do that. She definitely has the Luna Vachon hair. Uh, but but the, uh, the, the face paint, yeah, it's definitely Bo Nanako. I mean, her style, 
is very, very similar to Bull. Uh, she's just a lot safer <laughs> and a lot more professional to work with. She doesn't just badger and beat the crap out of women because uh, she feels like it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I see what she uh, what she's going for there, you know? Even though a lot of people did get Luna Vachon vibes. Well, th- th- that's probably all they know, though, is Luna Vachon. Most people don't know about the very short-lived matches that, that, uh, that Bull had in WWE. When they were doing that Japanese, you know, quasi expansion thing, right? Yeah. This was cool, you know. I'm glad that we have Beth around more often. Somebody for Rhea Ripley to wrestle. That's big, I guess. <laughs> Since they're not gonna, they're keeping her and Bianca Belair away from each other, probably for some really good feud down the road. Well, she's a good veteran to have in your, you know, in, in your roster period because she can have many different styles of matches, both in, in as a singles performer. And as a tag team as well too, because she's also a really good tag team specialist, mm-hmm. uh, and it's cool that Edge is there. So and, and, and they team together. Like she's very, very, uh, you know, versatile in what she can offer via the company right now. Mm-hmm. Dominic coming out there getting nuclear heat. Everybody hate loves him. <laughs> Battles managed to become obnoxious. Good for him because before he was like a blank slate. Dominic's still doing his best selling on the outside. That's one thing about Dominic that I've always liked. B- Healer babyface. Dominic's ringside selling is the best I've seen in years. Look at that. A grit finish. Oh, no, but the, thanks to Dominic, that's not going to happen. Beth, where the fuck was Beth? You notice that? Terrible Beth. She was like late, 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 late. Like, you're lucky it wasn't an AEW ref. This match will be over. <laughs> It'll be over. You know, everybody knew what to do to accommodate that that uh, mistiming. But, yeah, Beth fucked up there. We talked about it live during the watch-along as well. Oh, uh, look at that. You want up getting crotched thanks to Dominic. Really physical. I'm glad they got to work with some veterans here. Glam slam on the outside. See, even Edge isn't doing good with those topes. Look at that shit. Well, Edge is like old now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like Edge, <laughs> if anyone has an excuse to be a little bit slower and not as fluid on the tope, it's going to be Edge. Yes, everyone just give up the tope. And then Shatter Machine, because let's not forget their neighbors are the are FTR guys, right? They're like really good friends with them. They're like actual all buddies in real life. Yep. Like they hang out and shit. You like this version? Of, I, I I like this version of Edge teaming up with uh, with Beth because I like Beth. But do you like this version of Edge in in WWE? Because like I've always when I think of Edge, my favorite rendition has always been the uh, heelish ultimate opportunist. You know, um, Lex Luthor to John Cena as Superman. You know, Edge. You know, like, to me that's always like peak pinnacle Edge. And I when he came back and he had his feud with with Seth Rollins. I really, really was looking forward to that feud, and I was let down by that. Like maybe my expectations were a little bit too high, but but I I just felt that they didn't capitalize on the character the way I wanted to. And as much as I love this version of Edge, there there is just another version of Edge where he's selfish. He does things for himself. Uh, you know, it, it's an Eddie Guerrero lie cheat steal. You know, capitalize on opportunity Edge that, that that I really, really miss every time I see him. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think Peak Edge was rated R superstar. Uh edge with Lita ironically like that was to me when he peaked that was when he really became like the top most focal point 
of the entire company. Uh, well, he was the most over there because of yeah, yeah the, that whole thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I mean th this edge is all right. You know, it's like, too safe. Like I love the fact that he's you know because I'm, I'm a big tag team guy. And I enjoy uh, the the mixed gender tag teams when, when they have a guy and a girl and whatever in the match because because it, it, it's uh, it, it's something different and I, I like the aspect of it and the different rules that they have for it so so I I like the team in general but I just feel like there's so much money left on the table with Edge that they could do that they're not you know because like, you know for the longest time with Edge gone Seth Rollins kind of had that ultimate opportunist gimmick like when he cashed in the uh, the, you know, he made the, 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 the triple threat match at WrestleMania, was it 31 or 32 or whatever? You know, uh, the heist of the century, that, that Seth Rollins. So, for the longest time, Seth Rollins kind of had the unofficial Ultimate Opportunist moniker. So, when they fought each other, I, I was expecting it to be a lot of that, kind of heel versus heel. But, you know, we, we didn't really get that. So, I just always feel that there's a lot of money left on the table for Edge. And that he does have, in my opinion at least, one legitimate run left in him to be the guy. He I think might, he's got in him to have one more run. He might, but you know what's weird? Edge comes off like a protective dad that lives in the suburbs. And then... Uh, like, I hate it when you say that. And then every time they try to change his gimmick to make him darker, he comes off like a protective dad in the suburbs trying to be darker. <laughs> like, But he, like, does, he doesn't have to be darker, though. Because like, like the ultimate opportunist Edge was never dark like every he was time just a he would, scumbag he, he like, was just an this, asshole like you know what i mean like yeah he, like he, was just, edge, he was just a jerk yeah this edge unfortunately when notice like there's times he'll get in the ring and he'll be like i gotta have to go to the dark place and like i didn't want to have to be that and i'm like dude you're like an older guy i'm not buying no, no, it. when no, he came out with the brood intro like out of the fire and shit like just stop doing old gimmicks don't don't do any of the old edges just stop i mean you can't not tell me that when he came out was it SummerSlam when he had his brood entrance that you didn't pop a little bit just hearing that music one last time. It's one of the best wrestling songs ever. Like, like it's a great song to hear. The entrance itself has always been cool. To this day, you it's still what? really, really cool. You know really what, cool. man? You know? I feel like The Brood is one of those things that aged well for people that look at it on the network. But for me, who lived through it on a weekly basis, I felt about it the way I felt about the fucking Bray Wyatt thing. Where it was like, all right, the entrance is cool. What the fuck is going on? Who the fuck are those guys? Why is this happening? How come? And it was just I bet like you're, I bet you're only saying that because of Gangrel. <laughs> the whole thing was. I bet a, you're only saying that because of Gangrel. <laughs> no, but I you, Edge doesn't need to be dark. He, he doesn't need to have like the the, the quasi vampire Edge. That was never over for me, right? When he had his Rob Zombie, uh, never gonna stop. Man, the shuffling, the that feet shuffling edge, edge was more over the, than the vampire Edge. That's what he did, but right? You're talking about foot shuffle Edge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. He, he had the purple and, and the turquoise and, and, the, and the weird green, you know, surfer-looking uh, tights. No, I'm, I'm saying dude, Edge to me has always been at his best when he was just a despicable human being. When he was kind of like MJF before MJF was MJF. When he was just an asshole, you know, to to, to everybody, right? Yeah. Uh, he he played that role that, of all the, and I'm not talking like. Um, you know, uh, oh, your town sucks, bowl all type guy. I'm talking like all the people that played a legit asshole on WWE, from mm -hmm. uh, Scott Steiner and, and Tess, the way the way they treated Stacy Keebler, that they were assholeish or whatever. Uh, you know, to, to, to Edge, Edge has always been the best asshole that company's ever produced. There is no on-screen guy that that has played a better jerk uh, and scumbag, like le like legitimate scumbag than Edge. 
Edge was a really good scummy character. I've always loved that about him. And it's every funny. time they made him face, I'm always like disappointed. I'm like, ah, why? It's ah. funny. I think I think he does both well. It's funny that you, you, you lean toward the heel one. I get it, you know, because they're both good. But yeah, no, I kind of feel like Babyface Edge, not this Babyface Edge. This is a little wishy-washy. But like the last yeah. Babyface Edge we had before he retired, I felt was just as good as the rated R stup- superstar. I never liked it. I, I, I got it. I enjoyed the matches. Uh, it all logically made booking sense to me. And I get it. Mm-hmm. But to me, it was like, look... There, there, there's two types of Roddy Piper fans. There's the Roddy Piper fan that, that loved him when he was like the heel, uh, you know, scumbag Piper, which is where I fall into. This is almost pre-WWE, right? And then there's the uh, the other set of fans that love him when he was like this, like, Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, kind of like rebel, you know, babyface character where you make quasi, you know, half-run appearances for the company and just get the pop from the crowd because, you know, he has the, the music and everything and the antics and all that stuff. Right, that that's the um, you know half black Piper as I would call him when, when he had that match with Bad News Brown. He black faced half of his body. Um, there's that Piper, right? I always preferred the asshole Piper when he was just a jerk. When he when he hit Jimmy Snuka with the uh, the coconut, you know, just when you think you have the answer, I change the questions. That's always been my Piper. I understand why people would like the babyface Piper because yeah, it's cool to root for the guy. He was a nuisance. He was a rebel. He, he did badass cool things, and he would just it's hard not to root for that guy. I totally understand it. But his best character work, in my opinion, has always been when, when he was an asshole, when, when he was picking fights with people, when he, when he was uh, an obnoxious, antagonistic heel, chasing the belt. Never winning it, but chasing it. That's always been his best work. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, like I said, I've liked, I like Edge overall. Like, I'm a big Edge mark like from top to bottom, but I, I do see it, you know? But this here, I don't know what they can do aside from uh, stop trying to make him seem like really, really gritty and tough. Like the grit couple name is unfortunately doesn't work for it, you know. No, this is it. They, we they got like, sterile, uh, safe edge right now. Yeah, no and, edge, and, and not for nothing. But Beth Phoenix too. Like Beth Phoenix, as uh, during her actual career, was like a force to be reckoned with. You know what I mean? And not that she isn't now, but they just come off like mom and dad. I don't know what it is about it that these two superhero-esque characters not come off like mom and pops. Well, keep, keep in mind, <laughs> when, when Beth Phoenix was the, the, you know, the big bad uh, person of the division, right? Like the Glamazon, you know, she was one of the bigger wrestlers in that division. And there was a lot of female talent that they had that weren't good wrestlers they, they, they were just there based on looks or, or based on the whole diva thing and that's who she had to work with so compared to them she was always going to look bigger stronger tougher and she was going to stand out more nowadays there's legitimately really good and really tough looking female wrestlers there so she doesn't have that size it's like tamina you know what I mean? like, like tamina's not to me she's nothing like I, i've never been a big fan of tamina i, I think she's barely barely at that average level sometimes she's below average in her in psychology and her matches but if you took tamina and you debuted her as a rookie as, as snooka's daughter back in like 1998 1997 she would have a huge advantage against fuck uh, the cat or, or whoever the hell sable she'd be a monster you you, yeah. you would have big feuds with her in china just based on her size so beth phoenix you know took advantage of that being the only one of the only, I would say, formidable, tough-looking chicks in the roster at the time. Yeah. And, I mean, she still is. You know, it's just something about the vibe that they give off. I think it's more the energy, you know? Well, she's older now. She's got that mom energy. It's, it's hard to deny it. She does. Yeah, that'll do it. 
I will definitely do it. Still good to have them around either way. Don't don't get me wrong. It's just that if we are talking about like the best versions of these characters, it, it just isn't yet, or at least this version hasn't manifested itself. But to be fair, that they were around a lot longer as a rated R superstar in Glamazon than they are as the Grit couple. You know, they would need a lot more of a body of work for us to really be able to measure it. So it could be that too. That could be something that factors into it. You know, Beth tweeted out and she said, Bull Nanako broke international barriers to bring the beauty and brutality of Japanese women's wrestling to America. We will always remember you because you'll always be a part of us. So, yeah. All right. Look, you can see Roman drink a C4. Didn't want you guys to miss that. Not a prime. Yeah, I guess we'll let the intros because you don't really how often do you really get to see you already know the rules But now it's time to talk about the intros Anyway, WWE United States title elimination chamber match Austin Theory defending his championship against Seth Rollins Defending uh, and Johnny Gargano Bronson Reed Damian Priest and Montez Ford So this match surprisingly probably was the most beneficial to Montez Ford <laughs> even though he doesn't win it he just really gets to get all his shit in in this match and and if you guys were here for the watch along you remember we kept looking at his chamber and we were like man everybody's grunting and laughing and pounding their glass and doing stuff that dude's just sitting there very stoic very serious for a character whose whole thing is the fucking solo cups and the party I've never seen a more serious go go back and watch this match the most serious looking person like shit was about to go down with Montez Ford and we kind of get it because when he gets in the ring he really does show his best work you know he really uh this I guess that's the reason they put him in here they wanted to see how he would hang I mean he's a phenomenal wrestler and, and I will say this he, he will be a future uh heavyweight champion for that company like he's got all the the the, the tools to to do it you know yeah. what I mean like like especially with his wife being Bianca as well too right like he's He's got everything that he needs to, to to get that next level push. So you start off with uh, Rollins and Gargano before Austin Theory comes. I know this is an indie love lover's wet dream to have these three in some sort of a quasi three-way dance before the rest of the pods open up. You could tell this is Triple H booking just with the way this kind of a match goes. But really well done. Like the guys did not play around here. Like these, these three are uh, three of the best people that we have on the roster. Mm-hmm. I love that they lock themselves into the pod to kick the shit out of him. And then the next pod opens. Who do we get? Dun, 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 dun. Priest. Yeah, Priest was not playing around. You know, here's another guy who was solid in Ring of Honor. I feel that there's a future world champion in him. You know, Look at Being that kill switch. Yeah, for the longest. I, I felt that way back when he was doing the bow and arrow intro. I thought there's a, he's a future world champion. He had his best feud with Dijak in Ring of Honor. The two of them both have like a... They're exceptionally agile and do a lot of high-flying for guys that are that big. And then Bronson Reed, who got rehired by Triple H. I thought it was a major loss that they let this guy go. So I'm glad not only did they bring him back... I'm a big fan of Bronson Reed. He's, yeah. he's got a great look. Very believable. Really solid moveset. Like, there's so much potential upside in this guy. Especially if you want a big, you know, monster like in your roster. Uh, mm -hmm. like, like for me, like, like I like, there is no situation where I wouldn't pick Bronson Reed to, to have in my you know my squad. You know, what I mean? if I wanted a big, tough monster-looking dude, he's my first-round pick. Yeah, and then finally we get uh, Montez Ford in here, 
And yeah, he looked fantastic. That was a crazy Poison Rana for them to try. That that was like a freaking Doomsday Device Poison Rana. They didn't call it anything because I guess they were just surprised nobody fucking died. But uh, yeah, I don't know what 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 was going on here. They just decided they were. The I mean, three give, most unlikely give credits where credits due. But Bronson did a lot of the work on that shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, look at the rotation that he was able. To, this is what I'm talking about, man. Like like the the stuff that he can do as a big guy, not just in terms of his moves, but in the, the moves that he can sell for smaller guys, astronomical. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And then there's of course one of the big OMG spots of the night. This crowd was like like the roof was blowing off of this place like you haven't seen in decades in here. How long were they standing there in the bottom? Uh it wasn't it wasn't that bad of amount of time because there was other stuff going on. Wasn't that bad? Okay. I hate that right when they when they stand a little bit too long and they're just waiting. Yeah, nah, they didn't. They didn't lose they're, they're, they're all dizzy in that one same corner, that one same time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, nah, they didn't lose Libra here at all. Because <laughs> I can't stand when that kind of shit happens. Yeah, man. Kudos to the fans that went to this. They got their money's worth ten times over. Do you like Priest having the uh, the vest? Yeah, I think it's cool. You like the vest? I, I don't know. I I'm not a big. I understood why Roman you know had the the, the shield vest for a long time, but um, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it really. I don't think he needs it. You know. Eb Gamer said, "Yeah, definitely got my money's worth." <laughs> yeah, Eb was at the it SmackDown match and the Elimination Chamber. Freaking Ford, man. Holy shit. Future world champ right there. It kind of became obvious that uh, Theory was going to take it. Yeah, I'm assuming this was selling. Nobody threw up an X here. We talked about it live. I mean, we haven't heard anything bad. Pedigree is so nerfed. And then freaking Logan Paul shows up. I told you guys it was going to be Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins for WrestleMania. Like, Rollins have been going on all these interviews talking shit about Logan Paul. I was thinking, yeah, they're, they're, they're setting that up. This is the second time he messed up his road to WrestleMania, which he points out. Two years in a row, he comes out and fucks over Rollins. I don't mind, I don't mind that matchup because I feel like we'll get a lot of really cool spots from it. But I will say that, like, uh, I want to see Rollins in a more meaningful spot, like, like title-wise, at least for the company. But I like the match because, legitimately, uh, it, you're going to have an entertaining match with, with uh, two guys that are very capable of putting on some pretty wild and, and, and wacky spots. You know, so I am looking forward to it from that point of view. It's like the Shane McMahon AJ Styles match. Did I want more from AJ Styles? Of course. Would I would I prefer AJ Styles? You know, fight for a title, a hundred percent. But you can't not tell me that you weren't excited for Styles and, and Shane McMahon just based on the history these two guys have and the potential spots that we can see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. But uh, you know, I I just saw it coming. I knew that this was what they were going to do. I told you I consider Logan Paul one of the boys now. He's earned his keep here. It's no longer like an outsider coming in. I mean, damn, the guy can wrestle. You know, it'd be foolish not to appreciate what we have going on now, don't you think? 
Yeah, that, and he's a, a legitimate heel in like like in real life, right? He's got that natural heel heat that a lot of guys are that would that would kill for. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he worked as a babyface. And Rollins, like like I can see why they have him on a slow burn now because that's a guy you got to save, man. That's somebody that uh, when Roman goes on a vacation or God forbid gets injured or they just need to switch it, you can have a good run with a Seth Rollins. We've seen that in the past. Remember Seth Rollins when he used to come out with Jamie Noble and uh. And who the fuck was the other guy? Damn, I forgot who they were. But, you know, his Stooges, when he used to come out with those guys, and he was a world champion. Yep. That was like you know, a long I, run. I, I was hoping that they, when uh, when Seth Rollins had the uh, Authors of Pain with him for a period of time, oh, I was hoping that was, that thing uh, would have uh, lasted a bit long, because I, I liked it a lot. I just remember, the other one was the Eminem guy. I don't know why I forgot. <laughs> uh, Mercury, Mercury, right? Mercury, yeah, the one that Jeff yeah. Hardy basically caved his face in. I feel like Seth Rollins now... Uh, and I love Rollins. To me, if 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 there if you ever need an interim champ to step in, if if Roman or you know Brock or whatever can't hold the mantle, Seth Rollins is probably one of the best. He's the top three, maybe even the top two candidate uh, to, to to be the guy to be the face of the company and, and and to hold the belt for a period of time. But I feel like he's kind of like what Shawn Michaels was for the company in the uh, in the mid two thousands, where he's going to be the over guy. They, they respect his accolades and then they're going to build him up. But he's never going to be the guy to to to, to hold the uh, hold down the fort now. You know what I mean? Like I think I don't want to say they, that he didn't do a, a good enough job because, in my opinion, he did. But I think the company was expecting more from him when he had the Monday Night Rollins and Seth freaking Rollins thing, and he was, uh, you know, before he got a little bit too weird and wacky, <laughs> he was serious and shit. Um, I th- I think they wanted more, and I don't I don't know if they got what they wanted from the guy I in terms of revenue and everything. I think they did. I think that was Rollins. Rollins' run was was excellent, man. His heel I run thought was it was really run? good. I thought it was really good. But based on how he's been booked and everything, and he's been so distant from a lot of the the, the main stuff for me, that I I don't know if they see it that way. And maybe that was a Vince McMahon thing, and, and it, Triple H will see it differently. But I don't know, dude. Um, he has the the same kind of vibe that that Shawn Michaels kind of had in terms of his spot in the roster in the the mid two thousand when he was feuding with like. Uh, you know Jericho b- b- before his Undertaker feud and stuff. He was just kind of like upper mid card. You know what I mean? Like he, he, it's been a while since he broke into that main event uh, spot. And when he did, it was against a guy like friggin' Hogan. You know what I mean? Like the exception to the rule. Anyone else in the roster? Michaels versus Orton or Michaels versus anybody. Uh, and it was upper mid. It, it wasn't that main event anymore. Not not at that level. So Rollins gets the celebrity spot this year. Main event. WWE World Title slash Universal Title Championship. I guess what are they calling it? WWE Undisputed Universal World Championship. Roman Reigns being accompanied by Paul Heyman defending against Sami Zayn. I'm stopping once again for the Sami Zayn pop. Yeah, it's crazy. He's like their Brian Danielson now. 
Yeah, the, the fuck you Roman chants. They had to bleep those out, right? They had to try their best. <laughs> he debuted in this building, the Bell Center. This is what I've been wanting. When I first got Sami Zayn in the bloodline, I was thinking to myself, man, finally on a main ele- event level, people get to see what a good wrestler. Because he really, they, they kind of abandoned the wrestling for the Sami Zayn gimmick. Like, it was almost like he wasn't allowed to be there. They've had proof of him being a good wrestler. He's had amazing matches with Cesaro and Shinsuke. That's the only ones. You literally named them right there. That's it. Every other match, they made him they made sort of work on his acting. And the Kevin Owens matches too, of course. I mean, that, that goes without saying. That's his like best opponent. But a lot of the time, yeah. he wasn't really being this Sami Zayn that has such a great arsenal, you know? That gets so much offense and that's so agile and athletic. Like, it was just being like a, like a putz a lot of the time, you know? Like, it's almost like well, the, the character affected the, the, the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But keep, keep in mind, it, it was Vince booking at the time. And look at the stature and size of Sami Zayn. And look who the guys that, that he was up against. He was up against like Bobby Lashley and stuff. Like They weren't going to give him that much offense. Like you said he, he was going to have to be the sniveling heel. But like you said on the Stone Cold podcast, it's more like he works small. Because he's not a small guy. You know, like he does that purposely. Like he sort of, the way he described he works small. Because look at him. He's not small. He's not you know? small in terms, but he, but he's not like big. Like, like compared to the other guys in the roster, he's not physically intimidating, right? He might be taller and he might be a little bit uh, wider in mass. But if if you were to go down a dark alley and you're picking a fight with either a guy like Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, or Sami Zayn, ten out of ten guys are picking Sami Zayn to pick that fight with. Well, yeah. But and still- eleven out of them are getting their ass whooped. Hundred percent, <laughs> but 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 it's still to the fact that he, he is smaller. Right? So when when yes. Vince was booking, it made sense to me that they would book him that way because Vince just doesn't. He's not going to see Sammy as like a top guy that's going to go toe to toe with Bobby Lashley. There's just no way Vince would let that happen. We all know that. Yeah. See, but then again, the problem is that Vince doesn't see things for how they are now, and it's not about how big you are. It's about if you can kick them. Because at the end of the day, yes, yeah, Sammy Zayn's not Brock Lesnar big. But with some of the Yakuza sick kicks we've seen him dish out, it doesn't matter that he's not that big. And that's the difference between Vince and Triple H. Well, it, it, it doesn't matter now because Vince is, he's not the guy doing it. So now Sami yeah. Zayn can show off more of his stuff. I'm just saying, when Vince was booking it, the reason oh, yeah. why, you know, Sami never got those offensive matches was because, again, the, the big guys it. he was up against, like, yeah. there was no way Vince would just say, hey, man, do these moves because you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, Vince just didn't see it. But yeah, this was the dream come true that I wanted. I, I knew that this, the, the reaction on these fans, this is what I thought a match like this would look like if he was ever given the chance, you know? Yeah. I think uh, one thing I heard Cornette say that um, probably was one of the things I didn't even think about, Sammy's selling helped this match on top of that because it looked like at some points like Sammy's life was in danger. It well, was Sammy's really always for survival and not yeah. just the yeah. title. It looked, like there times, it looked like there were times Roman's life was in danger. Yeah. <laughs> And then here comes freaking Jimmy, loyal Jimmy. Who would have thought Jimmy was one of the last ones to resist joining the dark side, and now he's all about the bloodline. Right. And he was the first one that was just okay with Sammy being there. And it's another false finish. I love how many times this seemed like it was going to be over. They get proper false finishes here. And they do, like, those razor-thin, like, false finishes. Like, if the Rev's not careful, his hands are going to hit like, false finishes.
I thought that was it too. There, they caught me with that. One. I was like, that would have been a perfect oh, yeah. finish. Yeah, they they had this crowd eating out of the palm of their hands. It was incredible. And that's just like how good Sami Zayn is. The fact that like, Roman Reigns' character is being built on how how strong he is, how intimidating he is. He went toe to toe with with you know, Brock Lesnar, and he's just like he's the guy. He'll beat up anybody. But there isn't a single person that would watch this match and not believe that Sami Zayn at any point in this match would not be a threat to Roman Reigns. To me, that that's the ultimate testament to how good Sami Zayn is. That he's not out of place against a guy like Roman Reigns, despite the the, the big size difference. Again, a lot of that's yeah. because of Triple H giving him the opportunity to actually showcase the believability of it. And I would like to see more of that to uh, some of the other wrestlers in the roster. Maybe not against a guy like Roman, but at least having those offensive spots every once in a while that they can showcase against bigger talent, so they can look like they belong in there. Yeah, well, you get it more with Triple H. Finally, we get the moment we've all been waiting for. Jay shows up. I like that Jay shows up and he has that same look on his face from when he left. <laughs> he looks that? like he's never left his face, right? Like, <laughs> he, he just came back with the same face. Can you imagine just being in Jay's house? His wife and kids got to deal with that same smuggler. What's wrong with Daddy? Daddy's seen some shit. And they leave it where we don't know what he would have done here. Ah, oh, fucking Jay. Yo, Canada was deflated after this, man. They look they were they look like he silent. died. They look like he got killed off. This was, in my opinion, the best way to end this match. From a, from a booking standpoint, this was uh, this is the right way to do it. Yeah. Sammy lost the match, but Sammy didn't lose in this because he put on an incredible effort. And, like, he, I don't know about anybody else, but I feel like he's locked himself in as a main eventer after that performance. Owens well, he, comes he's out. He's the next Daniel Bryan right now. Yeah, and Owens comes out to a stunner party. So you get that Canada pop back. See, they wanted to send the crowd home happy. That is a big rule here. <laughs> or the closest they could get to it. The closest they it, could get. This is this is the one big difference that McMahon has, or that Triple H has over McMahon, is that you can send the crowd home happy, but still get the ending that everybody wants. You know? I love Paul Heyman's arm flailing selling of the stunner. <laughs> <laughs> like, who takes a stunner like that, right? Well, you, Only- you went down to a knee, like, like he was... Like he was calling Kaepernick, and then he flailed his arms back. <laughs> That's just how old is the guy? Like, like he's not—he's not meant to take bumps. You know what I mean? Like, like, that's the best he's gonna do. That's the best he's gonna do. What's up, hey man? Paul took an F5 to an announcer table. I don't know how accurate anymore. What's up, Necro Eric? Welcome back. What do we think of ICW? I haven't watched any ICW. Or uh... oh, I think it's like—it looks like a whole bunch of stuff that unfortunately we don't watch. Do they still have ICW? The the, yeah, the, the hardcore still, wrestling. It still exists for some reason. Are they are these are these doing death matches still? With like uh, I Ian mean, Rodden from what I've heard, from what I've heard, Ian Rodden put him on another hiatus. They're not back from it yet, so I don't know. Yeah, no. Nah, Every I don't time watch I see that that, that, that stuff, thing, it's just, it's just <laughs> light tubes and like just just crazy death. I mean, match I mean, I mean, Ian lights. Rodden runs it. So what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, we're we're a little selective about our wrestling here. And to be fair, Dustin, the, 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 the F5 <laughs> in general is an easier move to take because gravity does the work for you. 
What's up, you Quest? Know, <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? You just have to... Like, you just have to just be there, and gravity will do the selling for you. I think it's just for me, because we, we've learned at this point, we can't trust announcer tables. So when he took it through the table, I was like, oh, God, please break, please break. What's up, King Quest? Welcome, welcome back. He says his daughter hits harder than Paul. But yeah, Nacro, a lot of that shit... <laughs> Hey, you know what? Back back when we we've been doing the show since 2014. Back then we were all about watching every Evolve, every PWG, which we still are. All of the New Japan stuff, obviously. Um, but but certain things, even Noah, but certain things is kind of like you don't want to watch everything that's going on out there. Yeah, there. There's way too much to be able to cover everything. Like we kind of yeah. just stick to like some of the mainstream stuff occasionally yeah. a little indie here and there will, will sneak in but yeah new japan and in my I, personal I life have... in my personal life i would probably watch new japan uh like yeah. as, as my guilty pleasure but everything else here is just stuff that we cover new japan and triple a for me like i love watching you, those you I love guys catching have a uh, a death st- uh, a death match match that, that, that you guys le- legitimately liked you ever see one and go like that to me because i i think back of like the the um you know the the Cactus Jack Terry Funk matches they had in Japan, uh, and even then I was like, yeah, there, there's a lot of cool moments in the wrestling history. If I look back at both Cactus Jack and Terry Funk's career, but as a match as a whole, nah, man, it's kind of like the scaffold match. I like the idea of them dangling super high in the scaffold, but the actual match it's gonna suck because there's no room to do anything and they don't want to fall. It visually looks cool when they're up there, but nothing happens. You know what it is, Necro? A lot of podcasts watch it, but they're not going to cover that. You know what I mean? It's like the equivalent to somebody covering like college basketball. Like a, like a lot of the time, people are going to want to hear about the pro stuff, you know? So it's like even if you came across a podcast that watched it, like you would never know. Like we watch a lot of indie stuff here like randomly, but, uh, you know, like we, we wouldn't it's not something that if, if we covered it like nobody's gonna want to really hear about it to be honest with you so it would like be it would almost be like streamer suicide to like the, like that's like when i came yeah. here i was like all right guys who's seen czw like no one's gonna say yeah and especially with all the stuff just in the mainstream there's no real room for it unfortunately that's probably why you don't see many like podcasters and streamers talking about it yeah wrestling's changed a lot in the last couple of years where it's like before there was like a big indie boom period and there was a lot of big guys on the indies most of the incentive to watch the guys on the indies have come to the mainstream at, at minimum AEW, at maximum wwe yeah. you know so that doesn't mean that it's not something i would rule out but something interesting would have to happen there i mean i couldn't just top load myself with that much wrestling i don't even know how the, <laughs> we would, how the fuck would we even have the time you know like to be able to um Watch all of that, keep up with the indies, do the podcast, and then keep in mind five to six days a week on here, we're streaming other stuff. You know? And then I'm married, so it's kinda like I also have to be I have to do the husband thing as well. So there's like a whole a whole arsenal of shit. So I I, I'd have to just glue my ass to the television. Just Elmer glues my ass there and just watch every brand, right? But no worries. You you would have to be fueled on nothing but coffee, bang energy, and cocaine to be able to do that. I think think most people that watch that stuff or get highlights from it get it from places like Botchamania or or in like compilation YouTube clips where where, where they show like the work. It's true though, (laughs) right? Like there's not a big enough following of people that consistently watch full, you know, IWC or or, or like CZW like like shows. They, they get the, the the clips of it usually from a negative light, unfortunately, from Botchamania or, or from other places that show the more violent or the more you know messed up botches or violent spots in the match. You know right? what it is? Like most of the most thing I hear about it is from places like that. Like I, I I I've never seen a full 
you know, event. I don't, I don't know if I'd want to, to be honest. You know what it is? Back in the day, it was cool. Like back, even even back in 2014 when it started, it was cool to be able to be like, hey, did you see the latest XPW and the GCW? What about the DDFW and the RCW? Yeah, because everybody that, was watching you know? it. Did you catch Haguchi Nagarata fighting against Suzuki Sakura? You know what I mean? Like it was just cool to just spit shit out back then. It was cool to know so much. You know what I mean? Now it's <laughs> like it was it was less markish. You know what I mean? Like now it's become like a mark thing where it's kind of like, hey, did you guys see whatever? Like, no. What makes you so mad is I'm not sure if you made those names up or not. That's the worst part. <laughs> no, but 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 but, but, Rick's, <laughs> but, but he's not he's not he's not wrong though. He's actually very. You know what it is too? It's like um, so like there was a time when Metallica was like some no name garage band from san francisco that just had demo reels that was killing it in the local scene mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they made a bunch of albums and the, the more popular they got the more those local san fran you know whatever kids were like ah they're they sold out they've gone blah and they hated them because of the success that they had like like a lot of metalheads if you remember when the black album came out just turned their backs on metallica because they were no longer "quote unquote" metal. They right? were no they longer were underground. Popular. They were too whatever. They didn't yeah, want underground anymore, mainstream. right? So yeah. it's like, yeah, wrestling in a lot of ways, like the indie wrestling, has kind of become that because a lot of the big names that you were accustomed to, you know, back in the day for indies, are now in major promotions that, yeah. that you can see on national TV on a weekly uh, basis. You know what I mean? They're they're not they're not hard to find or something. It's like, you know, before. Spotify or YouTube, if you wanted to find new music, you either watched it on TV or you would go to the record store and be like, hey, can I listen to this album? And they would like let, sit you in a corner and they'd let you hear the CD and stuff. That's the only way you would really discover new music or the radio. I mean, we Now I, I put my Spotify, I can find anything. I mean, we have Kevin Steen and Elgin Eric on the screen. It doesn't get more indie than that. And it's had Elimination Chamber, you know? Like, that's about as indie yeah, as They've been at WrestleMania together multiple times. It's 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 a whole different it's a whole different world, man. And, and I remember, like, in the '90s, the the closest thing that we had to like death style matches was like some of the crazy stuff they did in ECW. But I look at it in a different light because, like, the wrestlers that were performing those moves, you know, I I knew them, and they, they were like, it's not all of them, but enough of them were legitimately good wrestlers where I can be like, this is more than just. A crazy spot with you know uh, barbed wire or light tubes or a bunch of steel chairs. There's actual gotta, wrestling here that, that that I can enjoy. I don't have that same in, enjoyment or view when I see a bunch of guys that I don't know dressed in sweatpants and and, and cut off t-shirts doing these moves to each other. Like you know what you I know. mean? Like like seeing Rob Van Dam and Sabu do crazy stuff with barbed wire. I can understand and watch that a lot more than two guys I don't know that look like I like, like, like a bouncer at a freaking Waffle House, you know, in, in Denver, Colorado. You know, like, like like I would just not enjoy it as much. I want to read that post out loud again just because I'm I'm impressed at the amount of federations he named in one in one post. What do you guys think of? <laughs> I, I'm 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 going to try to count them. What do you guys think of ICW NHB 41? And 42, I'll still count that as one. Noah Muda final, DMDUY2K. Really? That's the name of Federation? Pro Wrestling Vibe, The Absolute Horror at XPW, All Japan Pro Wrestling. I do know that one. I mean, there, I'm not going to add that one to the. I should, though, anyway, just with counting the amount that he did here. All Japan's actually decent with y- Yugi Nagata winning the Grand Slam. Warrior, Warrior, Warrior Wrestling's Lucha three way match. 
the two black label pro shows and the two gcw wrestling shows prestige weekly unfolds h2o tremont angels of deathmatch tournament and tjp in nagoya so there was like about 12 fucking shows on that list you know what i mean and i didn't count like when they had two shows in one federation like at that point you know i guess i'm just not eating sleeping fuck pussy or not rather i'll be too busy watching fucking <laughs> AJ, ajp ajp tmd or whatever this is too much wrestling, man. This is too much at that point. You know what? They should climb the ladder to where I could see them. I shouldn't have to like descend the ladder to where they can see me. <laughs> I mean, that is a hardcore list of. <laughs> salute, Yo, was, a winner was, is you, sir. Salute. There was so much Good shit on that God. list, man. It's like the control and V button must be worn out on that PC. So anyway, that was Elimination Chamber, which broke all time. I don't know if I can time. handle seeing that many of messed up Tope Suicidas. Yeah, which it <laughs> broke all time gay <laughs> viewership. 54% increase versus the previous record that was set in 2022. It was the largest gate ever in the WWE held in Montreal and the largest gate in the history of Elimination Chambers. It broke the all-time event merchandise record and generated the highest grossing priority pass fan experience packages for any non-quote-unquote Big 5 premium live event through WWE's partnership with On Location. It was up 300% from last year. And on social media content featuring Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn did nearly 20 million views across social platforms. And they did all of that without having to do a Montreal Screwjob reference or angle. So impressive. That's my King, favorite part. King, King, <laughs> King Quest said that's wrestling overload. Yo, that paragraph, right? I'll put it like this. I started counting. I got up to the fourth one and just gave up. I was like, nope, not doing it. <laughs> Even if I knew all of that, can you imagine me answering that shit? I'd never hear from you. I mean no disrespect. If you watch that much I mean no disrespect, and this is just general to the chat room. But whenever you go into anybody's chat room, feel free to ask any questions that you want. But try to ask them in a way that you would ask if we were all hanging out like at a bar together. You know what I mean? Like can you imagine coming <laughs> up could you imagine coming up to me at a bar? And asking me in one paragraph for all of that, like, hey, what do you think? Like, it would be one thing to ask about one and then see how receptive I am. And then you sort of do it. That's what civil discourse is. And that's sort of how it works, you know? Yeah, this is a this, this is a free flowing conversation that you can just chime in with a question. This isn't like those 1990s phone sex ads where they, where they charge you per minute so you're trying to get all your shit in in the first two minutes because you can't afford minute four and five. <laughs> so you're just overloading with a bunch of stuff right on, you know? We are not the time. On it, you can take your time on it, bro. Yeah, no, nah, I read that. It was like, that's just not... Can you rephrase that in singular question form? <laughs> anyway. Did you see... Uh, Oh man. The other thing that they showed during this elimination chamber was the uh was the commercial. For WrestleMania.
they really got those angles correct, huh? I'm surprised they didn't just get the rights to the song. The old uh, Gary Glitter, uh, I think it's the Hey song or whatever. They hate licensing music. Are you kidding me? Nobody hates licensing music more than them. You're lucky that motherfuckers are coming out to a MIDI. Ooh, it's you. Kind of scared me. Up there. What was it? An interpretive dance helps me collect my thoughts. And I can't stop thinking about WrestleMania. No one can. The whole city's on the edge of its seat. I didn't know you were such a close talker. What's with the face paint? It's exfoliating. What's with the voice? <laughs> Gotta run. Wait for the man cave. I didn't know we had a man cave. You wouldn't, because I'm the man. She is the man. I'm the man. <laughs> Commercial. Remember that was it? WrestleMania 21, where they went to Hollywood and then they cut through those uh, Pulp Fiction and Braveheart. Oh, the Pulp Hollywood has commercial. Remember that? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I. I love that stuff. I, th I think they went to Hollywood two more times after that, and I don't recall them doing stuff like that, did. but they should. Didn't they, 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 they go to Hollywood one more time? I, I can't recall. I, I thought they went there a couple, like one or two more times after that. Uh, no, but, I, uh, I really um, enjoyed that. I don't think they've been since uh, 21. Double check. It's been a long time. I tell you right now, I can't wait to see the rest of them because you know there's got to be more. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No, d d those old uh, Hollywood vignette uh, WrestleMania 1 commercials were fantastic. I still remember them. Like th They're still really, really good. Oh, they were fantastic. All right, guys. Seth makes a perfect joke, I swear to God. <laughs> go, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, okay. I'm going to say, Seth, he makes a perfect joker. Like, okay. All right, guys, we're going to take a 90-minute break. We're going to have to talk. I, we waited purposely for Destin to be here to talk about this Ariel Hawani situation because it's that funny. Like, it was just like, I wanted to make sure everybody's here. We're going to take, like, a 90-minute break. And a 90-minute break, you hear me here? I let you do it twice just to see if you can. <laughs> you imagine that? You'd hate me forever, right? Some people do that to their, their chat rooms. Not for nothing. I don't want to talk shit, but I've seen people, some people go to bed and just leave their shit running and, and say, be right back. You know what I mean? Like, you guys in Twitch, you're used to 90-minute breaks. Don't let people do that shit to you. Anyway. Yeah, they, they went back to uh, to L.A., uh, California, WrestleMania 31. That was, uh, well, it was Santa Clara, but it was still uh, California, oh. so, so they still could have planned it with uh, with Hollywood. With that, we will be right back. Yep.
All right, and we are back on the air, as you can see. So we're going to talk about the Air Hawani thing. I'm not going to break my promise here. <laughs> I feel but, so good that y'all wait till I got here to do this part. You know what it is? Like, like I said, I opened the show talking about this, but it's one of those things where sometimes you might hear something funny or think about something funny while you're working, and for no reason at all around your peers, you just crack up. I swear, it haunted me all week. Every time I just thought about Tony Khan writing that fucking tweet, I just broke into It's just such a funny thing to do. But before we do that, one other story that I wanted to get into. And there's a couple of reasons for it. I'll bring I'll bring it up on the screen. So look at that fucking monstrosity. In that the red, white, and blue hell. Bro. That looks this, like it this, hurts. This should have been the, the the final punishment food from the movie The Menu when they, when they serve their guests as, as a giant. This menu. is the mess. This this is way worse than the best. I love you all. I love you too, chef. So apparently, the reason we're talking about this is because what's his name again? Mon. How do we say his name now? Mace. I think it's Masse or Monse or whatever. Why do I remember it? Fuck. <laughs> he. I guess he used to call himself the Chocolate King. So he went. He was. He was complaining what the fuck that did he do this. I don't know, but he was complaining because now Burger King took it, and that's not yeah, even see, a. This, that's not even disgusting. a good story because he put you'll be hearing from my lawyers, Burger King. But to me, the biggest story that I got from him bringing this up was the actual fucking burger. Yeah, that it exists, and this yeah. is why I'm pro capital punishment. Because when I first read, you'll be hearing from my lawyer's Burger King, and I saw that, I thought it was because he ate the shit. I was thinking, yeah, you're probably in the hospital. They should be here from okay. your lawyer. As somebody I mean, you who deserve was there, to be. Somebody you, you, you 100% there deserve to be. Burger King was trying what to be the fuck shit, is okay? going on here? Dude, there's, there's weird shit, <laughs> and then there's whatever the fuck this thing is. Yeah, basically Burger King. <laughs> I can't believe this is a fucking real thing. Because somebody who, at Burger King who, who, who goes, that hey, that those, like, freaking, who, who was that other guy with those freaking 12 indie feds? I would rather watch that than eat this freaking thing. Hold on. I, I, need to, I need to think for a fucking minute here. What is happening? Is that bacon? Yes. So this it's bacon. Covered, it's chocolate <laughs> sauce. With chocolate on the like fucking cheese? Fried onions. It can't be cheese. real chocolate, man. Did they really use fucking chocolate in there? Yes. Yes. God it's help either you chocolate if or like some mustard or mayo in there, because that's going to be disgusting. This whole thing looks like a nightmare. Like, this would be like, if, 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 if you just like threw random stuff in the wall... And this is what it came out. This is like the worst dice roll for food you could possibly I'm just, have. I'm just trying to imagine what that would taste like. Fucking chocolate on your on your chocolate. burger. Chocolate on a yeah, baconator, that's, that's, basically. That's, that's disgusting. It's that's like, disgusting. and the worst part about it is, I can guarantee you, it's not even like real chocolate. It's like some like imitation chocolate. No, dude, it's, it's Hershey's top right corner. They, they actually. Oh no! If, if, if I was Hershey's, I would be more upset and angry that they soiled my good name. <laughs> You gotta remember the last year. I used to work at Burger King. Ten bucks says that's not real chocolate. 
<laughs> it's some shit they got in a bag that they keep in the freezer just in case. <laughs> I have an open mind when it comes to chocolate because a lot of people are using uh, chocolate in different you know ways nowadays. Like you get a little creative uh, with it. But this is this is a little bit like I mean it took me a while. I like it now, but it took me a long while to get into a uh, salted chocolate where they put like you know the, the the big sea salt things on uh on top of those like dark chocolates or whatever. Before I was like, why is there salt and chocolate? That's weird. Now I'm like, oh, it's actually really good. I actually, I actually like it. But this is disgusting. Like chocolate and meat. <laughs> and the worst part about it is, <laughs> and the worst part, <laughs> and the worst part about it is, I'm gonna tell you something that's gonna make you sad. They gonna sell out quick. Well, I know they will. I, 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 I will do, come I, from I, far and I wide. I feel like it would ruin my burger. Chocolate and meat. No, you feel like it would ruin your burger. I feel like it would ruin the country. Like, 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 what, 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 what is this? This, this is, this is, this is horrendous. I love how the biggest freaking problem Monse had, or whatever his name is on this shit, is that they took the Chocolate King name. Which to me, that doesn't even sound like an appealing name for a, for a food, Chocolate King. Good thing your wife's allergic to chocolate. I mean, I guess That's I'm allergic a great, to. I'm allergic to Burger that, King. That would be a, that, that would be a great porn star nickname, eh? The Chocolate King. How how is there not a single black guy in the adult industry that hasn't trademarked that for themselves? That that is that is a shirt selling million dollar idea right there. If it was listening. What can we really say about this, guys? I mean, I just decided to make this part of the program, not because of Monse, but he made me aware that there was a chocolate burger. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have known. I used to think the, um, I think this is also Burger King. We ever, it was, they had the the, uh, the Halloween burger where they dyed the bun. Yeah, it was black. green. <laughs> yeah, it was there too. Black or green that's or something what, that's like what that. King Quest well, no, said. I think it was, it was black, but then w- w- when you went to the bathroom, it would come out green because of the chemicals. It would, yeah, it would just look weird. And people were freaked out and said. stuff. King Quest said this is worse than the Halloween burger. Yeah, that was, that was with, the, with the black bun and stuff. Yeah. I thought that was gross. And all they did there. Was just dyed the bun black. It was like a regular burger, but the bun was black because they just artificially dyed it and changed its color. But it's actually still, a, you know, there's no chocolate. It's, it's a burger. There's meat. There's, you know, lettuce, tomato, mayo, whatever, bacon, cheese. A burger, right? Yeah, but, with, with black buns, which is weird. But the weird thing about that was, you know, when you went to the bathroom afterwards because the chemicals, it came out green, which freaked people out. But this is 10 times, 10 times worse than that. And I thought that black burger thing was like, ridiculously ugly boy was yeah. i wrong yeah this that's pretty rough all right let's talk about freaking ariel man ariel and tony khan best of friends non-judgmental the other one's tony khan i saw this tweet <laughs> and i th- and i thought that i thought that somebody either Imitator. I was looking for Tony for Tony Khan's name to have like a like you know we sometimes someone will make like a fake name and have like a similar character like instead of an O on Tony they'll use a zero like T zero Khan you know because a zero looks just like a O I'm thinking I'm looking for the imperfection in the tweet and then when I don't find it, I'm like well these guys must all be be like in some sort of a joke or in a rib together you know what I mean but this was the tweet. You're a fraud, Ariel Helwani. You're as legitimate of a reporter as Tony Schiavone. <laughs> oh my god. Isn't that messed up? 
You know what that reminded me of? That's like the equivocal of like in a Dragon Ball fight when someone shoots an energy blast and the opponent slaps it away and it hits the guy on the side. Right? <laughs> like poor Tony. <laughs> Tony was in the middle of a he was in the middle of a key blast that he didn't even know he was involved in. Right. What? <laughs> what made him kill his own guy? Like pro tip about insulting somebody, uh, Tony. It doesn't work if you bury your own guy in the process. Bro, that tweet <laughs> that that tweet stayed with me. Like I kept thinking, like, what does that mean? You're a fraud, Ariel Hawani. You're as legitimate of a reporter as Tony Schiavone. You just buried your own guy. This this is why they shouldn't tweet stuff like that in character. You'd never see Vince McMahon do something like that. Tony's not in character you know? though. This is just Tony. No, Tony is Tony, genuinely Tony, upset. Tony, Tony is a character. Like he's just he's just that guy. But <laughs> but if, if, you're, if, if you're the it's Snowman Tony Khan. Yeah, yeah, but 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 this is like AEW Tony Khan, right? Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars Tony Khan would never tweet something like that. Yeah, I'm not like, buying there, that. There, there is a difference there. You know what I mean? No, this was this is Tony Khan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so, so you don't think there's a difference between like Jacksonville Jaguars Tony Khan and AEW Tony Khan? If All I'm was, saying, I'm saying was, well, how long ago was it when we played that clip of um with the Jacksonville Jaguars won that big game and he got spun around by one of the players? Yeah, Tony's batshit. Tony no matter where yeah, he but, but that's but that's on the field celebrating. It's just that, it's that's, just that's that wrestling different. fans that's catch different. it way easier. So I was trying yeah, to but, figure but, but, out but, what but, the yeah, fuck that's on the field. It's not like a tweet or something. So I was trying to figure out what the fuck this had to do with And I, I guess this was before I saw SmackDown. So I didn't put two and two together that Tony Khan, I guess, felt betrayed because he's dealt with Ariel Hawani, which really doesn't make any sense. And now Ariel Hawani is out there on SmackDown. And apparently this is when this happened. When he saw him, which was that clip we played in the beginning, when he saw him on SmackDown, I guess because he's been on AEW, this sort of pissed him off. And then, then compiled with the fact that we played a clip on here months ago where... uh. Ariel Hawani talked about how Tony Khan was the hardest interview that he ever had because he wouldn't answer any of the questions. So I guess this is a culmination of previous issues that they had. So then Ariel responds and he goes, thanks for watching, old friend. Can't wait for our next chat. Also, don't listen to the snowman, Shivani. You're a legend in my books. And uh, obviously, it's power. Winner, Hawani. So this That's an embarrassing one. Yeah, this popped the people in WWE. Obviously, as it, as it should, because Tony Khan just freaking just egg egg on face himself. And yeah. and yes, King Quest, uh, Tony Khan's dad owns the Jags. Uh, Tony, I'm not sure if he is now, but he was at some point working for him as some sort of executive. Whatever, it's like a you know, it's his, it's his dad. So then Michael Cole apparently goes to Ariel Hawani, and and when he's with um George Saint Pierre, and he says, "Wait, do you see the way that I introduce you?" And then, and then this shit happens. <laughs> and either whether you want to answer them or not. <laughs> Second finisher, second winner, Michael Cole. <laughs> so now Michael Cole's getting in on it. I mean, you have to. It, it, it's yeah, such an easy, easy. I'm not sure. Here's the thing. I don't know if if they would have done this if, if Vince was still in the back running shit. If they would allow this reference, but I love the fact that Trips let him do it because he's very self aware that this is happening, and he definitely a okayed this shit. So I love the fact that he did. And yeah, quest. It is weird seeing GSP with hair. Like I'm so used to bald GSP after all those years. 
And it's weird that Tony Khan would tweet along, and he hashtag Rampage on that tweet, by the way. But he's watching. I didn't know that. Dude, it was was your fraud error, Hawaiian. You're as legitimate a reporter (laughs) as Tony Schiavone. Hashtag AEW Rampage. And keep in mind, Rampage. Wild. Rampage came on this week due to the, the due to sports. It came on an hour before SmackDown, so Rampage has already ended, and he's hashtagging Rampage. I guess to get more people that are searching hashtag Rampage to uh to read it, but it also kind of exposes that he's sitting there watching SmackDown after Rampage like the rest of us. You know what I mean? Like I mean, like, they, they, they all they all watch each other's shows. Yeah, but maybe don't tweet along. You know what I mean? Like, don't tweet along with your competition shows. That's yeah, that's true, and, and that's for both. Because there have been times when WWE directly addressed something that AEW did on on their program, like the like the week after or whatever. So it's like they're more subtle about it. I, I think Tony Khan just a little at times immature. I don't know why. Like he should he shouldn't be. I got to give him credit, though, because that's the first time I've ever seen anybody tweet something. There was no fuck or any curse words or anything in there, but somehow it was just so shocking that the person tweet like, <laughs> he, like, it's there's nothing. There's nothing really derogatory. You're a fraud, Ariel You're as legitimate of a reporter as Tony Schiavone, yet it's so savage and fucked up, you know, like that's one of the worst tweets I've ever seen anybody. I couldn't fucking believe that that came from the CEO of a company, you know? Yeah, like, like actual CEO, <laughs> not like, you know, EVP CEO, you know? Dude, from the moment I read that tweet, every time I think about that tweet, no matter what I'm doing, I am cracking <laughs> up, man. It's just so fucking... Because poor Tony Schiavone didn't have anything to do with it. I told you I had shit to do with it. Tony this. didn't do anything to anybody. <laughs> Yeah, Tony's oh opening God. up his phone, seeing his Twitter, reading that tweet. That's the worst part. That he fucking off. Dude, that, that, that's, that, the, that's like the equivalent of if like Rick and Stacey do a PSO and they miss that last urgent question. And you just see a man fucking dead. Like, wait a minute, what? This has nothing to do with me. You're about as youthful at Fantasy Star as Destin. Just for no reason. It's just weird though. Right. Because, <laughs> because it's even worse because he added him. It's not like he just wrote Tony Schiavone. He put yours, yours, the Divinity Reporters at Tony Schiavone 24. Like, why did you yeah. tag yeah, him was, in it? Why did you Not for nothing, t- but, 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 Tony, but Schiavone is like, a, like an annoying word to spell. So, so he really had to reach out. It's he not like, and you're annoying as Tony Bob or something. No, something he short. Went. Schiavone's an annoying word to actually try to spell out, let alone tweet. So, oh so he, he emphasized that, you know? Dude, that's such a fucking weird thing. Is this guy crazy and we just didn't know? Yes. The like snowman? This, yeah. It's such a strange and bizarre fucking tweet. This is tweet of the it year. It always snows I in imagine. Vegas. It always snows in Vegas. He came off as such an angry, maniacal little villain, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. By, by, by the end of the week, we go here. Tony Schiavone is no longer all elite. That was MJF, so take notes. <laughs> That's how you get real heat. I guess so, right? People who don't have nothing to do with what's going on. Like, I, could you imagine anybody else doing that? Like, it's just so strange. Like, Vince, Stephanie, Triple H, they would never fucking do something. That's just so bizarre, man. Be great if, like, like one, we, wouldn't it be great if one of the times uh, Eric Bischoff showed up on Dynamite, Vince just goes, uh, Eric Bischoff, you're about, you're about as competent as the GM of D- as D'Lo Brown. There's what? a few times we've seen people, we've seen Tony Khan, like, clapping back at people that had like 12 followers 
You remember, like, we've seen shit on there where it was just like, why is he even responding to? Like, you're arguing with just random people on the internet, bro. Like, are you fucking crazy? Uh, you know, people, people, do do that. That. people you don't even have the decency to like Rhea Ripley or like page it to where they delete the Twitter afterwards. They're just still there. That's the thing. Uh, we well, talked he, about he, that many times. He does it on his own and, and he keeps it there. He's not like uh, like Kevin Durant that has like burner accounts and argues with people that 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 <laughs> you know make fun of him online when he's a professional basketball player making like millions upon millions of dollars a season. It's very people do it. Like I've yeah, but, seen, but that's the whole multiple thing. athletes do that stuff. But that's the whole thing. We talk about this on the show all the time. But people like like Tony Khan, they need to learn from the professionals, like the wrestling girls. Man, we talk about Rhea Ripley, Soraya Knight. These are people who, in one sentence of a clapback, get people to delete their whole accounts. Remember that time that somebody talked about how Rhea Ripley's wearing her hair and she put ball motherfucker has no hair of his own. That's where he's talking about styling mine. And by the time everybody or the best one was Saray called some girl. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But then by the time he was done with the tweet, um, the guy, the person had deleted their whole account. Or the one where where somebody talked about Saray and she just said you look sticky, and the person deleted. Like a lot of the time, and the reason why these clapbacks cause people to delete their whole account is because if it's a good clapback, everybody likes it, retweets it, and then. Applies to it, so the person who started the shit, their their phone or whatever the device is, is lighting up and notifications in the section because everybody's like, "Yeah, motherfucker!" and then they get they get destroyed. In case anybody doesn't understand, it's not just the shame of the fact that you got clapped back by a wrestler. Generally, when it's a strong clapback. Everybody jumps on it and puts their own comment, or they put those memes. You know, you've seen the memes of like a, a, a shocked expression, or a fucking ferret, or a gerbil, or, or yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Fuck they have. around, so find like, out guy. Or, or the fuck man. around, find out guy. But the point is, the person who started the shit, their phone probably winds up going off for like the next month. You know, because of the fact that they did this. So it's like it's a very strategic clapback. Tony Khan does none of these things. He 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 approaches this like a little kid. But it's just weird. So anyway, Ariel Helwani responded on his show and i found his response just as funny as the initial tweet because it's like i felt better seeing his response because it reminded me of my of my of like my inner thoughts and i see this fucking tweet from tony khan and i swear to god i looked at it like three times and thought it was fake <laughs> i thought it was fake because you know anyone can have a a, a blue check right anyone can be verified. Like, there is yeah. no way this anyone guy doesn't follow me he's never tweeted me there is no way that he actually tweeted this number one <laughs> Proving that he was watching. Hey, this is bizarre. Why would you do that? Why would you put the competition over and show that you're watching some random SmackDown and a random moment in the uh, in the telecast? Number two, putting down his own guy in the process. Your guy, GC, the great Tony Schiavone, Atlanta sports legend, calling me a fraud and then saying oh that I God. am as much of a journalist as Tony Schiavone. Now, I'm trying to think, like, what what is the point that he is trying to prove here? He is trying to say that Shivani isn't a journalist, which by the way, correct me if I'm wrong, GC, as an Atlanta guy, doesn't he kind of have a little bit of respect as like a media dude? Like I I never knew Tony Shivani <laughs> as the wrestling guy. That was later told to me. He used to come on the radio in Atlanta and I was just like Tony Shivani. And then when I was like sixteen or seventeen, that's when I found out it's like, oh yeah, he's massive in the world of pro wrestling. But he has respect, yeah. right? People love him, admire him, right? He's not known as like yeah. a doofus. I mean he was he, no, definitely not a doofus. I mean, he was always mixed into like Atlanta news radio throughout radio. So this guy's calling me a fraud, and then he's saying Tony Schiavone is as much of a journalist as me. I guess trying to so imply I've, that like he's not a real journalist and I'm not a real journalist. I've had Why time to think your about own this. guy in the process. Please go ahead. I've had time to think about this. What he's saying is Tony appears on our television show. 
and he is presented as this interviewer. You are now equivalent. You are you are appearing on their television show and you are doing this. But the implication is that neither of you is is journalistically sound. Now he again he's, he's why why take a shot at your own guy? I don't. It's like Tony Khan doesn't know how to insult properly. He, let me fix that insult for him. Okay, this is how you would do it. Why? Let me look back at this tweet again. <laughs> okay. You're a fraud, Ariel Hawani. You're as legitimate of a reporter as Michael Cole. Boom. Now you just look petty. Whereas in, in, with the original of, tweet, you just look of, dumb. Yeah, instead of now you look just petty. Before you were dumb and petty. Now you just look petty. You insulted the whole product. You insulted the whole scene. But the fact that he took a jab at his own guy. And I love how this poor guy tends to try to tends to try to add logic to Tony's bullshit. Like, no, I, I would have just accept that he's fucking stupid. <laughs> like, what? I've been watching Ariel Kawani do this longer than I knew Tony Khan existed. Like, what? Dana made Ariel cry before anybody knew who Tony Khan was. Like, what? Yeah, and and, and Dustin, you're you're an old school. MMA guy, you know, back in the day, before you know Fox and ESPN and all of this, MMA had like like really a handful of news media sources. There was Ariel yeah. Hawani, and there was the, the website SureDog.com. That was literally that was a, that was literally it. Like, depending on your reach, sometimes Ariel was all we had. <laughs> Just doesn't make sense. You could have said that, that is, in a million different ways. That's right? the comparison. Is like on our show. You're as you're you're equivalent to this level of of interviewing that's happening on our show as well. Is my read on it after sure. thinking about it. I mean, the the real thing you should have done was not say anything because number one, why are you putting over you know the 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 competition's broadcast? Your show is coming up. Nice little cheeky hashtag there um, on the tweet <laughs> as well. But like this shit, I mean, you talk about an own goal. Um, and, and, and I know Fulham's having a bit of a better season. His show wasn't even coming up. Yeah, like they said, he was so cooked off, he forgot it was on before. But, I mean, this was, you know, one of the all-time great own goals. And I just couldn't believe it. I really had to check multiple times. Was this really him? Now, to take a step back, <laughs> to take a step back he is still upset, clearly, over the fact that he gave me one of the all-time worst interviews and ignoring the fact that I have continuously praised the product ever since they launched around three years ago. It was just a bad interview, objectively a bad interview. Now, what's amazing about that interview is, you know, everyone loves to talk about, oh, he couldn't talk about this, he couldn't talk about that, legal this, legal that. First of all, like, where's the fucking legal, right? Where, where's, yeah, where's the proof? We've been waiting for a while yeah, on that. Where's the proof? What legal? What legal are you guys talking about? You're going to compare this to this and that. Like, where's the lead? What, what is this investigation that you guys keep talking about? But I just want to let you all know very clearly that I had asked Tony multiple times to come on the show. I stopped asking because I was told that, you know, he wasn't sure. I'm Nick Khan's guy. I work for BT, which is ridiculous. That's just a broadcast partner. That would be like saying to someone like Mark Ramundi that he shouldn't interview Bellator guys because he worked for ESPN and UFC is on ESPN. Stupid. Anyway, I just stopped asking. They reached out to me several months later and said, do you want to have Tony on? I was like, really? Cool. 
never said, don't ask about this, don't ask about that. You don't think I was going to ask about these things? Anyone worth their salt is going to ask about these things. There was a million different ways that you could have answered those questions. But just to let you all know, at the time, I had no relationship with anyone, like in terms of business, anything like that. This was back in early October. So to now pin those questions on me appearing on SmackDown and all that stuff is a bullshit move because one has nothing to do with the other. He's just mad that he came off looking like a guy who didn't know how to handle these situations and only is comfortable promoting and talking on and on and on about a product but that's not really what the public wants to hear and now he's trying to say aha look this is why he asked me these questions when it's all just silly bullshit man it's all just silly bullshit and why do you care why do you really really care like all right I said it was a bad interview. I've praised your product. Why Why are you so quick to run to your phone and tweet this in my moment? And so that's when I realized, I was like, old Ariel would have let this tweet and a guy like this bother him. I actually was like invigorated by it. I thought it was hilarious. And I was, I was like, I was, I, was, I was debating like, do I tweet something back now? Do I wait? Let me just chew on this. Let me get the second hit out of the way and then I'll deal with this. But the amazing thing was, is how the whole thing spread backstage. Everyone was, you see the tweet, you see the tweet, you see the tweet. And like, I'm just a new, I've just been here for four hours. Like, I don't even know yeah. a lot of these people. This is amazing. How could he have done, was that really him? What a, you know, blah, 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 blah. I was like, yeah, I guess it was really him. He doesn't follow me, but I guess it was really him. And I still feel kind of bad for Tony Schiavone that he was insulted in the process. Wait, let me. Bizarre. So then I go me, out, I do the second here. one. Yes, go ahead. Would, wouldn't you say like the questions you were asking him in that in that ill-fated interview wouldn't that be the what journalism is wouldn't that be like the the actual proof in the pudding of like what journalism is supposed he, to be this fucking guy and then the other journalism is he has no <laughs> he, idea he wants pr <laughs> he wants he yeah. he wants he, he's no different than dana you know uh, what, <laughs> what i thought about is <laughs> not going to shag you mate because i know he's just trying to you know, very <laughs> favor with his uh, with his idol Dana. Yo, Arrow's such a shit you know, talker now. I wasn't prepared for that. But I thought it might have been too much of a deep cut for the wrestling audience. He's been like that for the last couple of years. Like he's just trying to do that thing, and uh, you know, it hasn't worked, Dana, and it ain't. But gonna by the work way, that's Tony what he Khan, should. I can assure he you should that. want that. What the, was it? To, to the point, like he's a promoter. Like that's what he should like. He shouldn't be. Quest said, "Put the should. gun down." <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Yo, this whole thing. <laughs> I love that they both oh. they they both took inverted shots at people, even though Ariel was with more malicious and deliberate. Just I don't know, he's no different than Dana. <laughs> this arch Listen, enemy. you know the bad part about it is at least with Ariel, you can see like the train of thought where Tony just put on Tony just oh hit the beggars and shit came out like Snowman Drags again. <laughs> So apparently, and you just stop going to the Alps, Tony. Please stop. Just so apparently, after this, Coach got involved. Remember Coach? Jonathan Coach. Jonathan Coach. Coachman, who is now a legitimate sports analyst for ESPN. Yeah, fucking. Or does Tony not believe that either? <laughs> he said, "It's really cool to see an event that Ariel can actually get in the building for. I would be excited also." <laughs> he said, "If you didn't know, oh, now God. you know." And then he put. Ariel was not allowed in the building for UFC events, and ESPN clearly didn't know when they hired him, which is why he was only why why he only lasted one contract. Also, the mockery he makes of pro wrestling, like he could ever do it, not only upsets me but a lot of people actually in the business. 
So yeah, this is this is turning into a freaking battle royal here. I mean, a lot of people uh, have issues with with Ariel Hawani, and some of it's not his fault. I, I think some of it uh, is actually on the other pre- uh, person. But Ariel goes out of his way to do shitty things every once in a while, and I just have a hard time taking a side on a lot of things because sometimes he is very antagonistic, and he, he's doing it. He's, he, to be fair, he's doing it for his job, right? To get, get clicks, get views, get people to come in and, and watch his episodes and read his articles and all of that stuff. So, I, like, from a business standpoint, I get it. But at the same time, it, it's just like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not a big fan sometimes, you know? Especially the last, I would say, three years of his work, I just uh, I, I stopped following him. And well, this, this was uh, interesting. It's kind of funny how... It takes WWE very little to just rattle a whole bunch of different cages. Like, all they did was show George St. Pierre and Ariel Hawani, and everybody's just angry now across different platforms. You know, they didn't really... It, I think that's power. The fact that they don't have to take digs, you know, they don't have to go out of their way or name drop or do anything. The fact that sometimes they could just piss people off just for doing business, I think, is their greatest power. I mean, the Michael Cole thing was a dig. Well, Michael that came afterwards, had, though. Like, like, but that, Michael that had a out. shovel. That, that was a verbal shovel. Yeah, but that came afterwards. But I mean, the, the original thing, they just didn't like Ariel Hawani that he was there with the first time they showed him. That's true. That's true. That's true. You know? Yeah. So all, they, like, all, all Cole did was issue a receipt. <laughs> yeah. He kind of put himself in that situation. But it's just funny to think that that's all it takes for WWE to do is to flex a little bit of their corporate power, sign a couple contracts, have a few people show up, and everybody just hates on them. Because it's like it's almost like Tony is very... He takes his business very personal. And on the other hand, WWE makes their... Makes... Makes... Does like the opposite in a way. You know what I mean? Everything's personally business. Yeah, WWE is a cold-hearted machine. They are the New York Yankees. They do not care. They you do to, not care. You go over to AEW. We, we played Conan's audio on here where Conan talked about how it's like a big family there. Everyone's sitting around a circle while Jericho was telling old fucking wrestling stories and kumbaya this and that. It sounded like a wrestling utopia when you really look at that situation. So we understand how their backstage is. But the point being, no matter what, how big of a piece of shit you are, I'm not calling anyone specifically a piece of shit, just for disclosure here. But no matter how big of a piece of shit you are, if you were to go to, like, Smurf Village and they just took you by the hand and carried you across and started singing tunes and feeding you fucking things and singing you songs, you'd probably be in the moment. The point of this is that when the way AEW's locker room is and the way their office is, the opening arms that they have, the welcoming hands that they have and everything... Tony Khan gets very friendly with a lot of people. He's hugging people. He's high-fiving people and sort of hanging out with them. And, I mean, let's be real. Anyone would do that. Like, if you, if, if any of us had access to AEW right now when we got there, Tony Khan hugged us. I mean, fuck, I'd have to hug him back. What am I going to do? It would be, it's, it's like you're just kind of stuck, right? And, like, if he starts taking me, puts his arm around me and takes me and starts showing me AEW. And, like, we start eating and drinking and shit together. You know, it's almost like you're in a fucking, in a Max, you're in a Max Payne video game. Or in, like, Far Cry. Where are you going with this? Like, if he hugs me, I gotta... I gotta hug him back and I have a choice. And if he takes my arm and takes me somewhere secluded, maybe an office by himself, and he starts filling me up. Like, what in the road of Harvey Weinstein are you going to? <laughs> How far are you willing to go just because some rich guy hugged you? Let me get to my point, you bastard. <laughs> but the point is that I, I think what happens is that 
somebody like Eric Hawan, just take him as a theoretical example. You go there, you're kumbayaing with everybody, you're hanging out, and you know, they, I guess they feel like they developed this real bond with you. It's almost like remember in, in, in Half Bakes or Smokes a Lot, where he sat down with Dave Chappelle right. and he yeah, started yeah. just he kept talking to him, he told him his whole fucking life story, and he was crying, and, sh- and the guy just wanted to sell weed and leave. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it's just one of those things where it's like he's building rapport with these people to the point where I think he sort of fools himself into thinking they won't take WWE's money. You know what I mean? Like, if WWE just gives you a check to make an appearance, it doesn't fucking matter that you hug these guys and hung out and you drank margaritas with them. Like, they're definitely gonna take the money. And the difference is that Vince knows right. that, Triple H knows that, WWE knows that. This is business for them. They don't give a fuck when you have your guys show up over there or Ric Flair or whoever you decide to get or when you have Arn Anderson there. It's just business. They understand how business works and that they're doing it for a paycheck. But it's like, sometimes it feels like Tony takes that shit really personally. You know what I mean? Where it's kind of well, like he's, and, he's and the I rookie th- in this, though. You're right. I, but I think it's because of the way he approaches it. He brings these people into this fucking utopia where everybody's hanging out and they're buddy buddy, and uh, the, it feels very welcoming. And again, going back to the Smurf Village metaphor, not my best me- metaphor, but if you're hanging out with a bunch of friendly people and you you know you're, you're probably going to be friendly, you know what I mean? Even if you're you're a known dick. Yeah, but 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 think about the history that you know Vince McMahon and Vince Senior had. When they ran the WWF, WWF, WWE, it was very cutthroat because you had a lot of contractors, especially back in the territory uh, territory days where it stemmed from, where you have a bunch of guys that would sign short term, and you know you would have to kind of like carny them to to keep them along, keep them from jumping ship or screwing you over or whatever. It was a very cutthroat business, and WWE and their guys were just used to dealing with that. Like that, as much as they're you know PG and and this and that. At and all family friendly and you know all whatever lovey dovey corporate there is an underbelly there that stems from the territory days where they know how to deal with contractors it's very cold very calculated very businesslike you know they, they sent cm punk's uh firing papers on his wedding day you know what i mean they they do not care because they're, they're just used to that and it's shocking to me that tony khan isn't because he has people that grew up from that environment, whether it's Dean Malenko, whether it's Arn Anderson, whether it's Jerry Lynn, whether there's all these guys that, that grew up in that corporate shell environment from WWE that should be talking to him. Like, hey, man, there's certain things you should watch out for, certain things you should do, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if he's not listening to them or if they're not just going to him and telling him these things. But yeah, like the way WWF uh, does business uh, is significantly more cutthroat than Tony Khan, despite the fact that there's a lot of guys in AEW that should share those you know th- th- those things with with tony like chris jericho's there for god's sakes and he's like one of the team captains there you know what i mean like there's no way jericho wouldn't give tony a heads up on this stuff yeah and maybe he's just somebody who you can't talk to or maybe he doesn't maybe he doesn't really seek anybody's counsel i don't understand how a lot of this stuff is even possible to happen you know think of all the crazy shit mcmahon's had to deal with from the ultimate warrior to jeff jarrett to just all these guys to, you know jake roberts the the story of how um was it WrestleMania, I think, 9 or, or 12, where he was facing The Undertaker, and Roberts had a, a deal to go to WCW because they offered him a whole bunch of money, and Roberts is like, hey, I, I, I'm not going out there until you get, guarantee my release after the match. Like, you want to dip after WrestleMania to jump to WCW, and you have to deal with stuff like that. And those aren't random guys. Those are big draws. That was still Jake the Snake, you know, early 90s. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, the Ultimate Warrior multiple times. He fired the, the, the Ultimate Warrior one time for for no showing after a pay per view and asking for more money uh, to get paid equal amounts of money as, as Hogan. I think that was SummerSlam. 
so you know they're used to dealing with that because they they've dealt with it for for generations from from Vince's but, father to Vince himself. But Tony's dealing with it for the first time. What's weird with Tony Khan in this situation though is that it's not like him and Ariel ended on a good note though because like he said it was the worst interview he's ever done. That's been in the air for months. It's not like it's any secret to him. And then out of nowhere, he sees the guy in SmackDown. He's like, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, wait a minute, bro. What, what you ever happened? See, like, you ever seen the interview that uh, that Ariel did with uh, Jason Mayhem Miller? No, I oh, didn't. God, no. To, 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 to be fair, that would be the worst interview he's ever done because that was, like, like it's so uncomfortable. I, I, I don't even know where to begin to describe it. If you haven't seen it, uh, I, I'd recommend checking it out. It is very uncomfortable, very bizarre I don't know what's a work, what's a shoot type of interview from Mayhem. And you can see the look of concern, curiosity, fear, and, and empathy from, from Ariel Holwan. It was very, very weird. But then again, also, Ariel's probably decanonized that interview from his memory, too. So he's probably going on what he can actually remember. Integrity. Like, that's not what this he probably put Mayhem in a box and locked him away. Like, nope, not doing this again. <laughs> that like to your point like you've been there uh, man did it to himself all the people in the locker room are talking about it tony khan is taking this shot at you like it's almost, like you're not even like part of this world you're not like you're dropped into it and it's like he's solely focused on you he could have been watching that show Insanity. said nothing said anything about the wrestling those guys suck these guys suck that he it's you specifically who are not related <laughs> to this at, at in any way um except for this one night it's for crazy to tweet that. For him to tweet that. How mad did he have to get? Like in his yeah, own probably home pretty mad. Tweet that. The funniest, the, the best part that you touched on is the hashtag AEW Rampage. <laughs> like no one's watching that. Dude. Yeah. Stop. I wasn't sure if maybe he couldn't hear what I was saying. Maybe his connection was bad on his TV because it was snowing in Montreal. I don't know if it was snowing in Jacksonville. So I don't know if the connection was bad and he was like yeah. unclear about Snowstorm. what he was seeing. Yeah. I don't know. So that's why, you know, I was, yes, I wasn't sure, you know, you know, I wasn't sure like if his like, direct yeah. TV was off or something like that. Um, it does happen. It does happen. So then I get to the second hit. I'm among my people. I compare it to 1993, the banner, Canadians, you know, the sports guy, all this stuff. And it's freaking great. And now the thing is building and it's building and it's building. And I then leave and I'm feeling pretty good. All right. Everyone's like, all right, we'll see you back tomorrow. I was like, okay, I guess I'll be back tomorrow. I don't, you know, this is amazing. It's uh, like summer camp. This I'm in, I'm in, I'm allowed somewhere. <laughs> this is cool. Tomorrow too. I can show up. Holy shit. And, and, and again, like, I can't stress Mom and Dad pick you up. Old Ariel would have let this bother him. Old Ariel would have been down over this. Old Ariel would have been like this the being replies. the Tony thing. But not yeah. heal our, our, Ariel. I was not going to let this fucking guy, this guy who has built an amazing thing, all credit to him. This kid who, you know, if it wasn't for his old kid, man, be, let me tell you something. My dad gave me a lot, but as far as like MMA journalism and everything that I've built, that was all on me. That was all on me. All right. Um, I'm very proud of what I built. I was going to let this guy fucking soil my name, drag it through the mud, ruin my night. Montreal, a dream, a bucket list thing. And I know he's trying to get himself over on me because Lord knows he needs it. I wasn't going to let oh, that happen. Oh, ah, wow. And I can tell you a lot of other stuff about that interview that we didn't show um, about how weird and bizarre that whole thing was. But I'm not going to do that, right? So then I'm in the car and I'm uh, thinking like, do I, I actually thought I wasn't going to reply, to be honest. But then I was like, fuck it. 
Gilwani, 10-7, all day, every day. So I just throw back that thing <laughs> about, you know, what, what pushed you over? The, at what was the moment? I don't know. That is amazing. I was, I was, honestly, I was in the car going back home. It was <laughs> night. I was feeling good. And I was like, I'm not just going to let this slide. You know what I mean? No, you're not just going <laughs> to call me a fraud and get away with it. Uh, and, and honestly, I felt bad for Tony. I felt like I needed, you know, Shivani. I felt like I needed to uh, Shivani, yeah. to stick up for my guy. I mean, come on. What a legend. Um and, and honestly, I feel like me and Tony Schiavone doing broadcasting together, I mean, I feel like that would put butts in seats. I feel like people would be into that. So, oh. That's a deep cut, by the way. From, uh, the he keeps oh, going. Wow. Tony and, and so I, I was feeling good. And then I tweeted. I can explain. That's a deep cut, by the way, guys. Just to... And then the best part is all the freakazoids now come to, you know, Tony's defense and start to tell me about my career, about my life, about journalism, about this and that. Let me explain to you because poor Dave Meltzer, I see continuing to get um, compared to me. I am not Dave Meltzer. I have never claimed to be Dave Meltzer. I don't cover pro wrestling for a living. I don't have a wrestling show. I don't have a wrestling site. I don't have a wrestling newsletter. Why do you guys keep comparing me to this guy? Because I may be that guy in MMA. I've never been that guy in this sport. I interview, by the way, just let me, tell you guys this when i signed with bt sport the sole thing that i was hired to do mainly was ufc go back to the announcement it was ufc the problem was someone at the ufc you know who wasn't happy about it threw a fit went crazy did all this stuff and they were like all right well we guess i guess we can use them in wwe that was never the plan so and 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 it's been great and i loved it it kind of opened this you know thing in my brain like oh i could do more of this point is I've never considered myself a wrestling journalist. So I don't know why all of you are all up in arms. I'm having fun. I'm living my life. I feel sorry if you can't have this kind of fun. It was great. So I come back on Saturday and I, I'm still like, I don't know, am I doing this? Am I doing that? I find out GSP is gonna be there. I know GSP, that's my guy. Text him, hey, do you wanna do a quick chat about this night, all this stuff? Yeah, for sure, bro. He's back there. Sami Zayn is back there. And it's like, it's what am I doing here? One of these things is not like the other. How did I end up here? I'm just the kid who was sitting in the 400s. I was the kid who was watching GSP against Matt Sarah on his couch. Now I'm in the room with him and Sami Zayn. Like, this is insane. Old me wouldn't embrace this. Old me would worry about what other people think. This, I'm fucking living my life and having a blast and not breaking any fucking rule that you guys want to impose on me. Fuck off. Then they say, you're going to sit out in the crowd and we're going to do like the celebrity shot with you and GSP. I'm like, why am I in the shot? I don't deserve to be here. It's fucking GSP. No, no, no. You go out there with him. And so like we do that thing. And it's like, look who's here in the crowd. Now, I'm not listening to the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Take a step back. That was my favorite part. That was back. my favorite Michael part. Michael Cole, freaking legend that he is, sees me before the show and says, just wait until you hear how I introduce you. I think he's going to say <laughs> combat sports reporter, this, that, or the other, whatever. I was like, cool. Thanks, man. Thanks for putting me on. Do the hit. I'm trying to put over GSP. Crowd's going nuts. Fucking GSP is like asking me questions. I'm like, what am I doing here? This all feels like an out-of-body experience. Go to the back, and then my phone explodes because of what Michael Cole said. Michael Cole references says something to the effect of oh and there's the unbiased journalist ariel hawani who's world renowned hit you, world renowned hit you with the hard questions whether you want to answer them and i was like <laughs> what is going on this is like <laughs> oh man jesus christ
That is so awesome. What a fucking you know, good story, for him. right? Good for him. It, it seems like he's in good spirits. Good for that guy. Yeah. Living the dream, like shit. Yeah, it's only kind of hey, ain't it. nobody got time for these little Cheeto dust marks to try to ruin your day with the little knowledge they have. Like, no. Yeah. And it is true. Like, he, he wasn't trying to be a wrestling... Like, he, he, he wasn't trying to actively, you know, get in WWE for the, the clout or the, the recognition. Like, he was supposed to just be a UFC guy for, for, for interviews and for, for analysts and for commentary and all that stuff. But, you know, Dana didn't want it. So, they, they, you know, they, instead of firing him, BT Sports shifted him, which I thought was pretty admirable. Yep. See, when you actually pay attention to details like that, the little jokes don't seem as funny, do they, Marks? Uh, uh. <laughs> oh, and they're comparing him to, 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 to Meltzer is kind of a weird uh, too because um, he, he does more than like he's not like a clickbait guy most of the time. And he's not uh, at least not for anything. a majority of his career. He's not reporting anything so much as doing a lot of interviewing. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Like he'll do the odd news, like breaking story, whatever. Uh, but that's not his thing. Whereas Meltzer does like a lot of these, you know, backstage. I have, you know, sources, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he does m- mostly interviews. He does a podcast where, where he talks about um, stuff or he interviews fighters and stuff like that. So he like, it, it's weird that you would kind of label him as that. But, but I guess for, for wrestling, that that's kind of the equivalent. Like, I, don't, I don't know who else you would equivalent him to. Hmm. Doesn't make sense. There isn't really a wrestling equivocal. <laughs> no, like, it's two completely different things when you look at like what they do and how they do things. Yeah, well, world renowned. Yeah, thank you, Tony Khan, for that. His uh, his tweet was more entertaining than anything that he put on his weekly product this week. Not like that was a high bar, so I mean. Yeah. All right, going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll review stuff and talk about stuff and do stuff and all that jazz. Get my... Yeah! (laughs) Yeah, Where is that guy? He's here this week. I'll have to see if he's in any of our stuff. But yeah, anyway, we (laughs) we will see you in a minute. Hey, guys.
Okay. We have returned. Oh, God. <laughs> Finally recovered from laughing at Tony Giovanni. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> that was so that weird, man. man. So weird. You better get a fucking appreciation after that shit, Tony. All right. Uh, I mean, if we did this much talking about Tony Khan, it would it would be right to not cover Dynamite next, right? Yeah. Before he has one of his non-coherent tweets at us, and then we got to clap back on his ass, too. Yeah, so let's talk about what happened on Dynamite, which came to us from Phoenix, Arizona's Footprint Center. This is where... Matt Morgan gets all his shoes. First match of the night is the AEW All-Atlantic title match. Orange Cassidy defending his title against Wheeler Utah. Wheeler Utah looking to become a double champion in uh, AEW. Mm-hmm. is. Claudio coming out and slapping him for motivation, which I think is stop being a little bitch. I think it's weird at this point, right? Right. <laughs> Why do they still call themselves the Blackpool Combat Club? The one Even, guy from Blackpool is no longer there. I always think about that. I always think they, about they should, that. They, 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 they gotta change their name. Like, like, like the one guy from Blackpool is like not in the club anymore. Like, why are you still holding his name? Because yeah. Tony Khan runs his company. That's going to be my logic for dumb shit that happens to you now. What do you think of this, this match and these guys overall? This title defense. Oh, this was fun. This was enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, the match. It's weird because just the fact that Yuta's already pure champion, I knew he wasn't going to win. Yeah. So yeah, I guess the, that took a tad bit of it out for me. Yeah, the athleticism in AEW is never really the issue. I guess it's just the lack of... I never thought I would say it, but they have a real severe lack of storytelling. He spits gum right... I, lo I love that he just... spit gum right at... Do you see that? In his, on his forehead. Oh, he did? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe it stuck to his fucking uh, face, though, you know? Look. I would kick the dog, cat, and llama shit out of you after that thing. That sucks. Like, no spitting, guys. They hit like every dangerous move they can in one match. You notice that about this company? <laughs> Fuck it, right? Like that it's like whatever dangerous moves we got are the ones that we're gonna hit. You know, I, I never thought I'd say this out loud, but this company needs more non-wrestling segments to help tell stories. They try to pace themselves. Like right now, we're gonna right after this, it's gonna go into um. And Evil Uno non-wrestling. Like, they try to ping-pong it back and forth kind of like WWE does. It's just that they're not the best. It's not as smooth. They're not as smooth with it, and, and, and they, they need to do more. They need to do more. How have you been preparing for this match? 
I've heard you talk so many times, Hang, and you've requested so many times for us to not to get involved. Dark Order is not on your level. I have a request for you. No matter what happens in that match, from the bell to the bell, I do not want you to get involved. It's time for us to stand up for ourselves. So John Moxley, tonight, you get to find out exactly why my name is Evil Uno. So luck tonight, guys. Let's head back to ringside. Very intense words from Evil Uno. Yeah, Ricky Stark, get yes in the ring. I have dealt Ricky. with interference from JAS. Baseball match, people dressed up. You do not want to have a rematch against Wong. And I accept that. I'm going to be moving on from Chris Jericho. What I have right here is an open challenge for a match against me at Revolution. I welcome you to come out here and let's do the damn thing, you know? Ricky Starks, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to bait me into having another match with you. You're not over and done until I say so. I could beat you anytime, any place, because you are not at my level. So good luck with your little open challenge. I hope it goes well for you. Wait a minute here. Peter Avalon, pretty Peter Avalon. Oh! Hey, freaking Judas effects the poor guy. <laughs> so much for Peter Avalon. Chris Jericho so bad. Maybe I should take that little contract of yours, Starks, and embarrass your stupid ass. You definitely can go ahead and sign this, but I want to ask you this. As the Chris Jericho, I don't understand why you keep needing JAS. I just think that you have it in you to get the job done by yourself. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I genuinely believe that you can beat me. You're damn right I can beat you. I'm the great Chris Jericho. Jericho appreciates society, stays in the back at Revolution. I don't have a pen. Yo. Damn. Yo, they managed to get I a pen. I knew he was getting ready to do right when he said that. Leave it to Chris Jericho to be able to get a pop for a fucking pen. Watch this. Damn. I do. Losers always have a pen. <laughs> Only he could pull that off. <laughs> Contract Chris Jericho versus Absolute at Revolution. Nobody outsmarts the Ocho. Right. The Ocho. <laughs> I love that. You know what? You know what would have been hilarious if, as they were doing that promo in the ring. But if the camera doesn't even show it, but you'll just hear about it from people taking pictures of it, the, the guy got Judas effect, if he got stretchered out, neck brace and all, amazing. Like as you're doing this promo, the guy just gets stretched out and no one notices. It would have been hysterical. That's oh. it for you, Bill. Wrap it up, buddy. Freaking acclaim. So, yeah, the acclaim, Anthony Bowens and Max Caster being accompanied by Billy Gunn against the firm, Big Bill, formerly Big Cass, and Lee Moriarty being accompanied by Stokely Hathaway. 
I like this group with Stokely. But I will say that Stokely kind of makes the group. I can't stand that his name is Big Bill. I forget it is until somebody mentions them, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's... He was going by W. Morris Hennessy or some shit? W. Morris? <laughs> w. Morris? <laughs> You had like eight syllables on that. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. Double what? You what? Central? Like, what were you doing? He has some weird fucking. It might have been his actual name. I don't know what the fuck. W Morrison. <laughs> he had a weird name in the Indies, didn't he? It was just W Morrissey. That's what they called him when he came to Impact. W Morrissey. Well, now he's Big Bill. I want him to be W Morrissey. God damn it. <laughs> Oh, the acclaim. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Christian. Fucking Tony. Yeah, shitty Tony. They should announce him as non-journalist Tony Yo, I, lo I love this, this whole thing. Doesn't even get to, to the interview. There's Jungle Boy. It sure did. Look at that. Somebody's going for a concerto. <laughs> I like that chair shot. That was such a weird angle for a chair shot, right? <laughs> what I like about it is how he looks like he's done that so many times. Not only weird angle, but like 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 you don't have a lot of like wiggle room there, like for, for like you know to, to get the most out of that chair shot. It's a very very tight space that he was able to pull it off on. That's that's what I kind of like about it. It was like a it was a short range chair shot. Well, he's definitely one of the men in this world that knows his fucking chairs. Like I I, hope I, I never thought I'd see the day where I see a point blank chair shot. <laughs> He kind of took it uh, head first, right? Or, or like face first, did he? Mm -hmm. Like he didn't really lean into that. He, he can shamrocked it. He was just there. So next we got Heel Soraya being accompanied by Tony Storm against Sky Blue. This company's Cora Jade. Blue! She can land blue? Yeah, Sky Blue's good. I don't mind her. Yeah. And she doesn't have some douchey catchphrase because it's funny. I haven't seen too much of her, to be honest. They've been using her a lot more, like, recently. I mean, I didn't expect her to win this. So, I mean, she got more offense than you would expect if it's against Soraya. Girl's pretty decent, though. Yeah, she is. Tony with the distraction. And then she brings back the. What, I don't even know what they're gonna call that now. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. I mean, they can just call it anything at this point. They don't have yeah. to link it to Paige. It could just be anything. Yeah, they, they, I mean, I could, I could, I could see them doing what they're doing with her other moves, where they're uh, work, uh, working her last name into her in some way. So. You know, what I didn't think about till this rampage though that I kind of like with uh, Soraya is like when she had to retire back in WWE. She was a heel. 
I love how she gets over with a honeymoon phase of like, I'm back, right back to heal shit. Ryan Danielson. It seems like you people might want me to win the AEW Championship at Revolution. Well, trust me. Talk a little bit about what MJF said last week. He hates Brian Danielson. He put a bounty on my head, and he hates me. MJF hospitalized my mentor, William Regal. Thank God. Cut it. Brian, you may have all these schmucks twisted. And I know who I really am. Girl who changed my outlook on every single person on this planet. My dream girl, a girl I fell in love with. She convinced me, though then I became the man. And I told that girl I wanted to start a family with her. I wanted to have children with her. She left me. She left me, Brian. You know, that's real, right? Yeah, that was a shoot. Like his, that really did happen to him. They, they just got engaged, too. Yeah, not long ago. Have a family, during life, two happy, healthy children, and you take all of it for granted. You want to know why I hate you, Dragon? Because you have had more concussions and more head trauma. You're saying wrestling is more important than your family and your children. You are no different than your worthless drug-addicted mentor, William Regal, who I gladly sent home to the hospital. On March 5th at Revolution, you're going to get all the spotlight you could possibly ever need in an Iron Man match. I'm going to punish you for trying to take away the one thing. I'd like to take this chance to speak to your children watching at home. Hey, don't you dare bring my children into this or I'm going to kick the shit out of you. Hi, Birdie. <laughs> Hi, buddy. Birdie and buddy. Sure, Dada can never play with you again. Uncle Max is gonna take his fist and hit Dada in the head with it to give Dada a present on March 5th. You kiddies wanna know what that gift is? Early onset CT! He had to know he was playing with fire. Uh, yeah, he definitely knew things Not like a good old fashioned pull apart. Get off of me! I think of every time I see a fucking pull apart. Before Only Lorcan Lork- <laughs> officially retired, man. Yeah, man. I kind of wish this happened in the ramp middle of the, the promo where he's staring the, uh, the camera and he's talking to the kid. Because it's weird how Dan- Daniel got, like, really, don't bring my kids into this. And he proceeds to just listen to him for, like, two minutes talk about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's very weird. Like, if you were going to attack him, now, like, that would have been the time to just charge at him and, and attack him, you know? Yeah. I can also see it, though, because I mean... Kids into this. <laughs> but finish your promo. I saw her gazing at my Belva Rule in the ring the other day. Maybe she is worthy for a title shot now that I think. I respect that. This big, momentous return. Ruin it from the ground up. 
I think somebody else, Miss Ruby Soho. Ever since she's come back, she's been killing it. Busting her ass and showing everybody why she should be coming after this title belt as well. I'm racking my brains to think who deserves it more, one or the other. So why don't we have a little bit of fun at Revolution? Because Ruby, Soraya, I'm gonna beat both of you bitches. Neither one of you are gonna win this title off me. Wow, how about that? Yeah. So in other words, Ruby's taking the pin, cool. And then, and then I hate these kind of fucking things. Revolution Tag Team <laughs> Battle Royal. Oh my God, a fuster cluck, man. You know how I feel about this. Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett being accompanied by Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt against Arya Davari and Tony Nese being accompanied by Mark Sterling against Top Flight's Dante Martin and Darius Martin. I don't understand the, why you uh, need to have this. Why? Against this the isn't best friends, like a, a Andre the Taylor. Giant Battle Royal. Like, why do you need this? Against the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Tremberetta with Dan Housen. Against the Lucha Bros, Pento, Seto Miedo, and Ray Phoenix with Alex Abrahante against mm. Aussie Open. Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis against the Butcher and the Blade against the Dark Order's Alex Renzo and John Silver against the Jericho Appreciation Society's Angelo Parker and Matt Menard against La Faction on Garbinal Preston Vance and Roosh being accompanied by Jose D. Assistant. So they literally just emptied the whole fucking locker room with all the tag teams and then just said get in the ring and this have a battle royale. for all the tag teams. <laughs> Oh, God, boy. I hate this. What's funny? I would have really, the shit out of this right away. Most of them didn't really even last long enough to make a difference. Eventually, you do get some spots as a result, but I, I just don't understand. Like, why? Why does it need to happen though? Like, I understand this, this is WrestleMania time when it comes to the Andre the Giant, whatever, because they're trying to get everybody involved so they can get that payday. I understand that, but this is just a random episode on TV. What the fuck? Like you not know just, what I mean? Like 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 that. doesn't make any not, sense. I don't I don't know battle royal match. Uh, In general, I mean, nothing. nothing. I you're, I mean, nothing. You're, you're trying to make sense of AEW doing their like umpteenth battle royale. I just accept it happens and wait for the next thing to go on. <laughs> like it's just them trying to get everybody in this division on TV at the same time. They don't give a shit that it's like that it's like random dynamite or a random rampage or dark revolution or whatever the fuck that, that new show is coming out. They don't care. The one thing I do give credit for is I like the fact that every time uh Jay Lethal and, and uh Jeff Jarrett got eliminated that uh, the Satnam Singh guy would catch them and bring them back into the ring. Like this happened like three or four times already. Raider Valley, you can't leave make himself useful. He's an infinite Kofi spot. <laughs> I'm so angry that Jeff Jarrett's still good. So Tony was Have announcing this. That? Tony was announcing oh, this all week. He had a big update, big big announcement, <laughs> big update. We'll get back to that. But what were you gonna say? Ask you. I was gonna say, have you noticed that when Jeff Jarrett does the stroke, like half the people land on their knee and don't take it all the way down? Mm -hmm. Nobody ever eased the stroke like they used to with TNA. Like, have, have you have you noticed that? Like, like is it just me? I've noticed mm -hmm. that people have been cane bumping the stroke lately. Why the hell why. are they doing that? Like, it's, it's not exactly a hard move to take. It's, just, it's, like, are you, it's a fucking fun. What the? F are you, like, you're seeing that. He's not doing it to old people. He's doing it to young people. That's such a funny term. That's not like cane bumping. I'm telling you. It's a funny thing because everybody knows every time Kane took a pedigree, that motherfucker never ate it. He always landed a high ass yeah. on his knee. Yeah, so, so, Yo. so, 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 you've noticed that then, right? Like, like, like half the people, literally half, are not taking the stroke. 
Well, I mean, I haven't seen him hit a lot of people with it, thankfully. I don't want that much Jeff Jarrett in my diet right now. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not paying attention. But uh, Oh, yeah. People have been cane bubbling a stroke. I don't know why. Like, don't be a bitch. Take it. Yo, Kane takes the pedigree. Kane takes the pedigree the way, like, chick push-ups are done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he puts his knee, like, eight feet out in front of him. <laughs> I'm so mad because now I want... <laughs> I wish we had the time to just find a cane bump. <laughs> so there was a big buildup, but you know what? It's starting to happen, and I told you, everybody was always saying we're critical, but I said there's always a fucking big announcement. So people started saying that all weekend after the whole Ariel uh, Hawani thing. They started saying, oh, you know, big announcement, Tony Khan. What's it going to be this time? Instead of people being excited, they're starting to do the what's it going to be this time. So this is the announcement. I want you to hear the announcement. Then we will talk about it. That you have a huge announcement. What's going on? Well, there's a huge announcement, Renee. I thought this announcement would be best made by a major star in AEW. Man that, of course, needs no introduction, Adam Cole. Last week, I was really excited about the idea of getting to tell more of my story. Because in March, next month, it's going to be a weekly one-hour television series. Immediately after Dynamite. And that's going to be called AEW All Access. Featuring people like yours truly. Adam Cole, babe. Um, I do have some more good news. Okay. So that same night, AEW All Access, the night that show debuts live, I'm going to make my in-ring return to All Elite Wrestling. I've gone through challenge after challenge, just imagining. I am damn sure I'm going to be the best Adam Cole that I've ever been, and I hope that roster is more ready than ever. Uh, we, we have the series premiere of AEW All Access, and Adam Cole, babe, is back. The AEW. So, you didn't need to hype that up. I I get it. It's Adam <laughs> Cole, but like the it, it, like you can't you can't keep hyping up just uh God and damn the, it, Tony. And the other thing was AEW All Access, which is a show that comes on after Dynamite. Just in case you haven't had enough wrestling, it's a show that comes on after Dynamite. It, it reminds me the way he described it. It sounds like the show that TNA used to do after. I was gonna say. TNA did that shit, like backstage stuff and just weird. Yeah, there was like a backstage. Didn't Hogan thing. pitch that shit? Yeah. Yeah, th- th- this is terrible. Why are we stealing that idea? It, it didn't work for them. It's not going to work for you. There's a reason WWE doesn't do it. At, th- at least they had the good sense to, to pair that backstage concept with hot chicks, and they had a whole show with like the divas and whatnot. You know what, what, what I mean? Called? So, what, so, so I'm like, what are you doing here? What was it called? That like the one that came on after Impact Wrestling? It was like. The last it was like an extra half an hour, and it was it wasn't literally fight something. It wasn't explosion because was, uh, explosion was like their no, no 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 uh, explosion was like their superstars or like their rampage. <laughs> wasn't it fight something or something? I, I I can't recall. I know the show. Yeah, it was. I can't it, remember the name. It was fucking. It was horrible. It, it, like they, it's like nobody. Here's the thing: liked it. It, like they didn't intertwine it with the actual show on imp. If you remember, like in TNA. Half of that show was just random stuff and, and just like, you know, random promos or, or just random characters doing stuff that's kind of related to their character and current story, but not really. And they didn't even have the good sense to tie it into like what was happening with, with their main show product. It was almost completely separate, which made no fucking sense, like zero sense. So it was just a waste of everyone's time. There's no it'll way they're probably, gonna do better, and it'll probably still be more of them than whatever the fuck AEW wants to put on after Rampage because we need more AEW in our lives. And they already have a show like this. It's called Being the Elite. They they have that on YouTube for free. You know what I mean? Like 
There's like hundreds of episodes of that. You're, you're, you I don't have to sit through gonna 80 hours of AEW to get to that. <laughs> There's too many people with, with their own YouTube stuff and their own little backstage show. I think Sammy Guevara has one. Uh, like there, there's just too many people just doing stuff like that for for this show to have any sort of like why why are we investing time in this? What was the name of Cody Rhodes show? With Brandy, a shot a shot of Brandy. Or are you talking about not a shot of Brandy? No, the one that he had on the on the TNT network or whatever. Oh Rose God, to the, the Rhodes Rose to the top. Yeah, right, right. Well, this is apparently supposed to be a replacement of that. But with the whole AEW locker room, I guess it's going to be rows at the top. Minus people giving a shit. Can't do it. You can't. Like, like if if WWE could have done this with, with the E Network, they would have done it. But they didn't. They had the common sense to do a Kardashians like show to get the female audience to watch it. Who's who is our target audience for this, right? Because WWE with Total Divas aimed for the Kardashians. They wanted the female audience, and they got it. They actually that show got actually decent ratings, like almost Kardashian-level. Uh, it actually did really good. It, it was a home run for exactly what they wanted for that show because the, the, the target audience that they were aiming for, they, they shot. They, they actually got it, right? So who's all-access AEW for? It's not going to be for an all-girl audience. It's going to be for just a regular... Like, no casual is going to watch it. it You're it's not going to get some channel it's... surfing and going there and be like, ah... AEW, I'll watch this. I don't watch the show, but I'll watch this. No one's going to It's going to be for the same thing all AEW stuff is, for the mark that blindly defends the company. It just, it just, yeah, but, but there's only so much you can get from that. For, for, there's only so oh, much yeah. meat on that boat. We ain't thought that far. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like they're going to exhaust the product by, by, by airing this because like the, the people that are going to watch it are just the people that are already half to not watching AEW Rampage. Like, you know and what I mean? Like, it definitely, it definitely didn't need an announcement that was built up throughout the week to then have, and then to take poor Adam Cole, baby, and throw him under the bus where it's like Tony comes out to make the announcement and it's like, no, I'm not going to make it. He's going to make it. Like, cause yeah, not for nothing, lie, the only that, actual that really news there is that Adam Cole's getting back in the ring. Nothing out there was actual news. But Adam Cole getting yeah, back you, in you, the you ring. Completely, you completely broke the, the return of Adam Cole. You, 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 you soft-launched it, right? What, what's more of an impact? This segment with Adam Cole, where he, where he says, hey, we're launching a new show, and I, in the same night, am making the debut. Or a match happens, you know, whatever music cuts, it's Adam Cole, he runs to the ring, does an interference, crowd pops. That's that a typical comeback. Then for them to come right? out to promote their shitty after show, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because Adam Cole can just show off in the ring, do his little move, you know, cheer, the crowd goes nuts, and then the, the commentators will say, Adam Cole is back, and the commentators will sell it. Yeah. Right? That's what they're for. That, that's the whole point of having commentators. Right? So don't have your guy come back to the... This is terrible. This is absolutely terrible. Why would you do that? Why? Because it's the Adam marks will Cole. eat it up and blindly defend it. Because that's all... Nah, the, it's the not more happening about anymore. It, it's not happening like, anymore, though. The reason they, they, eight... They've the reason like AEW is never going to grow past it is because Tony Khan's only thinking of the people who will blindly defend this place through thick and thin, not the people like us who will actually criticize it when something doesn't make sense. Yeah, but the thicker as long as he had those, Tony didn't give a shit. But again, the thicker becoming the thin, like people are starting to get fed up with that. We have the series premiere of AEW All Access, and Adam Colbebe is back. Seriously, the, 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 the in-ring return, the, the in-ring wrestling return for a wrestler that was injured or gone for a period of time has is tried, tested, true, and still works to this day. Interfere a match, interfere a promo, interfere something live, and the commentator in the crowd's go nuts. It's always worked. 
Yeah, better than that. So main event is Evil Uno versus John Moxley. It's it's like every Moxley match. It's a bloody fucking mess. Evil Uno's bleeding through his mask. Moxley's bleeding on the floor. These guys are blading all over the place. I it's, don't. It's too much, man. I, Moxley's starting to get him out of this. It's like these are like it's a little bit too much. It's kind of taken away the weight of bleeding now, which should have been safer. Like you're bleeding with Evil Uno. I mean, to be fair, Evil Uno does most of the bleeding here, so it's like a brutality thing. But still, it's like all of his matches have to entail some some form of color, you know. But I don't think we. I don't understand need why he needs this. John Moxley can just wrestle a normal match that is quote unquote stiff, like you know the the the, the uh, you know, whatever Japanese style. But to bleed and and blade and just do all these things in so many matches, I'm just like, why, man? Like like to me, it, it, it's ruining the, the effect that it should have. It's having the opposite effect for me, to be honest. Because now it's like, th th does Moxley really need this to stand out and have a quote-unquote good match? Like, can he not wrestle a normal match without it? You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it to me, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I just don't... Uh, I don't think it's getting the, the effect that it should have. Yeah, so now we get barbed wire from Hangman. So now we get... In the post, now we also get Moxley bleeding all over the fucking place. So we get post match color. He had he wasn't gonna leave here without bleeding. Can you can you, can you go back to those punches? Can you go back to those punches? Sure. When when when, uh, when Mox is in the ground, I just want to see if I saw it correctly here. Look at the. Uh, he whiffed a few of them, yeah, and he's hitting yeah, the forearm, the elbow. Yeah. Oh god, dude, it, it, the guy's cut open. You have barbed wire. You 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 have no choice. You have to hit him hard. You have to stiff him a little bit. You got a road warrior, hawk and animal, Scott Steiner, Scott Hollum. You got to go stiff. You literally came in with goddamn barbed wire, and your objective is to make him bleed. You can't you can't Oops, then go sorry, soft on those punches. That it's terrible. <laughs> it was Absolutely a power terrible. You know what you did. AEW <laughs> Dynamite brought in 1.28 million viewers with a .35 in the 18 to 49 demographic. Don't ask me how the fuck they went over a million with this episode obviously people didn't read the card before they came here but i don't know what from the previous week brought them back over a million again because last week they were that big announcement yeah i guess that's what it was and all the heat he got with it was the big announcement. what's it gonna be i think it was more area hawaii but yeah last week he had eight hundred twenty-four thousand with a point twenty-seven in the 18 to 49 demographics so we're definitely up when we hit over that one million again aw definitely uh has their following, man, as far as that goes. And I'm not saying that we're not part yeah. of it, because there are good elements of it, but holy shit, sometimes the show doesn't justify being able to be over a thousand, or over a million, rather. Yeah. Um, the, the unfortunate reality that's something I started to realize, you remember when WWE was just hot garbage, and every week I was sitting here like, Rick, can we count them out yet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you remember those days. See, the thing, the difference between then and now is WWE fans wanted more from wwe the problem is aw marks don't expect any less than aw just being here like i i it's it's funny what looking on social media and you'll see something like a wwe clip or you'll even see like an aw clip and there's always that two or three people in the first comment you always see better than roman better than wwe like why because it those exists are, outside, like those are just NPCs, though. Like they're the people that that are just the, there as filler. Like, 
most it's of like, AEW's fans seem to just be NPCs because you know? they, they 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 praise it just because it's not WWE and look, or it's if not you're, Roman or it's not if, 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 if you're a AEW fan like a diehard whatever I'm not trying I'm, I'm not saying this to try to personally insult you or anything like that so don't take it that way okay but you have to open the part of your brain that allows critical thinking and just look at things from a rational standpoint dead serious, right? Because sometimes you get into an argument or a conversation with something that should make sense, and the other person just refuses to talk logically because they've they've just settled on ha ha ha, better than, or ah, yeah. this guy sucks. And there's no logic anymore because you, just, you can't get over that, the first fallacy of ha ha ha, you know what I mean? And I'm like, you can't reason with these people, but they do exist. They do exist in some numbers. And the problem is I don't think AEW can ever really get past that because they're, 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 the, the, the product that they're putting out, the matches that they're putting out, whether it's the blood and gut stuff or sometimes the overly long for no reason match, um, only really appeals to that audience. There are people that watch wrestling or that used to watch wrestling, especially back in the Ruthless Aggression era or the Attitude era, where they would just watch it for the entertainment value of the, the wrestling. But beyond the wrestling, I guarantee that there is a large majority of people that were watching that stuff just for the segments, for the characters. To see Stone Cold drive a beer truck, to, 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 to see The Rock, you know, cut a, cut a promo, to, to see Kurt Angle with the milk thing, and to see, you know, just like some weird backstage stuff. Like, like, I hate the fact that Vince Russo is kind of right about this, but it's true. There are a lot of people that watch wrestling not mainly for the wrestling, but for the other cool character stuff. The wrestling the, is just there for the storyline to, uh, to, to, to to supplement it. Yeah, they watch it for the storylines. Yeah, of course, exactly. I mean, the, the storylines are a gateway into the wrestling. That's the, that's the only way it works. Nobody's going to start watching wrestling for the wrestling that that just casually is introduced to it. It's the gateway that's, that's into, the the, into the storyline. It, it's it's no the gateway than, uh, it's the into it, right? So if you go back to the Attitude Era. If you're just starting to watch wrestling from then, so I came on during the '80s. That was that was my kind of uh, intro to wrestling. Uh, but if if you were just starting to watch wrestling from the Attitude Era, you probably heard of. Let's say if, if you're a kid from your friends at school, hey man, did you hear, see what this guy named uh, you know DX did or the Stone Cold or the Rock or the, the you know, Undertaker? And you're like, what is that? I don't know what that is. Yeah, check it out. It's in this channel. They're doing all the and they're they're reciting the cool things they did. You know, you know what they're not reciting? Oh man, he, he did this amazing Topa Suicido, and then he followed it by this awesome freaking Hurricane Rana. To the like, they they don't do that. They don't yeah. actually put over the match. They put over all the stuff they do before and after the match. The match is cool because it like shows you. Oh yeah, there, there's the contact and the whatever. But that's not the payoff for a lot of people. A lot of people just love the segments. Yeah, in it's AEW, different. it's it's very different man, in American they got, they got wrestling. Up on that, man. Yeah, it's very different in American wrestling from Japan. Like in Japan, even the the, the casuals, it is about the wrestling and the moveset and stuff. 100%, like when, like 100%. when we cover New Japan Pro Wrestling here, there's very little storyline when you really think about it. A lot of it is the yeah, technique. It's usually just match to match. Yeah, so it's different depending yeah, on, it's, on it's the. It's like a goddamn from software game that's a little storyline they have. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's on their action. The storyline sprinkled the in. <laughs> they sprinkle story in New Japan. Yeah. And with that, I'm going to segue straight into the latest Raw 1552. I can't believe we watched five 1,552 episodes of this shit. God, I feel old. We're still in Canada because we're in Ottawa, Ontario. We're in the Canadian Tire Center. They have a center for everything out here, right? This is for people who got tired of AEW. Aw, right? That was terrible. And here come the tweets. No, fuck <laughs> I couldn't help myself there. Mommy went a long way for a joke, don't you think? 
Yo, Sammy's face and that drop go together perfectly. Because <laughs> he looks so disappointed in you. I'm feeling a lot of feelings here, guys. You guys have no idea what that means to me. Thank you. Everybody told me, finish the story, finish the story. The story is never over. We are entering the final chapter. And Sami Zayn, whose careers have paralleled one another. Best friends reunite. Let's see, uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, best friends, better enemies. I want to say thank you. Let's be honest. Best friend enemies. A little messy, right? That Roman Reigns and the bloodline come crumbling down. You couldn't do it alone. And that is if we do it together. I did it for my family. I've been fighting the bloodline on my own. And that's the way I'm going to keep fighting them. If you need help taking down the bloodline, just ask your buddy Jay. Yikes. That is the perfect response for Kevin Owens to say, by the way. That's fantastic. I love how they treat it where it's like, I didn't forget what you did. Like, I'm not just going to let that slide like it didn't happen. Ah, oh, look, Barrett Corbin has to be a piece of shit. Let's go back. I love the way he comes running from the back at top speed like that. <laughs> yeah, I like business being that fast when you that damn big. Adam Pierce gives them a match right there and there. So we're doing a lot of on-the-fly matches, similar to Cody Rhodes last week. Get a ref out there. All I'm saying is congratulations to Corbin. By this point, he'd already lasted longer than the match with Cody. So ref botch right here is ringing the bell, and they're not both in the ring. Can't do that, man. <laughs> get the rules right, sir. <laughs> yeah, get the rules right in this. But anyway, singles match: Sami Zayn versus Baron Corbin. Great match. Unfortunately, Baron Corbin's going further and further down the. Uh, down the roster here while Sami Zayn is rising. You know, he's still able to give him a good match, though, you know? Yeah, definitely. This was great. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad we're getting a lot more Sami Zayn than we were before, you know? That'll never be bad for the oh, company. He, the guy more than earned it. Corbin's freaking forearms are still ridiculous. Deep six. Still love that move. I like Corbin, man, regardless of what the, how they're treating him. I like Corbin. Yeah, Corbin's always been fantastic. And Sami Zayn goes over. I love the way he caught him with that Huluva kick, though. He caught him as he was running back. Yeah. You know, in a lot of ways, Corbin is like the ultimate like company guy for this company. Like yeah. He just does whatever they ask him to do. No matter yeah, how ridiculous the best of his ability. He just, he just does it to the best of his possible abilities, you know? Like, you could give him dog shit. He's going to give you the greatest dog shit you've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, you can't... Even if you're one of those guys like, ah, Corbin sucks, I don't like this guy. Give me give me AJ Styles or Seth Rollins or, you know, whatever. Corbin, boo! Even if you're that guy, you can't not tell me that, 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 that when it was... Uh, was it Sad Corbin? When, when he was that guy, yeah, that, that wasn't fun. Like, yeah, dude, yeah. Like, like happy Corbin, sad Corbin. Like, dude, all of that was funny stuff. It was yeah, just I good, like good material. I like Baron Corbin. You know? 
not everybody needs to be, you know, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, AJ Styles, Finn Balor. There needs to be just some wrestlers that can wrestle, but also tell a good, you know, be a good character, an over-the-top character. Because like, not everybody can just be Adam Cole. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? There needs mm-hmm. to be Baron Corbin's. There just has to be. We went toe-to-toe. Beth admitted that I am the real deal. Right now, I'm not thinking about Elimination Chamber. I'm fully focused on WrestleMania. Bobby said he doesn't want to talk about Edge and Beth Phoenix anymore. Keep asking stupid questions, and you're going to find out what I did to people who talked too much when I was locked up. Let's talk about your WrestleMania opponent, Charlotte Flair. Look, Charlotte can keep living in 2020. It's because she refuses to believe what everyone else can see. I am the best bloody woman here in the WWE. So if Charlotte Flair wants to put me in my place at WrestleMania, because my place is standing on top of her crumbled queendom. What can we expect this Friday? You'll have to watch and find out, Byron. I think my dad has a match up Friday. Why don't I tag along with you and uh, wish him good luck? (laughs) We're done here. The Queen, Charlotte Flair defends against the Eradicator, Rhea. That's gonna be fun. United States Champion, Austin Theory. He gets so much heat. How are you feeling heading into tonight's Just for existing. against Edge? Stepped inside the Elimination Chamber with five of the best in the WWE. Everything that I say, it's not making sense to me. It says that John Cena is coming back in two weeks to Monday Night Raw. Who cares? Where's my respect? It's already been accepted by the rated R superstar Edge. Because I get to beat Hall of Famer in his home country, crappy Canada. And my legacy will stand over everyone. I will never lose. How's that for a headline? Ready for Edge tonight. Singles match. Dolph Ziggler against Mustafa Ali. Hey, listen, we know Ali's got the tools. Oh, beautiful again. Cradle. First time I've heard both their musics in God knows how long. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I almost didn't know who they were at first. I was like, who the fuck? Oh, it's Ziggler. Who the fuck? Oh, it's Ali. <laughs> the two people who didn't have storylines made each other their storyline. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> I like chicken Mustafa, soup out of chicken shit. Look at you. I, th- I think Ziggler's time has come and gone, but I like Mustafa. And honestly, with I hate to say, but with the way Ziggler dresses him, like how could you ever put a title on him? And it's not just about the colors; it's just that the 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 patterns, the colors, the style of his attire doesn't scream main event to me. What about the uh, when he had the silver pants with the uh, American flag, but it was also in silver with the white boots? That was a good look. That wasn't a bad look, but this here doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like, you, like no, this is terrible. This is this is clearly I've you given know? up. It looks like his bottom half is made of bubble gum. Like, yeah, and it, and it's not just that. It's like in in in, in actual oh, sports. Terrible. In yeah, actual yeah. sports, we have championship colors, and pink's not one of them. Pink tights with cuts in them just isn't doesn't scream <laughs> world champion. There was Bret Hart. Yeah, but there was right. black mixed in there, not just pure pink. Ziggler tries to rock the pink too off. I'm just saying from a marketing perspective. And then there was Rick Rude. You can work if you're a heel. You can work with Pink. Does it say feed the room? This news is to be broken by a world-renowned journalist, me, on Ms. TV. Those were very controversial victories by Boots. I am glad that he was brought down. Look, look at Maurice in the background. Look, look at her facial reaction. Look at how she looks. Look at how she's reacting. You see, Emma, this is how you're supposed to look when you're with Madcap. Like, like, fuck the Miz right now. Don't even listen to this. Just watch Maurice's face. Okay? And people talk and talk shit about it because she's not the best wrestler. She's not. But look at how good she is at her fucking job of putting the, putting the attention on the Miz right now and emphasizing his reactions by her fucking reaction without her saying anything. 
That's what a manager slash valet is supposed to do. Look at how good her character is compared to Emma. If you go back and rewatch the scene with Emma, where she's back talking to Matt Campbell, it was the fans. They screwed you over. Look at the difference here. That's night and goddamn day. I mean, no for nothing, you're talking about Miz and Marie's versus Emma and Madcap. But they're, they're both real-life couples. It's like, what right? do you expect? Like, yeah, I am. Yeah. Because, like, like, like Emma and, and Madcap are a real-life, like, couple. Like, they should have better chemistry. Yeah, but it's still it's Emma and Madcap. It's weird that they don't. <laughs> but you I saw real couples with no chemistry. Right? Like, 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 if you, like, you can give Miz whatever promo. If Maurice is there, she knows her role. She knows exactly what to do, exactly what to sell, exactly how to, how to act, how to look, where to position her face. Everything, her body language, she has it down to a goddamn T. I guess I Emma, for as Maurice. long as she's been in this business, shouldn't have those instincts. She should, but she doesn't, and that's a problem. Yeah. And once again, it's Emma in Madcap. Like, I don't, there's not much to expect there. Like, it's just. Why do you keep saying it's Emma and Madcap? His point is that it's one real couple versus another real couple, where one delivers and one doesn't. Yeah. Like, yes, it's Emma it's just and Madcap. Like, I've seen real life couples where it looks weird to have them together. Like, yeah, but 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 they're supposed to be together in the story. Like they're, they're they're like together together as as a, as a team. They're not just randomly thrown together, you know, as some backstage thing when they're they're not kayfabe together in the storyline. They're, they're real, right? Look at how good Maurice is. Look at that. Look at that. This is awesome. So awesome to love you. Look at how natural that kiss looked immediately after that sentence. Right? It was it was like so like just natural and instinctual. It just flowed. You know, nothing about that felt force. So on to Cody Rhodes' in-ring promo. So, ladies and gentlemen, he gets cut off right away. Cody, sir, where are you? I'm right here backstage, sir. I was mauled on Saturday night by a chaotic to the miserable Canadian healthcare system. The true tragedy of this story that you want to finish. Cody, you can't beat Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns has Paul Heyman. Is that the sacrifice that you're willing to make for these titles? On a cold winter night, Roman Reigns will keep your wife warm. Roman Reigns is a happily married man, but I'm not. That's when you're going to find out that your WrestleMania dreams are going to become your own personal nightmare. You're great, Roman. Do not sin this man again. You are without a doubt. I have to finish the story. I beat you at WrestleMania. Is when the wise man makes this personal. Good build up to that. Oscar versus Nikki Cross. And for some reason, Bianca Belair, I guess, comes to size out the competition. Belair has certainly been one of, if not the most dominant. Here we see Nikki out of the gate. Little shorthanded tactics. We said, it was good to see these two get back at it again. For the weary. From ear to ear. Situation. Oh, no. Is it Nikki's night tonight? I don't know, but the EST was not excited. 
to accept, but the road to WrestleMania is about like every second I see Nikki Cross. I'm so glad we don't have jobby Nikki Ash anymore. Mm -hmm. And Asuka's looking great as well. Asuka looks fantastic. Oh, yeah, they brought like, the murderer love, back. It's amazing. I love this. Is old school Kana. I love this shit. Like he went to Japan and brought Armageddon back with her. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. On the road to WrestleMania, Nikki Cross could. What can Oscar do to respond? Oscar is enjoying every second. I love this new submission she has now. No one has been ready. Like looking into a crystal ball. What was that about? Ah, uh, Japan. What are you gonna do? I never liked her Oscar luck, by the way. I always hated that. It, it's, it's, there's too many moves that look like that. Like, way too many. And two different names for them, too. You seem to be in a very good mood. Everything that went down at Elimination Chamber with Logan Paul. Two times now, Logan Paul has ruined my WrestleMania plans. <laughs> <laughs> Logan? Logan may not be very familiar with a certain side of In my way, I'm going to find Logan Paul, and I'm going to hurt Logan Paul. Logan Paul is in here tonight. Miz, a perfect surrogate for suffering. <laughs> How much Fucking Joker hard. Sting do you think he's channeling? None. <laughs> Joker Sting wasn't like None that. This is Joker Sting. <laughs> all, I, he's, all I see is Joker Sting, man. This is way God. too entertaining to be Joker Sting. <laughs> Brock Lesnar, you, sir, are a coward. You couldn't escape Bobby Lashley's hurt lock. You got yourself disqualified at the elimination chamber. It's issuing a challenge to face you at WrestleMania. Show up next week to accept the challenge in person if you have the intestinal fortitude. Why have Brock Lesnar no, versus Omos? Please no. Wait, no. What are they trying? Are, are they going to do like a, a tower thing where Brock Lesnar has to do, to do one member after the next after the next but to, to get back to Bobby Lashley? Is that what they're trying to do? Well, he already did Bobby Lashley, so it's going to be one member up to the next, on to the next until he gets to Cedric Alexander. in Omos at WrestleMania, honestly. <laughs> he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't finish. He didn't, he didn't get the win on, uh, on Lashley. But, but it's still weird. If, if you're going to give him a rogues gallery of opponents to to whatever uh you, like you normally start with that first and not do lashley first then after lashley then there's a rogues gallery to get back to La it's very weird i'm telling you man it's to get, get to cedric Cedric's <laughs> gonna get he's gonna get <laughs> the cedric. gimmick like he's gonna be like spike dunley when he was the boss it's gonna turn out that he's gonna be the big tough guy no no no, no 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 i'll do you one better this one is it's wrestlemania <laughs> season it's the it's the gallery to get to mvp Jeez, MVP. I, I think he's very much retired now. <laughs> is, is, is MVP the higher power? <laughs> no hold bar match, and he wears the he's, suit. He's, he's he, the Christopher Daniels in the suit. He kicks your ass with the cane. He like wrestles in the suit, like a no hold bar. Like I'm sorry, match. I Omos has done nowhere near enough to earn a Brock Lesnar match any time of the year. 
Yo, King Let Quest they're gonna, King Quest they're gonna bring Kenny King. Can you he's, imagine that? He's, he's a part of the Hurt Locker. That's, that's all you need, right? No, no he's Kenny not. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, he's basically a part of the Hurt Locker. Look, look, look at him. He's big. He's black. He's next to I MVP. I him, Cedric, and Shelton in the same place as they started and, this year. And it's the Hurt business. Don't call he's it the in. Hurt Locker. He's just big he's in. in there. <laughs> I always call it the Hurt Locker now. No, he's, he's, in, he's in. He's in. I mean, they tried yeah, to get him before. Remember that, like, what the fuck? Remember that time they tried to recruit him? Yeah, and he looked at them like he was crazy. Well, now, he was with AJ Styles at the time, wasn't he? Yeah. See, after he lost his white guy, all of a sudden that group of black people <laughs> looking very attractive. What's <laughs> 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 well, so, the problem with that? See, the problem with that though is like black people. All right, Miz versus Seth Rollins in the good old fashioned E match. I wish I could take Miz more seriously right now, but this was a good match. <laughs> yeah, Miz is, is, is doing good, you know. He's another go-to guy, you know. He's the original company guy. He's the first Baron Corbin, except he wins the titles. Miz should get a lot more respect from a lot of the fans because he, he did the impossible. He started off as a skinny, nerdy fan. And not only just did, he, did he make it into a contract, but he, but but he, he took the the worst hazing from some of the worst people you could imagine, Chris Benoit, JBL, toughed it out, ended up marrying Maurice, and won the world title twice. Uh huh. And now it's like, come on, uh, he's at least a B-list celebrity from Woodstock '99 to here. You know, he was in right? all those those, uh, like, those WWE produced movies, right? He's been in a lot of those. Yeah. It's so it's so hard for me to criticize the Miz because he is really good at what he does. The character that he's supposed to play, the matches that he's supposed to have, the role that he needs to be in, he always just does it. He does it well. Rollins kills yeah, him Rollins for some reason here. Yeah. Multiple blackouts until he gets disqualified. I don't know. I guess he's. Oh enraged. no! He just won by knockout. He just won. Oh, did he win by knockout? Yeah. They basically no caught because Miz couldn't continue. See, he's enraged because of Logan Paul. Full body cost. No one talks the master Chad Gable like that. It's about time! Finally! Time Ding dong! Hello! Fucking Bailey, man. <laughs> <laughs> and the bitch comes out of the door like that's the fuck. <laughs> has, uh, has Bailey lost some weight? Maybe. No, those, those, those clothes just make her look slim. She still got cake. Or is that just from the game? With my family. <laughs> These idiots don't love you the way that I do. How does it feel to be greatest women's tag team champion all time? Our fearless leader, we've been able to completely dominate this division as champions. Another hundred days and another. Ben Z, Sally, Jesse, Raphael. <laughs> Champions, she called them. I think I want to take those tag team titles into WrestleMania. Your daughter, Rue? <laughs> you got no friends. Those are the bitchy laughs. That was random. I didn't know that 
I love that they. What I love is that she said, "You better use the door," and they did. Yes. Had my sights set fifth title run, but walking into WrestleMania as tag team champs. This is an official challenge. Tag team title match. They're the greatest, then they should be defending their titles, right? It feels like they maybe they're scared. Right here, they accept. <laughs> I like how Bailey had to speak for them. Women have the man alongside the Elimination Chamber is one of the most brutal matches in WWE history. I can tell you that. Hey, 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 no, 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 no. You've been following me around for months. Why? I need you to tell me why. Next week, I have a match against Piper Niven to worry about. Can you just please tell me why? Why? Please. What? 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 Uh, Candace, what exactly did Nikki just tell you? Just said that all of her friends are gone and she's alone and... To answer your question about Johnny, he'll be back. Well, maybe she whispered it to you because she didn't want to say it to Byron. Right. <laughs> Fucking Byron. Good job. You like went right into the <laughs> mic with it. Have you considered she told you that in confidence? Yeah, he literally whispered it. <laughs> or or lack of confidence, you psychopath. The only thing that would have been is nigga would just pop that head around the corner. Really, bitch? You really? Said that, <laughs> said that shit to the whole USA Network after she whispered it to you. <laughs> Oh god, I love this Chad Gable so much. Even the shooting. That is crazy. Why is he so fucking strong? (laughs) Really impressive. Go back to that. That was incredible. (laughs) You deadlift him? Like, that is impressive. He did. (laughs) Slow mo, too. Like, woo! Reed ain't had to jump or nothing. Like, that was. Yeah, Reed just lets gravity do the work, you know? Defending his United States Championship against the Hall of Famer, Edge Elias! Hello, I am Elias. This is the time of the year when legends come out. Boogs taking notes. No bigger star. At least he's actually looking at the camera, not sideways. And Boogs, you better be back there taking notes. Who wants to look at at WrestleMania. And Lashley is ticked off. Bobby Lashley, does that answer your question? For WrestleMania, because Bobby Lashley is caught. Yikes, the hell did he do to you? He didn't even bring a guitar. That won't bode well. A man possessed tonight. The same Lashley's not a fan of Wonderwall, I'm guessing. I put Brock Lesnar in the hurt lock, and Brock Lesnar panicked. Nobody in that locker room breaks the hurt lock if you see i told you guys it's called the hurt lock i'm gonna put you down bobby lashley right but the stable's the hurt business yeah but they're the hurt locker you know that yeah right
Congratulations, you and your wife Beth Phoenix defeating Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. There's no rest for the weary. You accepted Austin Theory's United States Championship Open Challenge. Well, Byron, I'm happy that the Judgment Day is finally in the rear view. So when Austin Theory issued the Open Challenge for the U.S. Championship, well, I had to take him up on it. See, Austin Theory, he has the, the physical abilities to help WWE for the next two decades, just like I helped shape the last three. That's where our similarities end. He talks about his forever reign, but nothing lasts forever. I know that all of this can be taken away faster. And I'm going to smack that stupid duck face off his overly manscaped head tonight. Ouch. closing more and more every day. My second match in this company in 1997. I haven't performed here, so it would feel pretty damn good. Walk into WrestleMania as the United States champion. I know I've had a lot of cliches here with you, Byron, but here's one more. Never say never. Never, never. <laughs> did I take? Did I take the belt off of Austin Theory? Spoiler alert! There, United States title match: Austin Theory defending against Edge. United States champion Austin. Oh man! Of Austin Theory. Oh wow! And that might do it. Mentality that he has. It's only gonna get a little rare treat to see uh, Edge wrestling on Raw. Instead, just pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, you know, nice to have Reg in, Edge in the freaking rotation. Yeah, like like I said, like, it's just good to have him back because like we didn't think we were ever gonna get him back. I kind of dig the uh, Canada themed tights that he has on there. Little that is kind of cool. Right? Logo. <laughs> that color works. Cool. I like that. Like that. That's Very probably why you're getting him. That's probably why you're getting him because we're still in Canada. Get the Canadian crowd a little treat. Yeah, exactly. And of course, Austin Theory's existence pisses off the so-called smart mark, so I love it. I don't know what people have against him. Is it just because Vince put his uh? It, it's his literally because on? it's because he's Vince's last pick, and they will forever hold that against him. Even though this is probably one of Vince's best picks, like the guy is absolutely incredible, and he's nowhere near as good as he can get. I mean, to be fair, Vince also picked Roman Reigns, but but he. He took too damn long to pull the trigger on that heel shit. You know what I mean? Uh, so, so, so Vince saw talent in Roman pretty early on. And he it eventually got over. In spite of Vince, I will say. I love how there's so many people that think that, like, yes, he, he, he's going to wrestle Cena at May and then Cena's going to win him. Like, no, that doesn't make sense, first of all, because what happens for Cena afterwards versus everything that happened for Theory afterwards. Like, yeah, they, they're putting the rock as Chip on this kid. Like, yeah, he's going to be great. It's all going to be fun. Just enjoy the ride. And yeah, Cena's not sticking around. I don't know why anybody would even think that. Hell no. You know who he kind of reminds me of, Austin Theory, at, at this stage in his career? Who's that? Uh, he kind of reminds me of like a 2004, 2005 uh, Randy Orton. Remember he came out, he had the blue and the, the, the yellow uh, tights and shit. Oh, he had the God. hair. Uh, Overdrive, he was still, Randy Orton. He, oh. he, he, he was still very, uh, very green. <laughs> But he was developing his character. He's getting that cocky personality starting to show. You know, there was some favor on him because of his dad and obviously the lineage and all that shit. But it, very, it reminds me a lot of it. So this roar did 2,006,000 viewers, 0.56 in the 18 to 49 demographic, up from the 1.8 million viewers of the previous week. You said 2.6? No, two million six six thousand. Oh, okay, I thought I said I thought I heard two point six. I was about to be like, my god, two point six is pretty wild, man. That's right. Like, <laughs> like, 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 
almost that mystical, that mystical, magical three. <laughs> that was literally my thought. <laughs> Austin Theory, what a weekend for you. Defending your United States Championship successfully at Elimination Chamber. And then you had your open challenge tonight against Hall of Famer Edge. Uh, riding high, coming off the tails of Elimination Chamber week. And of course, carrying that into tonight. How are you feeling right now? Kathy, I feel so good. Do you know what so good feels like? Of course you don't know what it feels like. Don't, don't nod your head. You don't know how it feels to be the United States champion at 25 Fucked years up. old, the now, the forever of the WWE. I entered the Elimination Chamber this year, my second Elimination Chamber, and I beat five of the best in the WWE. But that, that wasn't enough for me. You know why? Because I got work ethic. I outwork everybody. I get up, I train everybody. I eat more meals than everybody. I stay on top of everything. And guess what? Moved on from that, the Elimination Chamber victory, and I showed up on my show, Monday Night Raw, in an open challenge for my, the champ's title. And I beat the rated R superstar, Mr. Hall of Famer himself, Edge. So yes, I feel good. Any more questions? Well, I was gonna say, you could argue that the Hall of Famer Edge has quite the work ethic as well. And, and that one of the reasons why you successfully defended that championship was because of interference at the end of the match. And Did you, did you not understand earlier today when we had that interview what i said the headlines now oh they certainly read austin theory is the now and the forever of the wwe and and that little john cena thing you know two weeks away monday night raw john cena i can't wait for that because i can't wait to bring him home and give him a warm warm welcome to monday night raw you want to know why because things are a little different around here now 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 the now. Remember that. No more questions. I miss the old U.S. Championship belt design. I, I really dislike the new, the new, like the, this updated look. It looked very sterile, just very kind of plain and boring. Yeah, I almost forget about it since we hardly see it. But yeah, I do miss the actual colors of the U.S. on the yeah, belt. Like, like, sh shouldn't, yeah, shouldn't shouldn't like the um the, the the champion be red, white, and blue? Like the first half of that red, middle uh white, and the last part blue, and then the top part with the stars. Shouldn't that be white and and or yeah, blue and white, blue background, white stars? Like you know what I mean? Like 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 it looks patriotic and shit because there's red in the bottom. Like like it, it, there's almost no colors to it. It just looks like a boring, boring belt. Like, I'm, I'm not a big fan of this. I wish they brought back the old design. Uh, but I'm biased. I I, I I like the old belts. I I, I miss the winged eagle. I don't, I don't like the new, very corporate look to their to their belts. Just lack of personality. Sammy, quite the emotional roller coaster for you this weekend here in Canada. Lots of high highs and also some very low lows. But are you feeling better after that win tonight against Corbin? Um, boy, you really hit it on the head there. Yeah, emotional roller coaster. Uh, you know, as I said out there, a lot of gratitude, the love that they've showed me in Montreal and Ottawa, and um, again, just harboring. I know maybe it's unfounded. People will tell me, no, no, don't do that to yourself, but I do. I do feel guilt. I feel a little bit of embarrassment, a little bit of shame that I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get it done. But, you know, I also take a lot of pride in the fact that this, a year ago, nobody would have ever given me a chance 
in the world of even being in this match. But the truth is, I went the distance with the most dominant champion of all time. I had him beat, and the only reason he was even able to beat me is because, well, he cheated. That's what the bloodline do. They cheat to ensure, trust me, I know, okay? Trust me, I know. And, and he, he got it done, but, you know, I don't know. Um, I just have to focus on the fact that it's not the end. You know, I kept putting it in my head that this has to be how I finish the story and I, this has to be it. This, all these 10 months and all these stars aligning in Montreal, this has to be the way it ends, but it's not, it never ends. For me, it's not the end. And so, I don't know. I, I, I just think the fact that I, when I started looking at it, that this is not the end and that this is not a failure and it's not where the story finishes, you know, it makes me feel better. I don't know. Speaking of stories that have yet to be finished, it seemed like you extended some sort of olive, olive branch to, well, to Kevin Owens here. So do you see that relationship being mended anytime soon? I, I don't know. I don't know if I would call it, you know, extending the olive branch, if I'm being honest, because uh, there's, there's hurt feelings, definitely on his side. And, you know, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't complicated on my side. I just, I recognize the situation here. Um, look, for better or for worse, we've needed each other our whole careers. To lift each other up, even when we were on the opposite side of the fence, we always brought out the best in each other. We always were able to accomplish things because of the other's existence. And if he's as dedicated as I am to making sure that we see the end of the bloodline, I know, I know the only way to get it done is together. Uh, it doesn't seem like he wants to go there. So, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. This is, this is an unfinished story, like you said. Well, while we're unsure of that, one thing is certain. Canada very much loves and supports you. The WWE Universe, I'm sure, feels the same way. So, uh, congratulations again on that victory tonight and look forward to seeing what happens in the future. Thank you, Kathy, and really thank you to everybody because, uh, you know, I haven't been the best guy the last few years and uh, I'm getting weirdly emotional. I don't want to, uh, means a lot that you've showed me this love after the past few years when I haven't always been at my best. And we say it a lot in this business, but I, I really, it does mean, it means a lot. Thank you. So that was raw. Not bad. No, not at all. Tightly booked. And in other news, Jeff Hardy, DUI case, went before a judge and they put his ass away. No, I'm kidding. They didn't put him away. <laughs> <laughs> they put his ass away. Locked the books. We got it. Him. No, so basically his case has been officially closed according to the Volusia County Clerk of Circuit Court Records. And it says that um, they filed a motion to exclude certain evidence from the trial, including unreliable breath test results. I wonder how the hell the lawyer put the spin on that one. But according to the written statement here, it says Mr. Hardy's breath test did not comply with FDLE's requirements established in FDLE's administrative rules to ensure reliable quantitative breath tests. 21. There is insufficient probative evidence that the breath tests in Mr. Hardy's case were performed substantially in accordance with methods approved by FDLE. So basically the same shit as the last one. 
And 22, for the above reasons, this court should enter an order excluding any evidence of a breath test and breath test results obtained in this case. This sounds like a technicality, if you ask me. Because I'm sure that motherfucker was breathing. This lawyer is really good, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, because we have a video of him swerving on the road, staggering out of his car. Like, do you remember the video we played on here? How the fuck did they pull that off? Dude, how can I ever forget that video? Are you kidding me? So, yeah, this was his, his third offense. And, uh... So, let's see what happens. Violating restrictions placed on driver's license. Driving while license cancel suspended revoke doi alcohol drugs third offense within 10 years blah 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 uh he pleaded no lo contiende better than no comprende right but he says no lo contiende which translates to uh a plea of no contest and his let's see here so the report says that uh, his penalties are a 10-year suspension of his license, two years with an inter two years with an interlock device and 90-day vehicle impoundment. Court mandated the court mandated DUI school or drug rehab program. Uh, community service, a 38-day county jail sentence with 38 days credit for time served, two years probation, four thousand five hundred and eighty-six dollars in fines and court fees. S-A-W-F-T soft. I like Jeff Hardy. He's, he's one of my favorites. Right? I, I, uh, I grew up on his matches. No one roots for Jeff Hardy and, and wants to see him get his life to get, you know, together more than a guy like me. Right? Right. More, more so than the average fan. Like, I'm really rooting for him to get his shit together. And I will say this is the bad call from the judge. Jeff needed to be in, in a situation where he's just completely unable to do drinks to do drugs, to do anything like that. Like, he needed jail time. I hate saying it, because I, I, I don't want to see him, you know, you lose mean, his freedom. You mean but for his the, own safety, he you, needs it. He, beyond, two to three years. So beyond the 38 days served. Two to three years. I, I, I If I was a judge, based on Jeff Hardy's repeated, repeat offense on this, right? Uh, and the dangers that he poses, not just to himself, but to other people as well, too, Right? Uh, yeah, man, I, I, I am putting you in jail two, three years. If you do three years, you're eligible for parole after two, right? And after Damn. that, I'm also going to suspend your license for fucking 10 years <laughs> and do all that other shit. But legitimately, yeah, jail time, two to three years. You need that to get sober, get get the alcohol, whatever, out of your system to where you're, you're going to have to, you're, you're forced to quit cold turkey. You can't do it on your own. Fair enough. It's a tough habit to kick. I get it. It's a drug. They're addictive. Um, I understand it. So if you can't do it on your own, then you have to be put in a place where there is no escape. It's not like rehab where you can walk out or whatever. You're now confined to an area that doesn't have those substances. And that choice is taken away from you. I mean, I can't argue. I don't, I don't, you know how I feel about the drunk driving shit. It really pisses me off. But I mean, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not even allowed to touch a vehicle for 10 years. If he was to touch a vehicle, I would just throw away the key. I'd lock him away and throw away the key because at this point, you're told, bro, you can't drive. That's the the point, though, right? So so he's not allowed to touch a vehicle, which I get. I understand that, right? But that's when you're in a right frame of mind. What happens if he goes out, maybe does drugs, or more likely gets a couple drinks in him, maybe leads to a couple more drinks, he's a little bit drunk, forgets the rules, or says, fuck it, goes for a short drive somewhere and gets into an accident? 
right? You have to eliminate the, the root cause. The root cause is he's still addicted to the source that makes him do bad things. That source being alcohol. I have to get that out of your system. In order for me to do that, you need to go through a period, a long period of time where you just don't have that in your system. And then even after that, you have to consist, uh, consistently and continually work to keep it away from your system. But in order for you to do that, to be able to even work to keep it away from your system, you have to build the habit of not having it in your system. And if you can't build that habit on your own free will, then yeah, unfortunately, you have to lose those freedoms and be put and in, in forced into a situation where you can't do it because it's an impossibility to have it. He's gotten to that point now. This isn't this isn't the first attempt. No, this is like attempt number three. Yeah. Right. It's... And we've we've seen him at his worst uh, in that pay per view with Sting. You know, like like, like I don't want to see Jeff like that. Nobody wants to. He's got a, he's got a family. He's got kids. Yeah, him going to jail is going to hurt his family. But him dying in a car accident is also going to hurt his family. I'd rather him go to jail because at least they they can visit him. They know where he's going to be. You know what I mean? And in a couple of years time, he's out. And hopefully for the better. That's the whole rehabilitative point of jail. I guess you're right. You know that's why we have him. Yeah, true words. And I mean, he we we've talked about Jeff Hardy fucked up on here. Like if it's a series. Why? By the way, what's what's up, Willie? Once again. Willie. But, yeah. but yeah, there's been a a bit too much of that. That's a very light sentence by that judge. I agree. I agree. I could see it that way. I'm just glad he's not allowed to drive at all anymore. If we got anything from it, you know. All right, we're almost going to wrap up here. I would say, by, like, no matter what, this shit is going off at two-ish. Willie, I suggest you go back and watch the VOD. There's a lot of cool stuff on here that we cover. We cover almost everything. And Tony. No. Yeah, and Ariel Hawani. You know, if he goes back to wrestling, Jeff, because I, I don't know if AEW is going to bring him back or what his situation is, but if he goes back to wrestling... The fans, they're not going to, they're going to want to cheer for the guy. He's going to have the sympathetic babyface thing because everybody loves Jeff. I don't know why, but everybody loves Jeff and they habitually and continually want to see him succeed and bounce back and get those, you know, seconds and third and fourth and fifth chances, etc. You know what would be really cool for a heel to do on his way back to the arena? Do the old backstage thing and you run him over with a car. <laughs> you do the Steve Austin hit. And <laughs> as a heel, Right, you'd be like, for your own safety, for the safety of everybody else, I have to take you out so you don't hurt blah blah. blah. And you just like trash him on that, you know what I mean? Why not God. make an angle out of it? You know how much heat that person who runs over Jeff Hardy would get, especially if the reason for him doing it is to quote unquote save other people. Nuclear God. levels of heat. So Sammy Dane did an interview with Love Wrestling, and a few interesting topics came up here. I am joined by the man who might be the next WWE Undisputed Universal Champion, the hometown hero, Sami Zayn. Sami, how are you? Uh, great, great. I don't know how else to answer, but great. It's been a wild week. We're in Montreal. We're on the we're on the eve of. Let's just skip all that. It, it feels like the next law. Watching Brett and Sean in that arena, and to now, 25 years later, be. I want to get to the. You'll like, see. Wow, this is insane. 
town and it's pretty special. Amazing. You've mentioned in recent interviews that maybe bringing World Apart for one night only in Montreal might be for a special moment. Looking beyond that, I've seen some exchanges on Twitter that really excite me. You and Laura Jane Grace have exchanged the idea of, uh, of her recording theme music for you. I'm hoping against hope with this question. Yeah. Any movement on that? Uh, none, none really. It's tricky when you work for a you know, big corporation like WWE and there's a lot of moving parts in different departments and legality and all this stuff. Uh, I think, you know, obviously if it were up to me, it would have been done 10 years ago or whatever it is, but um, yeah, not, no traction on that to my knowledge, no. My fingers remain crossed all yeah. the same. Uh, one thing that has stuck with you, of course, is the Huluva kick. Uh, now, Here we go. The name of that move is rooted in your appreciation for Archie comics. Uh, any word on that? Uh, not exactly, actually. It's based on, um, if you want the actual history here, I don't know if I've ever actually told it in an, in an interview, but uh, what it is, is when I was a kid, I had a WCW magazine, and I was reading some match results, and it said Chris Jericho defeated six, or maybe it was the other way around, with a hell of a kick. Okay. It was written hell of a like that, and I thought it was a haluva kick, so I thought it was a type of... Ah! So I told this story to Excalibur, who now does commentary <laughs> on... Uh, I love that explanation. It said Chris Jericho defeated six, or maybe it was the other way around, with a hell of a kick. Okay. It was written hell of a like that, and I thought it was a haluva kick, so I thought it was a type of kick. So I told this story to Excalibur, who now does commentary on uh, AEW every Wednesday, but um, I told this story to him at dinner one time at Denny's after a PWG show, and then we started calling the running Yakuza kick in the corner that I would do at the time, we started calling it the Haluva kick. So that's actually the real history of that name. I got some false that's information. That's amazing. Shane Hawk, we're going to have words. Yeah. Uh, my last question for you about Sammy for Syria. You're oh, currently you. presently funding uh, two mobile clinics in conflict-affected areas. Uh, what are future goals for the program? Um, well, so we're hot off the heels of this horrible earthquake that's uh, killed uh, tens of thousands of people. So uh, I'm in the midst of actually feeling pretty guilty because I've wanted to do something, you know, the focus is on this, but I've also been so busy with this and the lead up to this that I've been a little like split. My attention's been split and I haven't really been able to give that the, the time and uh, attention that I think it deserves at this moment. But as you said, there are two clinics currently operating in that affected area, northwest Syria, and I appreciate very much you asking me about it, and it's always good to get more eyeballs to it in case people don't know. It's sammyforsyria.com, and those donations go directly to funding these cl clinics, mobile clinics that drive out directly to people that otherwise don't have means or don't have access to uh, health care. So there's that, and uh, yeah, future plans, I'd just like to keep it going, maybe add another clinic down the road, or who knows what, There's but there's always the intention to just keep it going for as long as possible and help as many people as possible. And I appreciate you asking about it. Of course, of course. You're, you do marvelous work both in and out of the ring. Thank so, Sammy, much. thank you very much for your time. So that's what it was. It was a hell of a kick, like you said, but it's because he mistook it and thought it was a type of kick <laughs> when he read it, a halluva kick. I almost like it. I like, I like it better than my logic, where it's just like, he just said hell of a kick. And I like, just pronounced it wrong. Like, no, he legit thought he said halluva kick. That is wonderful. <laughs> And in doing so, he created a type of a kick. Yeah. So Trish Stratus was also at Monday Night Raw. They basically said that she was backstage. And uh, basically, she was in a meeting with Triple H for a while. She was supposed to be on the show. But after the meeting, plans changed and she just left. 
Nobody knows if she was happy or mad or what the fuck happened, but yeah, she was supposed to be on Raw. There was some sort of a discussion that happened, and that discussion ended in her leaving without showing up. Imagine having Trish Stratus in Canada and not having her come out. What the fuck? But you had Lita come out. <laughs> we not North Kakalaki. You're in Canada, and you had Trish Stratus backstage? Tough. Isn't that just fucking weird? That's very bizarre. I'm sure they had some sort of segment planned and then something was canceled or someone couldn't do it or just something happened to where it no longer made sense. But even if it quote unquote no longer made sense, who cares? Just have her go out there and just get a pop. Do the Lacey Evans where you play her song, she comes out, waves a little bit, then walks back out. Anything, Anything would have been better than just like having her there and not utilizing her. For Canada. Yeah, it's in Canada, right? Lita got a pop. She's not Canadian, right? I would imagine the pop that Trish Stratus, of all people, would have gotten would have been a lot bigger. So I don't know. I, I'm assuming they had a plan. She was supposed to come out, and then something uh, was no longer available or got canceled, and they had to shift, and uh, it, it, it didn't uh, didn't you know happen. That's then, the only logical reason that that would that you know be that way. Then hotshot book around it real quick. Make a segment where instead of what happened happened, you have. Uh, let me think what the fuck happened at the end again there yeah so you have becky lynch come out and instead of having lita be the person i would have made trish the person and then the following monday i would have just had some blonde chick face down in the fucking parking lot and had damage control so they took out trish getting more heat on them and then introduce the replacement to be lita to avenge her friend and honestly like a even, even if they that, wanted to do something lazy like that they, they could have done the exact same thing with with lita and, and becky and then as lita and becky are leaving trish's music pops up for no inexplicable reason and she, just comes, she out. comes out the crowd pops they just hug and they walk away together anything that anything would have been, but, that would have been significantly but, better than what they did anything but nothing anything you know? but nothing write it down quote it for this one Dustin. there we go anything but nothing you know, it's like, like at that point, if, if I'm running Raw and I'm in Canada and I have Trish Stratus, the first thing I'm asking is, whose segment's getting axed so we can get Trish out here? Because that comes over everything if I'm in Canada. <laughs> Shit. You know? And they have it's such weird, a great man. show. They I'm not sure the- why they did I mean, I, I, I don't know. She, she, It's a weird spot. Trish is like... I mean, WWE's kind of like, like they're, they're just weird like that when it comes to like who they put in at certain spots and who they leave out. Um, like even, even in the video game, uh, 2K23, Lita's in, Trish is not. Right? Wasn't the, the year before it was the opposite where, where Trish was in but Lita wasn't? Like it's very, like, like there's no consistency, there's no rhyme or reason to it. And by the way, in case you didn't know, yeah, for W2K23, we have, was it here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight versions of John Cena. Eight versions. Again. God help us all. Again, they did that shit. Eight versions. When they pad the, oh, we have over 200 roster members, or 200, the highest, the, the biggest roster ever. Yeah, but like, a lot of those roster slots are like, seven different versions of one guy and it's not like you click like like you go through the roster list you click on john cena and then after you click on john cena there's like all these attires it's gonna be like every other game where you you swipe right there's john cena swipe right again there's oh six john cena swipe right there's oh eight, and he's like taking up all these obnoxious spaces on the roster it's too much Rey mysterio was like that last year 
where there, there was like a dozen versions of Rey Mysterio. I'm like, dude, how hard is it to just have one Rey Mysterio in the roster select screen? You click on that, then there's like a sub thing that pops up that has like alternate attire versions of that Rey Mysterio. Yeah. How hard is it? Yeah, if you're going to make it a completely different John Cena, then at the very least, it should be different moveset. Like, he shouldn't always have the top rope leg drop. He didn't always have that. He shouldn't always have the STF. It should be the the, the FU. I'm you assuming know? that the prototype John Cena and, and the 03 and 02 John Cena will have different movesets. But I'm pretty it. sure the 06, 08, 16, and 18, and current day will probably just have one. There's no way they're going to be that specific. They're just going to combine it into one... Uh, generic John Cena-esque moveset. But at least 2K, for the love of God, if you're listening, you like this is next-gen PS5 shit. Like, would it kill you to just have one version of that character in the roster select and then, and then like a sub-option menu for the alternate tires like every other normal back. game? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus Christ. And while we're on the topic of games, AEW fight forever. Wait forever. Aching forever. Yeah, man. So apparently this is a cover that supposedly leaked and it has some information about the game because that is what we are reduced to at this point when it comes to this fucking game. Little breadcrumbs here and there of the fact that it might exist. It says developed by Ukes, AEW Fight Forever combines nostalgic arcade wrestling with all elite wrestling finishers and moves. Fight Forever features a big roster of AEW talent, multiple match types including 4-day 4-4-day tag team and unsanctioned what the f- i think they meant four way four way tag team and <laughs> four, unsanctioned lights out four day matches <laughs> Jesus Christ. customization options <laughs> Bro, i'm sorry when i see something like that i don't give a shit how many cena slots that he got there's no four, release four day, day four day matches don't even don't, don't even call it a four day match it's called a fuck your iron man match <laughs> people, four people, days. people backstage are like Tony this is really unhealthily competitive no four day four day matches hashtag rampage so <laughs> I, I, I remember when uh, the, the, the PS2 came out and I think it was Gran Turismo A-Spec uh, came out and there was one car it was the Su- uh, Suzuki Escudo that was the fastest car in the game. It was like a thousand horsepower. And there was one track that was like a giant circle. And if you just hit the acceleration button and you just had your uh, the analog stick pressed against something, it would hit the wall. But because it was so much faster than the other cars, it would just win the race. So I would do endurance races, just like jerry-rigging the controller and just leaving it alone and just going out and doing something else I and back. <laughs> and I would win. I, I would do it like multiple times a day. At night before I slept, uh, in the morning when I went to school, I would do that. If I, if I were to leave, it just whatever. It would just do it. You know what I mean? Like that's that's gotta be like the four day match. There's like a spam four button. Where you just spam code breaker after code breaker after whatever. You know. King Quest said that's the true fight forever match. <laughs> four oh way tag team and unsanctioned lights out and tons of customization options. Career mode, more than forty weapons, oh and so much God. more from fighting and grappling fans alike. First ever officially licensed all elite wrestling game. All elite wrestling is the fastest growing wrestling promotion in history. Talent rosters combines fifty plus of the biggest names to enter the ring, plus brand new high flying AEW stars. More than ten gameplay modes include singles, tag team, three way, four way, ladder, casino battle royal, false count anywhere, unsanctioned lights out, exploding barbed wire death. And online match types. I hope the bar the explosion works. So I'm not sold on the graphics on this thing. No. Um, I I don't like the. I just don't think it looks good. 
as much as I like THQ, uh, I, I just feel like 2K, especially with last year's game going into this year's game, for animation, for detail, especially if you look at the created wrestlers, like this year's versions, they actually legitimately look just as good as the in you know uh, in-game models in terms of their um, you know, the, the, the shading, the uh, the way they look and what. Not, it looks just as good as their in-game counterpart, which, which is going to cause really good for this year. Um, this game, in my opinion, is going to be dead in Arrival. And I'll say it because of this. They're, they're, like, even if the gameplay is more arcade because I think that's what they're trying, trying to promote. It's not a sports simulation. It's very uh, you know, WWE, no mercy, and arcade That's great, but visually, it looks like a poor man's version of WWE 2K23. It just doesn't look as big budget as 2K23. The, the art design... Nope. The, the graphics don't look as good. So if you're going to have a product and you know there's an established product that you're competing against that's been in the market for fucking decades now at this point, right? And I have something that doesn't look as good. I need to change the art design so the, the graphic comparison is no longer a factor, right? It's, it's the reason why Borderlands went shell-shaded and cartoony over Fallout's more realistic and gritty. So no one, because no one complained about oh the graphics look don't, don't look as good in, in Borderlands as they do in Fallout because the the design is completely different. They should have went more cartoony for this if they were going to do a uh, action packed arcadey type of game. I just don't know uh, how to that even would be... try to make it look real. Just doesn't look good to me. It just I, doesn't. I just don't know how that would be received by the fans. It's even more risky. I would. T- you, you might as well take the risk on it, right? Because look, look, look keep the exact same gameplay, like the, the the exact same character models in terms of their size and their scope. Right, but just make. Like, I don't care if it's like a cell shaded type of look or just some sort of like a little more more cartoonish. You have to have a different design because if if you can't visually compete against them, it's one thing if they look better. If they had the technology to make uh, the graphics look better than two K twenty three, but if they just look different and that different is slightly worse, man, you you might as well just swing for the fences and take a shot at the dark here because like it, it, it's like what um, Jeff Jarrett was saying about the. Uh, TNA Impact, when they had the, to- the toys, right? Walmart declined them for the longest time, and they only said yes because they had the six-sided ring. When they, when they made that a thing, it's like, holy shit, that's a six-sided ring. I've never seen that before. Yeah, we'll put that in our shelves. And they made a ton of money that way. You know what I mean? Because it was completely different from the what, what everyone else was used to, which is the four-sided regular thing. Because if they only had a four-sided ring, and Walmart already has the WWE four-sided ring, and you're another wrestling company, hey, put ours in there. Why? Why would I put yours in there? We already have the WWE four-sided ring. Kids know WWE. They're going to pick this over yours. Your shit's just going to stay in our shelves. No one's going to buy it. It's going to waste room, right? If you have the six-sided ring, even if no one knows what TNA Impact Wrestling is, the kids are going to look at it and be like, wow, that ring looks different. That looks cool. Give me that one. There's at least a chance for that to happen. So I hope, yeah. I'm not talking about trying to win over the average wrestling mark that was going to buy this game anyway. They're going to get those guys still, regardless of, of the, uh, you know, whatever those marks are going to buy. I'm talking about the casual uh, video game consumer who's a kid that is probably asking mom and dad for his game of the month allowance money. And he sees this game and it might not be, you know, people that he knows or remembers, maybe one Daniel Bryan or whatever. But even if it is, let's say he's never watched AEW before. He's like a 13-year-old kid, but he knows Daniel Bryan. And he's seen Sting before, and he's familiar with Chris Jericho, he's heard of Chris Jericho, and the art design looks cool and different. There is a possibility, a chance that he might go, wow, this looks cool, what's this? I want to try this game. 
right? That's the market audience that you want to try to hit and win with your video game. Not the wrestling marks. Those marks yeah. are going to buy it fucking anyways. Maybe not the it best product like to do that with. When, maybe not the best product to do that with though, with people bleeding all over the fucking place, you know? Like, I don't know what... Uh, that's what Tony's I, fault, man. Yeah, it really is. If you're a T for teen, even if you're a parent and, and you're like 10-year-old, you know, kid, hey, can you buy me this? Like, you're you're, you're going to cave. You're going to buy it. You know what I mean? I understand not buying this for like a five-year-old, but, but but if you're like 10, 11, 12-year-old kid, hey, blah, 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 for sure. They're, they're freaking playing Fortnite and Call of Duty now. How many times Andy have you been kid. in a Call of Duty and Fortnite lobby and you just hear this annoying 12-year-old kid talk or like some eight-year-old kid barely make comprehensible sense of what they're saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dude, they're, they're going to play these type of games. That's so yeah, man, swing for the fences, try something different, and, and, and like try to attract that crowd. You're always going to get your diehard AEW fans that are going to buy the game. They're going to buy the game. You want to try to attract the other people that have never heard of it, because if both games look the same, AEW and WWE, that kid that only knows WWE, they're going to go for WWE. You're not. You're going to lose out in that money. You want to at least try to win that over. Because they're not getting both, there's no way. Quest says, surprised they don't have a Mox Bleed match. Yeah, tell me about it. Which, while we're talking about Mr. Khan's Empire, hashtag Rampage. Rampage, I'm not covering. But we will discuss the fact that Keith Lee makes his return. And he came back with white hair. That means he's Ultra Instinct Keith Lee. Ultra Instinct Omen. Terrible. Yo, that's all we need is that music. Oh, man. You know how you are with Bray Wyatt? That's how I am with Keith Lee. That's the Keith Lee big return with white hair. Balding, too. Is he balding? Or is it just white Might hair? Be shady, you know, man. I'm surprised he didn't cut a promo and talk about AEW All Access. No, because he has shit to do. <laughs> God damn, Dustin. I didn't even know that was him. Fuck. He's a senior statesman now. Look at this guy. What's he doing? What are you doing with your life, Doug? So you don't need to do that. Just take that cushy nine to five desk job in WWE. They'll they'll they'll, they'll, they'll take you in with open arms. You know you don't need to put you, like what are you doing? You don't need He's to do that. That's what you're doing. And Tony you Khan requirement you you, you 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 take that six figure paycheck and you bleed every other week. And Tony Khan, maybe next time since Rampage came on at seven p.m. instead of eight, maybe next time go on one of your tirades when it. When it is actually on, then you hashtag AEW Rampage and help remind people because you drew in 287,000 viewers with a 0. 0.7, 07, not like 70, like a 07 <laughs> in the 18 to 49 demographic because you, you know, we had to move them because of the NBA on TNT. But damn, they bro. They barely beat Impact. That's more of a reason to hashtag and fuck with Ariel at seven, not during SmackDown. <laughs> Ah, 
I don't know what to say, man. They got to stop moving that show. It barely keeps the viewership it has on Friday nights. You can't just bounce that one around. Good I Lord. hate Friday night for wrestling. It's it's just not a good night for it. Even though I'm not trying to, I feel like this is a very anti AEW episode because of Tony Khan's fucking insanity with the tweet, and then yeah, we talked about our, our, our lack of confidence in the game, and then AEW rampage through those shitty ratings after he kept hashtagging it. But it feels more. All like I'm saying, it feels more. It's like not. It's, a, it's, all, it's not intentional. It feels like it's all his fault. I mean, some of it is. Yeah. Like, 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 I mean, like I'll, a decent. A decent amount of it is his fault in one way because he's the boss. So at end of the day, the buck stops with him. So from an accountability standpoint, yes, he'd be the guy to he'd be the the easy guy to blame. Uh, but, but I just feel like uh, there's just too much going on in AEW, and I feel like the identity that they're trying to carve for themselves it just, it just isn't one that I really care about. Like WWE, even with Vince doing horrible booking back in the day, um, they had a very established brand. Like you knew what you were getting. It, it was this consistent, and yeah, some of the choices for booking was kind of disappointing or lackluster or cringy at times, but at least the actual product in terms of the wrestling, the matches, it was safe, it made sense, you knew what was going on, blah, blah, blah. In AEW, I, I just feel like I'm watching these dangerous spots, these insanely, for no reason, bloody wars, and I'm not getting any satisfaction or kick out of it because I'm seeing it too often from them. It's not special anymore. And I've become desensitized to the violence to the point of every time I see it, it's just, it's just cringy. It's like Mortal Kombat you know? now. <laughs> like after you play it, Mortal Kombat for a while. Like after you all, play, all, all really though, the only the difference between Mortal Kombat and AEW Fight Forever is Mortal Kombat at least had a release date. We've been talking about this game since before 2K22 came out. There's still no release date. Yeah, we're talking well, they about had some, that. They, they had some some changes and whatnot. If you remember the early builds and the the early weird concept art, like that uber cartoonish Chris Jericho, where he's like super fat. You know, you like you know what I mean, like just like unrealistic. That was Taco Jericho. Hands. Remember that shit, Rick? <laughs> uh, so they, nah. they, they they've gone through some weird weird changes. Yeah, they sure have. That's quite the company we wound up with, huh? They're there. They exist. I thought they were supposed to be this like real sports, you, you know, legitimate, you know, feeling like, like uh, different vibe and all this stuff. And it just became another wrestling show. Like it, just, and not, not only did it become just another wrestling show, but it became a, a wrestling show that is so so desperate to try to please the marks that it, it's just. It's a show that, like, it's its own worst enemy because I want to very badly root for it and I want to see it succeed and do well because it has a lot of people that I care about uh, as a fan that I want to see do well, that I want to see uh, in, in cool spots and everything. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it's like the way I'm looking at it now is, is, is like I would almost rather it not exist and, and have the indies, you know, uh, be normal again. Like they before, used to be when you had Ring yeah. of Honor and you know all, all of that stuff. Now you know now yeah. AEW, now it's just it, it's too conglomerate and it just doesn't make any sense. Like, like the whole landscape of professional wrestling in, in America is, is very very bizarre because the, the corporate you know WWE AEW they're still on top. I get it, but then everything else has now become super fractured. Like like from from where Impact was to where it is right now, from where Ring of Honor was to where it is right now, it's also been kind of weird quasi shaky grounds um you, you know like, like 
everything that's uh, look at NWA Jesus Christ uh, where that is uh, major league uh, wrestling uh, there's so much weird splintered stuff that, that is just devolving into oh man uh, there's all the talents being taken by these top guys so we have to keep creating these new inexperienced really green talent that no one's really caring for right now you know, before all the top talent was in the indies and you knew them by name. You know, now there's like new wrestlers every single quarter and I'm having yeah. a hard time keeping track of it. And they don't always make it to the call up. So we just want to put an influx of indie guys and not really top tier, lower tier indie guys. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it, it's just a weird landscape right now. Mm-hmm. In other news, you probably hear about this. They'll announce it probably. If they didn't announce it on tonight's SmackDown, they'll announce it Monday. But Batista, I guess, is going to be headlining the 2023 Hall of Fame class. Yeah, he's going to um, they had to postpone his induction for us to leave. But yeah, he's he's officially going in this year. Yeah, he, he, he deserves it. Like, I, I still feel it's a little too soon to, to put someone like that in. Like, he's still relatively, like, you know what I mean? Like, but, but at the same time, their, their timeline is weird. Um, and whatever he deserves, I, I, I don't, I don't really mind. Yeah, yeah, not bad. You know, I never was a huge fan of his, to be honest. Um, I can't even really say that when he came back, it was better. It was just as bad as it was. It just felt like more people were aware of it because they were smartened up by all the indie wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> That's his thing. I, but I mean, more people if, <laughs> if Luke and Butch from the Bushwhackers and Coco Beware is in the Hall of Fame. I'm not even talking about like the Drew Carey. I'm just talking about the the mid. And I, I understand Luke and Bush, uh, the sheep herders back in Australia, back in like the 1970s, 80s, like this hardcore. I get it. But in terms of what they did in the WWE, dude, they were a cliff note. Their highest achievement in WWE was formerly holding the record for fastest elimination in the Royal Rumble. That is literally the benchmark of their their whatever eight year achievement in the WWE. That is the the height of what they were known for. I mean, they elevated. You know what top, I mean? You're talking about evolution, right? <laughs> it's a mystery. No, look at all of them, man. Like, like if if those guys make it, then then Batista is like a first ballot Hall of Famer by comparison, by by default. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he's done better for we Hollywood even, than he's ever done for wrestling, in my opinion. As good as he, as, as much as he's done wrestling, his Hollywood career is actually more lucrative. Oh yeah, a thousand percent. But 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 if you look at who's in the the Hall of Fame for it, there's so many guys in there. Again, if, if this was the Wrestling Hall of Fame, then okay, fine, I get it. But strictly from a WWE Hall of Fame, if I had a Hall of Fame for any sport, the best of the best should be in it. Right, uh, that's how it is for most sports. It is just the best of the very best. If you're a good to even a really good player, you're probably not going to make it. There's a lot of really good players in, in in basketball and hockey and football and baseball that don't make the Hall of Fame. Why is it that really good to even just good, just 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 good wrestlers make the Hall of Fame, right? And and, and they do it in, in in entrances of like seven or eight in a row. That's crazy. That is absolute crazy. You have a Hall of Fame. It should be reserved for the best of the best in terms of what they have accomplished. I'm not, you, you, you have to win a belt, but 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 if you were like uh, heavily significant to, to the history of the company in terms of like pay per view draws, you know, ticket gate sales, you know, uh, Piper for example never won a uh, a fucking heavyweight belt, but he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame for his contributions to not just WWE wrestling in general. 
right? So you don't have to be like the, the world champ, uh, but you have to have some sort of major contribution to make it, yeah. right? So best of the best. And then on top of that, every year when you have uh, the, the possibility for entrance, it should be limited to three people per year. So that way it spreads it out. And then every fucking class is super stacked, right? When yeah. you start having classes of eight, you're just going to run out of people. I think a good number would be like run uh, the fuck out of people. I, I think a good number would be like five. Even then, it'd be too much. Well, I think five I would just a, do three. A, a decent sized number for it. I would do five, and and on certain years, maybe five in a tag team, depending on if I have a tag team or not. But yeah, I think five's all right. Three, three is a little bit too short, especially for like the product itself as far as having a hall of fame ceremony like I, I know sometimes they try to cut it short with the speeches but boy would you have to stretch those three speeches if it's three guys to put on <laughs> everybody to put on, had to be hillbilly gym to put on any I mean, semblance it, of a product it, you know? be, it, it would just be like an hour 20 20 20 that's it and, and then little segments in between mm, a bit short like i said i would i would rather five but we, we would have to see you know like i said I, I i like a good long to be honest i prefer a nice big lengthy long hall of fame I've always really enjoyed the long speeches and the stories and shit. I like it to be just a chill night, sort of like the calm before the storm when they do it before WrestleMania weekend, right. and it's just a chill night of just a uh, just a Hall of Fame. I really like the whole the whole pageantry of it enough that I don't mind it being long. But if they did want to shorten it as a result of not having enough credible stars to put into it, I would try at least to go for five, so that at least you still have a. It it can't be like shorter than an episode of SmackDown. I mean, I think they. St- well, the problem is that they, they they started with five, and then it ballooned to like seven or eight or something at some point. Yeah, and then eventually and you had like had, a wall of them, and they just, burned through everybody. Yeah, it just, it just burned to everyone, right? So I, again, if if you're gonna start, because I think when did it start? Like like mid two thousands, like twenty tens, I think is when they, the, the the first class. Um, yeah, dude, I, I would have just done maybe your first one to kick it off. I I I would do five or six. Something like that, you know, for, for the first battle. I'm talking like Bruno Sammartino, uh, Bobo Brazil, uh, Nature Boy, Buddy Rogers, not Ric Flair, but Buddy, like, you know, like the old school, old school, like 1950s, 1960s wrestlers, five, six, seven in a row, just to get that section, that wing out of the fucking way, right? And then once you've established that, your next draft would be from the 1970s to the 80s to the 90s to the, like, whatever. You know that that's where it should have should have went, but they went all over the goddamn place to where you have Coco. I love Coco Beware. As a kid, he was one of my favorite guys. But what did Coco Beware actually accomplish in the WWE to make it into a Hall of Fame? He controlled animals. He controlled the parrot, or at least the parrot. He, he, he was he was in high voltage with Owen Hart. Uh, he was in that really really sad wrestling documentary. With Jake the Snake Roberts, he was in a in a hotel. Uh, yeah, he was in it was a hotel waiting by the phone, and he's telling the interviewer, I, "I I always have the phone with me just in case they call." Just still waiting for Vince McMahon to to give him a call to bring him back to the show. That really saddened me when I when I saw him uh, say that genuinely say that, not as a character, but like genuinely say that. There was legitimate sadness in me when he's like, "Man, he just always yeah. by has a phone by him and he just waits by it." Just for I mean, Vince to maybe one day give him that call. I mean, a Vince cameo cameo would be like a second tax return. You can't blame him. It's not like Vince right. doesn't. It's not like Vince doesn't I can't call. Blame him too, but dude, it's sad. It's just, it's just sad. That whole thing is just sad. It reminded me of that scene in the Wrestler where uh, they had all the old wrestlers in that uh, convention that barely anybody attended, and then uh, you see um, 
what's his name? Uh, Mickey Rourke's character look over to the left and he pans to the right and you see the wrestlers all, sit, you know, all in a row and as it goes further to the right, each wrestler is more physically disabled than, 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 than the last. And he's like, yeah, that, that's my future. That, that's what I have to look forward to. And it's just sad. Yeah, it's rough, man. All right. Final segment of the night. I think. I'm sure we all want to wrap up here. The end. I'm hoping it's still, yeah, it's, it's definitely the final. So anything else we could cover? We'll cover New Japan stuff next week. I know about the uh, the matches and everything that happened. So before we wrap up here, our final stop is we're going to talk about NXT episode 669. One second here. Dragging off. Tonight you're gonna be on cloud nine at Chick Williams orchestrate an ass whooping. Yeah, Why would you say that to him? You know how dangerous Dragonoff is? You crazy bastard you. This man don't give a fuck about his safety or yours. Trick kind of bolted up since he's been gone, hasn't he? Yeah, and Trick Williams I've always liked. I think that he's he's uh he has a good personality, good character. Um he's getting better in the ring. Um, Dragunov's just a monster, man. You know, he's one of the best people that they have here. This dude is a freak. <laughs> you know, like he is... I don't want to get stranded where they make Dragunov, okay? <laughs> yeah, he's definitely one of the best people on the roster. And here comes Joe McDonough, had a farm. You ain't shit. <laughs> I know it's JD McDonough. First time I saw it, I thought it was Joe McDonough. I remember that. <laughs> Just call him Jordan Devlin, you know. That's their fault. I was I like, do, why is he Joe McDonald? I do like that they've carried uh, the feud between him and Dragunov from NXT UK over to here now. Because they had bangers near the end of that show. That one's a little bit interesting. You saw that offense by, by Trey. What is that, like a swing, a one-handed swinging neckbreaker? Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Huh? Not bad, right? I do kind of like, though, that they didn't like have Dragunov just maul the guy. Like, Yeah. Well, yeah, because Trip's been here for a while. Yeah. Because nothing says crazy like a man who just runs at you skull first. <laughs> sorry about Valentine's Day, but I promise I was coming from a good place. Please text or call me back. I'm sorry. I told you he's going to need time, Valentine. Well, did you tell him I wanted to talk? You and him are all I got, and I'm not getting in the middle of this anymore. Do you think that's weird? Yes, it's weird, but Fallon, you were wrong. It was Brooks's big night, and it was... But he won't answer the phone. It was your tag partner's big night, man. Maybe she'll pick up the phone. No. Yeah. I'm gonna do this in person. You ruined that night. Bitch. Hello, big strong boys and girls. Couldn't help but send some good vibes, so I thought I'd come out here. If you don't mind, thank you very much. Being here full time in the USA, I must say that the love I've received from most of you infused in me a passion even when I came up short against Brom Breaker at Worlds Collide but I guess some things are just meant to be some things happen for a reason I believe in timing we are about to embark on a mystical journey together Tyler alright a schism we are forward Thinkers and drinking whatever concoction it is that you've given your mates. Tyler, 
We may be kindred spirits in some ways. Journey a man takes does matter. These, they won't help you. You would like to feel the power of our division. You are all alone. I'll chase you. No, chase you. Chased you away. And that leads to a tag team match. The Dyer's Jaggerine and Rip Fowler being accompanied by Ava and Joe Gacy against Chase Hughes, Andre Chase, and Duke Luke Hudson, of course, being accompanied by Thea Hale. <laughs> chase you away. That, that yeah, was clever. That's what we do. We chase your ass away. Don't fuck with Chase you, right? This guy is still completely... It still mumbles me the fact that Andre Chase can do all this shit in just regular clothes. But... Yeah. It still blows my mind that this guy's completely bald with no hair on him now. They really skinned him, right? Ugh, I don't want to talk about that, all right? I'll talk about Chase you for a reason. Like, I just can't believe that the grizzled young veterans have one that's not grizzled anymore. Ugh. At least the other guy who has the sensibility to grow that shit back after they call him to shave right. it off. For this fucking ridiculous cult gimmick. Everybody's getting screwed in that gimmick except, except Joe Gacy, by the way. In case everybody didn't know. He's the only one that's okay. No one's gonna get elevated by that bit? shit. Sure. Can you go back to that headbutt or the, the, where he dropped and had him land on the uh, the, the chin there with, with the uh, top of the head? Did he miss the whole thing completely? Where was it here? I think it's coming up. Not yet. Hold on. For this year. No. He did! Look, did you see that? He did! He missed the whole thing! Go, go, go back to that impact. Go back to that impact. <laughs> he missed the entire thing! Bro! Oh, they that's look terrible. Better. Listen, I've seen shit whiffed way worse sometimes. You forget, I've seen Red Velvet do a standing moonsault. No. <laughs> They said the AW yeah, Grizzle guy. This, this is like a super. But no, no, super you're thinking of the Mustache move, Mountain guy. You know. Good old Chase. Oh, that dude is good. What dude is wonderful. I can't imagine how sweaty you would be uh, doing that with a dress shirt and a sweater. <laughs> I know, right? Like that that's got like the more I look at it, like, that's gotta feel like disgusting. Oh, what I do like, must be sweating off balls and everything. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, imagine being in the locker room and having to put that in a bag and wash it. Like, that's disgusting. Look at that, he had to protect Thea Hale and left poor Duke Hudson alone. She could protect herself, it's just the Rock's daughter. Ah, oh, you didn't make it back in time because you worried about Thea getting taken away by the Rock's daughter. It's just the rock starter. And that's it. He walks off. He's pissed now. And then forehead Wagner. Jesus. Fellas, fellas, am I interrupting something? Last week, you stole our North American title shot. You talking to me? You should be a comedian. But it's not going to be funny when the Dom throws a beat down on you tonight. Okay, trust me. No, Vaughn. Vaughn, I realized he was your manager, but I didn't realize he was your daddy, too. Huh? No, I, I should have brought a contract, but maybe I should have brought a permission slip. Oh. Good. Easy. What the hell was that? You're playing right into their hands. Yeah, you're supposed to help him help you. <laughs> help him help you help you help him. Whatever the fuck. 
Hank Walker is the kind of guy who says he wants it. Just because you say you want something doesn't mean you're gonna get it. I came to NXT not to hand out participation trophies. It's because he's, well, he's a nice guy. I came guy. to hang with Regal's kid. be afraid to rip limbs from limbs. Or tear their ligaments until you feel them snap. Do you know who that does describe? That's Charlie Dempsey. Let's call him Charlie Regal. Anyway. Indy Hartwell versus JC Jane, who obviously, I don't know if Gigi Dolan got the uh, memo, but the person who turns heel is generally the one that they're elevating. So since she's on the rise, you can bet your ass that uh, Indy Hartwell wasn't going to go over here, if not for the fact that Gigi does, in fact, wind up uh, getting involved. Gigi being pissed, I mean, um, Indy being pissed off didn't help her this week. Yeah, and these pissed off gimmick went nowhere, huh? She just kind of got lost in the rotation. <laughs> it went almost as far as Damian Priest's he gets mad and gets disqualified gimmick. Surprise, motherfucker. Revenge is a bitch. A red-headed bitch. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't give a damn about what Sol Ruka wants. I've beaten her, and now I am done with her. Why in the hell does Mako Satomori get a title match? Seems such a little fangirl. Hey, let's go ahead and throw in a title match, shall we? All of the women in the locker room are kissing her ass to earn her respect. But I can tell you this. If Mako steps into the ring with me, I'll show her who the real final boss is. That her do her name. She's gonna be the final boss. Non-title match: Idris Enofi and Malik Blade against Gallus as Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. Gallus versus Swagger Man. No, <laughs> he doesn't do the sweater thing anymore, man. I miss it. I'm so angry. <laughs> right, come on, where's the sweater gimmick going? You know. Yeah, oh, these I guys. Watch Gallus work. Yeah, Gallus doesn't joke around, huh? They were just brought here to destroy. I still was a former NXT UK tag champ for a reason. I still would have pushed the Malik and Gal and uh and Idris guys sweater team. I hate that uh that. <laughs> just gonna leave it alone. <laughs> you know, whatever. What could you possibly mean? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Me neither. I don't know. I thought it's I just pretty nearly right. at the top of the ramp. Is it though? Is it though? Cake, motherfucker. <laughs> and not the good guy. Surprise! That is a brilliant strategy. We just got two other fruity looking guys. Ha ha. <laughs> Oh my god, that's fucking grand. <laughs> you assume because they were fruity, they were us. <laughs> nah, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, Von Wagner versus Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> oh my god, Von Wagner's existence sickens me. I figured we had to get our Von Wagner fix this week. Uh, I don't know who I don't know who getting a fix off of that shit, but they need Jesus and help. Listen, I don't think that Mr. Stone 
Now you, gotta, you must be hanging out. You must be skiing slow for Tony Khan and Von Wagner is your fix, right? No, Von Wagner's gimmick is his losing streak and the fact that Robbie E gets to scream at him. I swear help me, help it's you. It's like the best thing I ever saw when it came to Von Wagner was when he was in that ladder match. And every time he so much as touched the ladder, the crowd booed. Who is he related to again? One of the Beverly brothers? Is he really? Von Wagner? Wasn't he related to somebody? Oh, I don't know. He could be. I don't know. <laughs> Let me look at this here. One second. I believe he was. I believe this is nepotism at its finest. Whatever they is probably wishing they put his ass up for adoption. What's them? It's their fault. They book him like shit and they named him Von Wagner. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't doing this motherfucker any favor. Like, straight cheeks from the beginning. Like, hey, better than Michael McGillicuddy. Yeah, anything. At least you got an title run out of it, like this guy. Yes, he is. He he's related to uh, former WWE tag team uh, Bo Beverly from the Beverly Brothers. He Holy was one of the shit. Beverly Brothers. Related to it. Wow. So he's a second generation motherfucker. Jesus. But man. they decided to call him Von Wagner. <laughs> I mean, are we are we they, talking they, about they, the guy they, that's they getting? Didn't want to have any association are, with him. Are you talking about the guy whose leg is hooked right now? Yeah. Yes. He, he's. Uh, I think he's. Was he, is he the son of Bo Beverly? The guy I mean, who's they, 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 they named Rick Steiner Braun Breaker. You know yeah, what but, I mean? But why? Make that makes sense. Yeah, I guess that's true. How weird, right? Well, that's there's there's your Von Wagner and poor and also we never talk about it, but poor Robbie E. Why? What is there any reason why Robbie E. Here is is a is a manager like long term? Like this is a guy I watched with a former X Division and TNA Tag Team Champion. Now he's just freaking managing forehead over here. Like what? the... Like, they just don't want him to wrestle for some reason in this company. He was huge in TNA. He was awesome. Everybody loved him. He used to be with Zima Ion. <laughs> Maybe he needs to join Legado del Fantasma. You know, he could be the well, next you guy. See every Friday. <laughs> you know, which happens to have Zima Ion in it. That's your weekly Zima reminder. I know I was going to get it in there somehow. <laughs> See, this is this is what it is. This is Robbie E's purpose. He's the backup plan just in case. Every I want to talk about your issue with Dijak. But right now I want to talk about this man and loyalty. It's family over everything, Doc. Dijak, I think it's time we put this to an end. We thought of a couple different ideas on how to make Dijak disappear. Me and you, one last time. NXT roadblock in a jailhouse street fight. You got seven days. To uh, is Roadblock a pay per view or is it just another one of NXT specials? It's one of NXT. NXT special? Yeah. Gotcha. So we're going to be doing it on a Sunday. Still no one has claimed responsibility for your attack. Is there anything that you can tell us about that night? You know, it was a successful surgery out for probably 11 or 12 months but my goal i'm gonna be back in that ring before a year it's happening i wish i could tell you who it was Jeez. but i was clipped from behind that's so long suspects, but why is anybody still talking about you when it could be dedicated to the center of the universe you sound real sus right now me sus on the list of important things to do with my life attacking you if it were me you wouldn't be on the shelf for a year you'd be out Permanently. I just had a Tiffany Epiphany who vanished from NXT for a full year. Ready? Go. Any news on Nikita? They still don't know who attacked her. Are you all warmed up for your match? Yeah, yeah we're doing the whole who done that. Well, I wanted to show the clip again. You're not coming? I 
<laughs> it's windy too, I'm telling you. No, it's just she might have taken a point. Doing this on purpose. She wants to put doubt in our heads. We're a team. Right. All the girls have trouble with each other in NXT. Come on, you're diamond mine for life. Hopefully not. What the fuck is he a poet now? You're a strong minded dude. I am. Because I am. And look, I'm just happy that your journey has absolutely nothing to do because that's all me. That's right, bro. Love them as heels. Ivy Niles. Hey, it's something special. I just want to love Ivy, but somebody had to be the sacrifice. Oh, yeah. Is she going to turn another one of them into a witch? Well, that'd be some shit if that was just her giving. She's talking about covenant of bitches and witches. I thought that was going to happen. I thought they were, were going to call it bitches and witches. I heard that that's the, the recent copyright that they went for. <laughs> Bitches and witches. Well, that'd be great if that was just the whole faction named Witch Bitch. <laughs> you know. Beautiful. Yeah, I love that she's a baby face announcer, like a mean gene. <laughs> yeah, let's get to the next match. We don't need all of this. Skip the intros to it. It's the NXT title match. Braun Breaker against Jin. They're definitely going to win the title, Mahal. Being accompanied by Sangha and Veer. Yo, I would have had him win just to shock the shit out of it. That way no one sleeps. Like, see, anything could happen, no matter how ridiculous. You know what would have been so funny though? That would have been the great. You realize that would have slipped up and fucked around and been the greatest storytelling ever, right? Why? Because think about the first um, legit NXT Championship match. It was Seth Rollins and Jinder Mahal. Was Ten years I, ago. I do not want Jinder. I don't want that storytelling. I do not want Jinder <laughs> beating Braun Breaker. For the title, I don't want that storytelling. <laughs> you know, the match is good get, get enough. Get that storytelling the fuck dude, out of here. Dude, I swear to God, I'd be you in this face. I do it just to watch Twitter. Jinder <laughs> looks good and everything. Don't get me wrong, but that is the last way we want to end Braun Breaker's NXT run, bro. Oh yeah, like, no. really <laughs> I swear to God. It didn't even occur to me watching this. That's why it would have been such a shock. Like, there wasn't a moment that I thought that this title wasn't danger at all. Even with Veer and Sheer out there. I felt, I, I felt the same way when you beat Randy Orton. That's the bad part. <laughs> it didn't even register to me. 
Like, there's no way. Still good. I still like Jinder. Jinder made a good-looking champion. And it was great, too, because people couldn't stand the fact that he was champion, but it wouldn't have the same effect here. Well, Jinder had the wrong type of heat, right? He, he had go-away heat for a while. I, I kind of like the way he looked. His whole presentation, and he'd have all the people come out dancing and he, hitting yeah, gongs yeah, and just, shit. Yeah, he had a great... Well, they, they had to, right? Like, 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 every time you get that cocky foreign heel, you, you, you gotta give him the Alberto Del Rio aristocrat, uh, you know, treatment, right? The, the, the JBL with the money and the blah. You always have to give him that type of uh, treatment. I liked his presentation. I just felt that, like... He didn't. It's not that he didn't do enough. It's just that they didn't, they didn't focus storyline-wise on the fact that he didn't do enough to utilize it for in-story heat versus the natural heat that he got because everyone just figured, what the fuck? What did he do? You know what I mean? <laughs> if if they yeah. recognized that ahead of time in story, uh, they they could have milked it a bit longer and he could have gotten uh the like better heat than than what he got because I don't think he deserved a lot of the criticism that he got, but. It is what it is. They, they, they didn't utilize it. Why is he feuding with Shawn Michaels? Who fucking knows? He keeps going back into the truck and fucking with Shawn. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. The uh, the backstage uh, camera, whatever, it doesn't look as good here as it did back then. Because back then it looked like a sporting NFL, you know, uh, cool t multiple TVs and like like an actual broadcast room. Here it just looks like he's in a gaming center. You know, like, is that guy in a gaming chair just 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 playing like? Like just like video games, yeah. where he has like it's some a, editing equipment. Like it doesn't look like a real editing nope. room. Is that Minecraft in the background? Is that man playing Minecraft? That man's playing Galaga. Yeah, right. That man's playing Galaga. Like, like, like the, I know what they're trying to go for, but the problem is it just looked more real and better back. Like the production for, for the actual, like even in the WCW when, when they threw when they you know Rey Mysterio to that fucking thing, uh, and, and they. You know, uh, attack the the broadcast booth. Relook at the fucking broadcast booth. It, it looked like a legit broadcast booth because <laughs> it was. You know, what I mean, and if this is their real broadcast booth, it just looks significantly cheaper. And ironically, it probably is more high tech than what they had back then because one computer here could probably do what seven computers did back then. But back then, those multiple of things just looked like it was mo worth more, and it looked more professional. It just looked like a legitimate broadcast thing where if you went into that room that was a no-no you shouldn't be there that's peeking behind the curtain this just looks like i walked into a room and a bunch of guys are playing madden you know what i mean like this is not a good look nxt brought in 589,000 viewers 0.14 in the 18 to 49 demographic holding on to that uh randomness of sometimes a little bit under 600,000 sometimes a little bit above 600,000. Last week they did 640,000. Still with a point, what well, was a point 15, so a point up in the demographic last week. Uh, I mean, they're healthier than Rampage. That's the most that I could say about that. You know. But yeah. Did, did, he threat, did, did he threaten any of those operators, by the way, during this segment, or did he just kind of look at the camera and uh, talk some shit? 
You like, like, oh, that one guy don't you hit that button. Yeah. That was that was it though, right? He, he didn't kind of bully them like like you know, flip over their hat or shove off their earphones or spin their chair, push them around a little bit. Like nothing like that, eh? No. Like, if you're gonna do this, you, you wanna do it with a group, like NWO style, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, uh, and, and someone else, and, and they're kind of intimidating the other guys and like like you know, the the quote unquote nerds and technicians in the room as they bully around. So it looks like a hostile takeover. Right, they could actually do some stuff. Here, it just looks like some pompous asshole is just interrupting guys at work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can't get over how weird this scene looks. <laughs> well, I mean, I know what he is sort of portraying, right? Some pompous right. asshole. <laughs> He's an athletic pompous asshole. So I mean, yeah, but if you're doing it to like, you know, declare this thing against Shawn Michaels, you have to have some sort of tough intimidation. Like, you can't try to look the part but you're, you're doing soft things or you're not utilizing things that a tough guy would do in this situation like it, it should have been a better looking broadcast room they're coming in could you imagine if they had like a uh, a segment that they were going to air for some reason where it was a tribute to Shawn michaels and he g- gets a tape and, and he you know uh, ejects it from the thing or the, whatever the, the the cd from the thing and he just you know deletes it or burns it or smashes something or like no we're not going to play like like if, if you destroy and disrupt something Versus if you just kind of, you know, get in the way for a short period of time. It's just very bizarre. Yeah. I wonder if this is going to lead to anything. Like, is Shawn Michaels going to wrestle again? Is that like, what the fuck is going on? You know on? that's where it's going. If, like, there's yeah. no way they don't do all this, and that's not where it's going. Why would Shawn Michaels unretire again without Saudi Mike? Because there's no way they're going to have this headliner, a fucking Saudi pay-per-view. And this is the guy he's gonna unretire to. That's crazy. He didn't do it for AJ Styles. He's not gonna do it for this. Oh, he's gonna do it for this. Well, that's pretty much a wrap here. Stick a fork in this show. It is done. But we're not because we're gonna be streaming a bunch. We're gonna go back to Hogwarts Legacy. We're gonna go back to that Atomic uh, Heart game. Uh, there's a few new things coming down the pipe that we're gonna be checking out. The following week, we do have that 2K23 launch, I believe, right? We're like a week away from that. So that's something else that we're going to have to look forward to. So tune in for all of that. And then, of course, next week, Thursday, hopefully 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we'll be back here with Talk Bunch Live, episode 564. We're going to go over the week of wrestling once again, SmackDown, Raw, NXT, Dynamite, and not Rampage. Thank you to everybody who hung out in the chat room. Thank you to the new followers, the supporters, the lurkers, the retweeters, and so on and so forth. And, of course, those of you that are listening across all platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, and all of the other place popular podcasts are found. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 563, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dyer, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, for myself, for Anthony Askew, and Destin Soglow Frazier. We're out of here. Happy wrestling, everybody. See you later. Later, guys. Shut it down.